0: Welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple I'm Better. I'm JP, and I'm Matty, and it's uh, almost a full set. Though Gareth, the wheelman, is uh, otherwise engaged. He's doing the he's done the smart thing. He's got his feet up on a beach somewhere, hasn't he? Somewhere, Matty, after uh, yeah. driving sure you around sure uh, around <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I <laughs> haven't driven you around the, the Greater London area uh, over the weekend, but you know, we had to, uh, to come to. It's gonna be a short show. This one, I think, there's not much to talk about. You know, we we'll a bigger. Uh, not a big weekend to uh, to catch up on. Saying that, barely saw you. So, like, I saw you at the live show. We all like th- that's the thing I've gotten from this weekend. The amount of people I've seen on Twitter be like, oh, I'm sorry for the people I didn't see, or about people messaging me going, oh, sorry, sorry, I missed you over the weekend. I think we all needed to realize everybody you know likes wrestling was in town over the weekend. Like, there were eighty-one thousand people in there who paid yeah. me in that stadium. Like so, like there was just no chance, was there? There was no chance you got to cover uh everybody and see everyone you want. But we did still see a lot of people. Saw a lot of uh, a lot of our listeners, a lot of our patrons that are uh, are all in it which We're, uh, we're gonna get get into as well. Even uh, Joe uh, showed his head for a bit as well. Got to uh, to see Joe, uh, and that was Brilliant. fun at the uh, the Red Pro Show and uh, and the afters as well. It was a uh, it was much a social occasion this weekend, wasn't it, JP? Is uh, is there nothing else? Mm.
1: It was it was like a trip down memory lane of meeting every meeting up with everyone for like a big social Mm -hmm. occasion just on a with just a massive stadium show at the end of it but it was as we're going to talk about and you know we both written about it on the discord as well like this was it was outstanding and it was brilliant to Mm -hmm. meet other people and if we didn't get a chance to meet you i'm really really sorry but hey look they're doing it again next year so like fuck it (laughs) i think i'm assuming we will be as well uh, I'll say apologies to the to the one of our
0: patrons, those who he is, who uh, who did bump into Joe when I was uh, chatting to Joe at the Copper Box. He walked up to Joe and said you grappled Joe, and he went no, <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> Larry David <him>. Um <laughs> but he was there. You didn't see a ghost. if you saw uh, Joe and around, but that was the thing. I saw so many of our listeners at the Copper Box. I feel like the uh, the crossover between like Rev Pro and, uh, and our listeners is uh, is uh, is big. Like, but how many how many iPods did you sign, Matty? How many photos? Did you oh, we'll be charging fabric? <laughs> Ten or a go, it, the price go up.
2: There was no charge, Benno. You know, it was, it was just a happy weekend, wasn't it? You know, it wasn't about making money, it was about making memories. Mm. That's what it was about. And, uh, yeah, now, as you say, especially the uh, Saturday night, Benno got to see everybody like you know, mm. it can converge on like them, them bars we went to and stuff. And it was just, it was, it was just yeah. a great weekend. Uh, with our live show, as you say, just it's just amazing, an amazing time.
0: It was like Brit Rez gone by, like uh, like JP said, back when it was good, and you're like, look, you are being a bar, you'd look on the one corner, like, Joe's over there with, like, Cooper. J- uh, JP's got... JP came with the baby at one point, didn't you, to that? So I uh, add that yeah. as a, add a couple Charlie. Uh, we met a few people over this weekend, including a couple of uh, famous wrestling journalists, which I loved. <laughs> End of the Copper Box show, just saw JP sprinting over to Meltzer and Alvarez to get that photo. So they were very nice, though, weren't they, JP? I got a picture with, uh, oh, with Alvarez. I didn't think Alvarez weekend,
1: was going to take it, in fairness, for him. But no, actually... Mm-hmm melt dave looked terrified which i wasn't surprised <laughs> But that for me is a cracking sitcom where dave just gets dumped with a baby that he has to deal with and i think that in and of itself could be very funny but brian obviously being the big family man that he is so he's like baby and then came over as well and charlie oh. he he loves it as well mm. isn't he i mean i said he had the grapple charlie appreciation society It was like um he's got his own little uh, his own little faction there but he was yeah tremendous stuff it's one of them. It's like you said that on the
0: pre-show, but like anybody I did speak to, like genuinely, it's always, it's always like, you know, it's, I, I was speaking to, speaking to a lot of people about this. It's like this podcast I listen to and I always make the joke, you know, I see like, now I remember once telling me mum a story about, oh yeah, me mate had seen this film and he really hated it. And then I realized me it was called Dave. And it's Dave Chen from the Slash Filmcast. I've never met in my life, but when you listen to podcasts, you feel like you know these people, don't you? You feel like you know them. And even like a lot of our patrons, we feel like we know them because we talk to them all the time, or we have, especially with the Kings of the Mountain, we have them on video and stuff. And it's just, it is just like, it's different when you see people in real life. And like genuinely, uh, like, not to get too soppy, but anybody who like you came over and had the kind word to say or just talked about like, you know, Seen it in real life, I think, because we mm. a lot of the podcast Jv's like theoretical, isn't it? I spent so much time thinking of like the you know, stupid show notes, or the timestamps, and where things are going to go in a show, and what show's going to come up next, and all of these stupid little things that you know feel like maybe they don't matter. And then you you know you meet people, and you speak to people, and you realize like you know what the the podcast does have an effect on people, and that people you know who, who listen to it you know obviously do do appreciate the uh, the content that we put out and stuff. And it's just to see, to, he, to kind of hear that other side of it. Like, I, I've never, I had a couple of people like, oh, you're probably like, you know, especially at the live show, you're probably, you know, sick of this or feel like they're wasting our, never. Like, anytime you see any of us, I don't know JP would say this too. Like, uh, it, it was every interaction I think I had. It was great. And it was just, yeah, so rewarding to, uh, to see all these people who, you know, yeah who, uh, who found the podcast useful, JP.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, it was, it, it makes, like, it, it, it inspires you to do it, like, mm. as well. And it really, and, you know, without going into detail of it, I've had a rough time recently. Yeah. And this was, like, the most perfect pick-me-up. Like, mm. it really was. Like, being yeah. there with, like, people you love and mm. people who have invested the time, effort, and money to come and see what we do, which at mm. times can feel like nonsense for us, like three lads <laughs> in our bedrooms talking about wrestling like uh, yeah. you know and uh, but it was it was superb and like lo- and just special shout outs as well i know we're going to talk about all in it but for the the for Davy and Braden who are yeah. absolutely tremendous and if you know at poison rana they mm. do they do brilliant work anyway so if you don't mm. go and subscribe to the youtube channel subscribe to their patreon they do brilliant work and they are a well-oiled machine when it comes to doing the quizzes and stuff. And I was listening back to the intros they gave us, which were mm. just phenomenal. So it was it was absolutely brilliant. And it was, a, it was, it was packed up there yeah. as well, wasn't it? Like, I mean, we were looking across and I was like, Christ, yeah, shit got real
0: yeah <laughs> i everyone with a good view so yeah apologies if anyone didn't because i know it was tight at the uh, at the back as well so yeah, it was a uh, standing room there at trinity wasn't it but they no, absolutely agree Dave, and braden like deserve all the credit for kind of putting it together and doing the, the heavy lifting with the venue and all all of that stuff really like uh, they're also responsible for why i'm so tired right now um fuck me i was trying to uh, i was out with those lads in shoreditch on i think it was thursday um, and i tried my best to keep up and i don't think i've recovered since i uh, don't think davy's been very well since either so i suppose it's a it's a draw there but like they are though the like the center of the universe of anything fun going on um is usually those two uh and it's, they're usually people uh gravitate towards on these big weekends when it's in uh, in america or canada or whatever and they uh, they were just brilliant uh over the weekend it was just yeah uh, oh.
1: Yeah, W H said that before. He just sort of, they mm. are the they are the center of like like when like mm. of just like that kind of party atmosphere, and he went not yeah. wrong because they really are and and deservedly so. They are they are brilliant, brilliant lads. And we not, say that we Jay sorry, mm.
2: we say that like you know the joke that the professional podcasters us like, but they are professionals, Beno. They were so mm. good at what they do. Mm. Honestly, I was trying to get involved with all the games, really, and I had to realize that I couldn't. <laughs> so I was here on the stage. Honestly, the are so, so good. Honestly. Oh, one you. of the games was uh, it
0: was something like uh, they would read off like tweets you had to guess who it was one of which was mine um, of yes. course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they were great like they, they made our show better because they like they, people will hear the audio we are going to put the audio up on the uh, it'll be on the Patreon feed, but it'll be free for all so like anybody who, who wants to get to it you won't have to be a patron to it uh, to listen to it but you will have to go to the Patreon to get it and um, one of those ones but uh, yeah that like, you'll, you'll be able to hear it but yeah the, the big intro where uh, you know we all had our, our entrance themes you can probably guess what some of them were. A um, few fingers being thrown up for Mandy's. Uh, for Mandy's? Mandy's? Uh, Mattie's. <laughs> Mandy. um, <laughs> Mandy's my boss. Uh, that's how tired I am, by the way, after this weekend. Um, for Matty. Um, but then again, that doesn't give it away, really, Matty, because it, it could could go either way. Like, it could be a finger one way or a finger the other way, you know, um, yeah. who it was. But we'll, uh, we'll leave that for, uh, for people to tease. As a tease for, uh, for giving that a listen, but... Yep. I don't think it could have gone better, really. Like we did a bit of a five to one, didn't we, on uh our five to one uh, favorite uh, physical shop. So i will tell a couple of stories of some of the uh, the wrestlers I'd seen knocking around there. Uh, Webley that weekend and our five to one best uh, best live shows as well. Took some q a from the audience too. It was just yeah, it was a it was a great hour, wasn't it, Matt? It was uh, just uh, just dead cool to get to do it in person.
2: It was like, I think JP briefly mentioned there. Like I had a face, but I couldn't look up. I was that nervous. Mm. And like I say for the people all day, just seeing the amount, sheer amount of faces and bodies there. Mm. It took a, f- a few uh, minutes for me to be able to look up, to be honest, but yeah, it was <laughs> absolutely unbelievable. Like, and yeah, I, I, I'm, ga- I'm gagging to, to do it again, boys. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There'll be others, I think. Whether it'll be August 25th next year, we'll see. But yeah. there'll be others. I think it'll be his guarantee there, oh, yeah, to, oh, uh, The gears are already turning. But again, it wasn't so much about the lives. It was about meeting, you know, like, say, so many. Yeah, uh, of course. patients patrons, too many to uh, to name. I, I will say I met uh, David Pick, who used to do Smart with Video UK. He was uh, a hero of my teenage years. So uh, he was uh, he was at our live show. So it was good to see him.
1: Good to see He's him a lovely as bloke, is well. David. Yeah. Really, really nice. But like everyone. I have to say, like, I don't think, yeah. it, but honestly to God, and you may think, oh, behind closed doors, it would be like the Old warrior Warriors slagging them off. No, like, that's <laughs>
2: no, like,
1: absolutely yeah. lovely and really, really nice. And it was just like, oh, this was cracking. And all for reasonable, reasonable price pints compared to the yeah. way
0: that they were too many of those reasonable price pints, though. That was the that was the other problem. Like I was a I was at the karaoke afterwards, where uh, Davy and Braden were really shining at that one. But I think what happened was like we we had like uh, it started as wrestling karaoke, and we weren't charging entry or anything like that. So again, Davy and Braden were just doing it out of kind of the goodness of uh, of their heart, and like it started like that. And I think something went wrong with uh, another uh, karaoke party, which will not be named um, in the uh, in the Wembley area. So I think we started to get a few of their castoffs coming in. Then we just started getting locals coming in. So it went from like Chris Elliott being on stage, like uh, doing some uh, banging renditions. I think he did Edges theme. Randy Orton's theme was in there at some point as, uh, as well, Matty. And then by the end of it, it was just a lot of the locals just doing karaoke. We ended up shutting the place down at like a uh, half two or, uh, or three. Like So like, that's, uh, like by tough. that point, I was ready for time. I was yeah. done, mate. That's the reason I'm so knackered. I've never been so tired of me like that. <laughs> and I reckon a lot of listeners will be the same. Well, feel like of still, like, course, a, yeah. A weekend, of course. You know, doing Copper Box, doing Wembley, never mind all the, the social stuff and all of that. Did, did you get up to much else while you were, uh, while you were there over the, uh, the weekend or was it uh, all uh, all wrestling stuff?
2: Uh, yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah, sorry, JP. I was, I was letting you uh, go first there. But, yeah, no, yeah. we. Um, what did we do? Yeah, no, honestly, we got caught. Especially mm. the uh, Sunday night after Wembley, Ben, we got caught in the masses. And I know, obviously, mm. by, just by seeing it, how obvious it is, but everyone did. It was like, it was a bit touch and go for a bit, a bit, a little bit scary there to say for a, for a split second. But we managed mm. to navigate out of that and go for like a little uh, something to eat just to let the crowds die down. And I was glad to be come. away from
0: that. Yeah, I it it was... to like. I just, I had the stupid idea of trying to walk to Trinity, and halfway there, a bus came past and it said Harrow on the front. It was like a mirage, and there was no one on it. I jumped <laughs> on. I got there in about ten minutes. I was made up for. I know not everyone was so. I think it depended on which no. direction you came out of. Yeah, it was. It
1: was you get lost was... in
0: Wembley Way, or that kind oh, of I got caught in Wembley Pass. Did yeah.
1: you? Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. And then there was a bloke. One of the police, there was like security people that all put mm. on songs. So he put on Sweet Caroline, which got booed, which I'm mm. up for. Cause I'm sick of that bloody <laughs> song by now. But it was also like, mate, you need to know your audience here. This mm. might work for the Challenge Cup, it'll work for football, but mm. wrestling, instead, like they put on, and then he, he had to basically, had to, the woman next to him found to find Judas on Spotify to then start playing through this megaphone for it. But it, wow. took, it, it took its time getting yeah. out of there. It really, like, getting out, like, it was probably a good hour, like, mm. just getting out of Wembley Way.
2: But can I just say though the highlights? One of the highlights of my weekend was on the Saturday night, Beno. When we went to um, we went. It was it called Grow. We went there. Me, Gareth, and the lads went there for something to eat before Rev Pro, and then we went mm. back after it with the downstairs bit. Was turned into like a nightclub, and sort we was having a
0: very good time. Maybe two good yeah. time, you know. And it was
2: just <laughs> it was just garage music, and I was loving it. Got the DJ for. I thought I'm going to take my chances with the DJ in yeah, a different city. Went over. So, mate, if you got a mm. uh, oxide in the tree no bound for the, bam, bam for the reload, that one. <laughs> and put it on. And the whole place went berserk and loved it. And I was just, I've done my work for the night. Went up later on to get another song. <laughs> went up, went up I'd, I'd take another chance. Went up and asked for air flowers by Sweet Female Attitude. We've already played that, lad. And I think the <laughs> night was over then. I had me shy JP. Was getting another oh, song, up oh. Classic, that you- classic.
0: While you were doing that, having your nice vegan meal, we were at a. Uh, I was a Hackney Wick. You know, Hackney Wick's a great place. Like, there's so many like mm. cool. Like, I was in, I was in. It was a hipster heaven. and a nice little uh, little coffee mati that you'd probably uh, just be for having a <laughs> nice little. Uh, like, like, it was just a black americano, not fancy, but you know, little oh, hipster yeah. place that I found around the corner. Loads are like you know, just bought, like bars that were like breweries and just loads yeah. of like outdoor garden areas and stuff like that. Like we saw a lot of like people, were well, there, um, of course um up that way, but yeah, sort of, sort of Ben Moxham and a few of the other, the other listeners uh, around there. So it was such a good fucking night out. Like I'd go there just for, a, it was almost, it wasn't a shame to have to go to the copper box for the wrestling, but it like, maybe think, Oh, next time, like, especially if it's a nice day, although it, it was a nice day till it wasn't. Cause we all got drowned on the way to the, uh, the actual show as well. Trying to, uh, try to My get there. God. Carl ended up uh, saving me and Stephanie. And getting us there in a in a cab, but fuck me, uh, it turned. But as long as the weather's nice, next couple, I understood what I missed as well, JP. Uh, that not just the copper box show itself, which we'll talk about later. The uh, the area itself, I'm uh, I'm well game for uh, for going around there for the next uh, big New Japan show.
1: It, it, the only thing I would say is in terms of getting into the copper box, and I'd, mm. I'd, I won't go into it when we talk about Ref Pro necessarily, but I couldn't even bring the buggy in as well. Mm. Uh, you're right to have crates of like fucking big, like fucking. Um, and they no, barrels of beer and all the rest of it lying around in there. Mm. But apparently, Charlie's buggy was a step too far as well. <laughs> so that's hence us having to hold him. And then rotate between me and Vicky, who held him. You, Vicky,
0: Melter, Alvarez, you know, just around. Like, <laughs> yeah, <the guy>.
1: exactly. <laughs> just passing him around, hawking my son off like the tart that I am. <laughs> <laughs> that photo will absolutely be in the show. there just There'll be loads oh, and yeah.
0: of uh, like social stuff, stuff from the uh, from the Wembley show. we we'll to include maybe a selfie from uh, from you in the back of Garrett's car of, as uh, you call him, What the be- the greatest wheelman of all time, Matty? Who, uh, who I'm not. Around, I'm uh, not just blown smoke.
2: Uh, I mean, <laughs> honestly. Actually, seeing him jock around London doing like mm. turns, doing like reverse, and I'm not I'm not a driver, so to me, he was like the greatest. Like, you might as well be like a Lewis Hamilton take me around because he was that good at like just maneuvering around the streets and stuff. Honestly,
3: mm.
2: big shout out for him. And we had me and Gareth had a great time. Like the first time I proper spent time with him, like staying in an hotel with him and stuff like that. Tot mm. top low, because as we all know, anyway, just fucking love him, mm. fucking love him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> love it uh, own personal show for all weekend of uh, <laughs> course let's <laughs> 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 just say if there's anything else before we get into the show's is it social. like I say for me like we stayed I talked about it on the pre-show we stayed near Wembley for like the first couple of days and then moved central for the actual weekend of the shows and like that was just fun just knocking around like you know, I, I said, me and Steph felt like the first set settlers getting in on Wednesday and just getting a couple of photos of like outside uh, Wembley Stadium with uh, with all the AW uh, kind of graphics going up. It was on a rotation. There was like a, they, they, were, they were hard selling the England, uh, the New England kit. So you'd have to wait a while for it to uh, appear on the screen outside Wembley Stadium. But like we were knocking around there. It was just so much fun just being like, you know, Wembley itself, bit of a shithole. Like the Wembley Park area is like more of a man-made shithole, but like yeah. just. Well, while Steph was doing media stuff, I was just around there. It was just so funny seeing like it becoming normal, like you'd be walking down the street, sat him singer walk past with his wife, or like Sting and his gigantic son. I saw that. I think I mentioned it on the live show. Having a um, it's like a place called Bread or something like that down the road from Wembley Park. Just sat having a nice civilized lunch. It was just like you could feel the invasion coming. Like even saw uh, Jeff Jarrett arrive in the area with a gigantic uh, guitar shaped suitcase, which might be given a, a spoiler that he was going to be in the weekend. <laughs> starts to see like the wrestlers of their little things you can you see like uh, Powerhouse Hobbs was very good with the fans I see him more than anybody any of these big AW weekends you always see him knocking around he likes the, seems to like to interact with the fans but like he's distracting the fans outside the who are like camped outside the rest of the hotel along like Britt Baker and a few of the others to uh, to sneak off it was just it was becoming re- it was becoming too real that's kind of why we got out of Dodge of, uh, of Wembley Park like I said on the live show even saw uh, Kip Sabian trying to talk uh, Penelope Ford even, to go into the Local Wenzel's, which she, uh, she turned down, but they did end up with a decent Tesco meal deal, which I think he, uh, he tweeted about as well. It's <laughs> just like, see, so you'd have been a picking shit, Matthew, could have had the, the photos yeah. you could have got that day. Oh. You probably got one with Sting's massive son. He might be a gigantic <laughs> star one day. He looks the type, to be fair. Big lads, honestly. Looks like Sting back on the days when he used to team with uh, with Ultimate Warrior. That's kind yeah. of the him. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, big lad, Yeah. <laughs> it, was just so, it was just so much fun to be there and just like, like fucking hell, this is real. You know, CM Punk getting lost on the air. The tube was another one, wasn't, it? but he, none of us were, uh, were lucky enough to give him uh, guidance. Uh, on I mean, the met line, imagine,
3: again? Again? yeah.
1: So he ended up like, I mean, this is the thing I'm trying to work out. Which so he ended up on the metro, I mean, that's a bugger if he's coming in from Heathrow as well. Mm. He must have, like, and he would have been dealing with hell carnivals on, he wouldn't have had a clue. Mm. What was going on? Like also like thinking that they here for the rest. What the fuck is happening here this weekend? And he'd have been doing the whole thing sober as well. Would he
3: looked happy
2: on the pictures though, didn't he? The pictures I've seen, he looked like genuinely like happy,
1: dying inside, hundred (laughs) percent.
0: (laughs) <laughs> CM Punk of all people getting stuck with a load of fans on the, uh, on the tube <laughs> I'm sure he hated it <laughs> but that'll be honest my favourite bit as well was when I saw Jeff Jarrett and he was getting out of the black cab genuinely I just saw like this white hair in the back of a black cab and just assumed it was some little old lady and then I to step Jeff Jarrett um, <laughs> I felt guilty at that point but yeah it was, weird. it was weird what did you did you spend much time around like the Wembley Park area like what did you think of like the setup and stuff because we we got out, out as that was happening as the wrestlers were coming in we got out of Dodgers. They were starting to set up like all of like the merch stuff and all of that, which was credit to them, better than I expected it to be. A couple of gaps mm-hmm. there, which I'm sure people are going to, we'll talk about Mate, as well. But yeah, they just, those put hooky scarves
1: it. that were being sold, mm. where it just had, was it, oh, it had yeah. Legends of Wrestling on it and just Wembley like at a yeah. <laughs> date? And I just, went, <laughs> you haven't even bothered to look which company's done it as well. I would have been disappointed if they hadn't put WWF. SummerSlam 92 on there. It had that kind of vibe to it as well. But it was, mm. it felt like, I mean, as someone who's been to Wembley for like football and stuff, it was, it, it had that kind of feel to it. It was like, mm. wow, just without the inevitable fights that would ensue
0: if you'd had like,
1: football <laughs> on the outside. And it wasn't people doing coke on a plinth and stuff like that. Maybe mm. it was. And I just missed all of that stuff. But it didn't have mm. like that kind of, it was, it was, it was very happy, I yeah. would say. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the
2: first time I've been well down
1: depressing.
0: to Wembley. So I was Did like, Did you do the Wembley Way walk, Matt? Did you go all the oh, way down here?
2: Of course, of course. But I had to, like, we didn't get obviously come up from the tube station. That's the other end, isn't it? That's we come mm. like about maybe a third of the way uh, mm. into it. And then we just walked right through, bumped into Joe again on the way up in yeah. Wembley Way. We bump, I bumped into Joe, I had a uh, chat with him again. And then we just cracked on, took a couple of pictures, but just seeing. All the wrestlers, the AW wrestlers, as you're walking up on the big, you know, LED screen on Wembley itself was like, this is real Mm. now. This is like proper real and just making your way around. The queue was gigantic to get in, but it went down dead quick. I just thought Mm. it was, it was great. What an experience of going to Wembley finally, like, so yeah, loved it
0: that's when it sunk in i think like because we we hung around in trinity as like david brain did their stuff and we did some uh some setup for the uh, for the night time and that and then like yeah we kind of just got into the thick of it like just got a just got a we wanted to get a cab up there and then just like stepped out and it was just a sea of humanity and it was and that was that kind of happened we kind of had that realization just getting there on the wednesday and just looking at wembley before everyone arrived and being like oh Oh yeah, remember this? This is Wembley. <laughs> like this is bigger than I think anybody could possibly picture. You know, it's like seeing it in real life and just seeing, even just imagining before it happened to see wrestling fans and then getting there and seeing it. That was the biggest takeaway for me. It was like even if it was WWE as well, JP, you go okay, fair enough. But the fact that it was like I was walking up to the show just looking around and there's like eighty thousand people here and they're all here not for a WWE show. <laughs> like this is just yeah. a strangest most surreal like experience that like oh i'm glad i lived it
1: they were here for a main event between ring of honor tag champions Mm. in front of the biggest paid crowd for in the biggest paid attendance in wrestling history which is nuts that 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 kind of stuff Mm. is is going on like you say there's people there who we've seen wrestle like indie shows in front of like 100 Mm. people and stuff in the uk and it's it was just Prince bizarre. Dana was on my ROH bus, mate. Never mind that. Oh. I remember him. James, he put
0: on Twitter, I remember him being very hungover at the back of my ROH bus. From there to Wembley, you know? He was very polite, by the
1: way. He was very nice. None polite, as dance you know. as he's going down. <laughs> yeah. like, for that reason alone, that bloke needs to be on that because I started dancing like he did when mm. that happened. i had a few drinks at that point. <laughs> but yeah, but, like
0: Simon says, it felt huge. Finally getting in, didn't it? Like that yeah. was there a tear rolling down your uh, your cheek as you uh, as you walked in, Matt? I can absolutely imagine it. No,
2: better it was. And I, I said to JP, which I mentioned it a few times when we reviewed the show, like just the experience, and even if just being AEW, Benno, And I, I know everyone, like I'm a WWE guy and stuff, but as you say, just for professional wrestling at Wembley, people going to see it. I was, I was well enough. Then I was, I was holding it in. I genuinely was holding it in because Gareth, even as soon as we woke up on the Sunday morning, first words Gareth was saying to me was, "Just think of every wrestling show that there's ever been that we've watched yeah. on telly in our whole lifetime, and we're going to the biggest paid attendance ever." And mm. and it, it sunk in. It was honestly, it was remarkable. It was so remarkable.
1: When we get the turnstile number. That's going to be fascinating to see if that went over 90,000, because that's that's mm-hmm. what they were – That's what is that what Tony Khan said in the press conference as well? I think that's but, what
0: he, yeah, if you count the, uh, the ticket seller, ushers, yeah. all of that, you know, the the be bullshit. But as well, the comps, the media stuff. 90,000, weren't like, uh, really, it? The bastards me. you tell yeah. me when I yeah. stood
1: up during the Sting match, which is where I got this yeah. photo that's on behind me on here. But <laughs> I, I, think it's, yeah. I think for me it really sank in when I saw the production and saw so the production yeah. actually look quite good. And I was like, ah, yeah. like that was like a – it felt like a weight off my mind. Because my fear was, is this going to look low rent compared to WWE? It was smaller, but I don't think that's worse. I think that's something that, like, that little entranceway, obviously very reminiscent of boxing, if you've seen a big Anthony Joshua fight, a big Tyson Fury fight as well, or even going back to George Groves and Carl Froch, like, Mm -hmm. back in the day, it had that kind of vibe to it. But mm. seeing the fireworks looking like proper fireworks and things oh, like that, yeah. they were like things that put a massive smile on my face. I was like, actually, I'm really enjoying this. That like, yeah. this feels like, this feels as close. I, I'll never sit on the floor at a Mania. That's never likely to happen in my life. So the idea of being on that, it felt like, well, this is as big as it's ever going to get. And then I was there with uh, my mate Alan, who isn't a wrestling fan. Mm. He's heard me and Joe talk about it at him for years but for right. him to go there and go actually this looks properly spectacular and then realizing we're in the middle of like we're near the halfway line at Wembley like this is yeah. nuts and it just sits there and you go I'm part of a massive spectacle and event and that's what it's a shame because I haven't seen that much of the tv I've seen bits of it I've kind of flicked to bits I wanted to see again like entrances and stuff like that yeah but mm. it seemed to come across that way as well so my hope is is that for the people watching home they actually went Oh, hang on a minute. This this is special. This is much more special than I think they nailed the scale of it. Into they did, 100%, nail the scale of it. 100%. obviously, it's AW,
0: so there were like some production snafus and this shots that you wouldn't have even got on the ref pro copper box show the night before. But that's just AW's production team, unfortunately. But when you saw, you know, like the I'd be fuming if like I think you're... because we were all sat in different parts of the of the mm. stadium, which is going to be interesting. Like JP was on the floor, Matty, you were a little bit up, weren't you? You were like the the front row of like the the races. front row of the actual yeah.
2: of the actual stands, the first bit, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. First, and I was I was in the god's I moved around a couple of times because I don't like sitting around people, and um, that's when I most channel my uh, my inner Joe. Um, but like <laughs> like we've all got like different perspectives on it. But like when I have watched mm. the whole pay-per-view back and like. That's the one thing I would say. They nailed like the scale and scope of the place. Like it looked amazing in the daytime because you could see everything to a point where it was almost to a fog Because like it was, it was part of me like fucking out. There was actually a lot of empty seats. Like I would say in the in the, especially in the upper decks. Um, I don't know where you know what's the actual number they could really fill in there if they. I think if it's they close to a It must be based on the amount of red seats I could see from where I. Because that's the thing when you talk football, you've got an entire football pitch in the middle, haven't you? But once it's a wrestling or a boxing show and you add all those, you can add all those extra seats. Like, that's what's actually scary. There was more you know they could do, yeah. but yeah, I kind of I had to, I like say, I'm a, a cheapskate, so I was uh, quite happy and like my cheap cheapskate seat up top because you could take in like the scale of it and you could kind of like I had a pretty much a full walk around the top and sat in a couple of different seats, just take it in like, like in this one, a couple of maybe one or two bad views in there where like you know, if you were corner onto the big posts uh, that they had for like the stand that, that covers the ring, that wouldn't be great, but really 99 out of a each 100 views and probably like a bigger number than that in there was like a flawless view. Like you could be sat at the back and you would have a good view of the ring and you would be able to like take it in. Like uh, there were probably some people on the floor as well. When weren't as lucky as JP. They probably had that, you know, that swinging cam. I think I saw a couple of reports. Oh we, yeah. Uh, yeah. You'd be fuming if you spent 200 quid and you were stuck behind that. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I think we were all very lucky. We were there with our seats.
1: I would, one thing I would say about my seats, I still had found myself watching the TV a lot of the times because I couldn't I did see the as it got yeah. darker I did yeah and it was it's a thing where you think could they raise the ring up by mm. like a foot just yeah, to, maybe. in and that immediate area now that's it's easy to say it but how well it's going to like work logistically
0: Were you stand mate? was it like a was it like a, like a your horse stand at the back of the bouncers
1: i tried to oh well, i did during the sting match which, again, is where I got this photo from. And then we got asked to move. And I thought, well, you don't buy... A oh,
0: you took that? that, that. I didn't realise you took that. Like, I took that Oh, yeah, oh, right. that,
1: that was me. Yeah, we should
0: all find one of our own seats and use it as our. But I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to find that. It,
1: <laughs> just to give you an update, in terms of the record attendances here, for football, the record attendance is 89,000. Not for an England game. It's Cardiff versus Portsmouth, the bloody playoff right. final in 2008. 98,000 for an Adele concert. But then that's Mm -hmm. because you can get 25,000 on the floor, which is probably a thing to say about how many people could you get onto the floor? You could like, it seemed to be an easy kind of certainly five to 7,000 on the floor as well. 94,000 for Tyson Fury versus Dylan White last year, For the NFL they've done 86,000 and then yeah, it says 81,000 for wrestling. So like this is one of the biggest attendances that they've, Stadium itself will have done it, says, and that's 80. That's a paid number 81,035. Yeah. Just to make that absolutely clear, when they get the turnstile number in, and I'm sure Brandon Thurston will be doing the, the Lord's work, like hassling Tony for that. Like, mm. that's a that scale and spectacle. I couldn't least.
0: take it in. I was, yeah. I was, I was up there, like not counting hard. people, but just looking around, kind of just make my brain realize that there were near 90,000 people there. Like, it's hard to kind of. Under, understand that even at the top, like looking, I'm sure it was the same for you, Matt. Looking yeah. down from below, um, is, is that when the tears started flowing? Or I'm dying to know when was it when did it hit you? Mate?
2: Well, when we break, we, I'm sure we're breaking down some of the matches, you'll know when the tears come off there properly. Oh, okay. they, the entrances, but as you say, yeah, it, it, I was holding it in bed. As you said, I got I get like that, don't I get overawed when I go into places that genuinely happy, and like JP said before, I, like. He nailed it and I'll, I'll, I'll go on more when we actually talk about the show I can't fault them I, I it was like being at a Wrestlemania and I've never been to one it makes me want to go now so much to a Wrestlemania seeing mm. how these knocked it out the park aw honestly I can't fault them one single bit amazing mm.
0: That's it, that's it, and the only, th- the only thing I'd say is I thought it was odd, like, because I, I don't know when yous got into the building, but, like, I was walking outside, like, on the way, and I could, like, I could hear cheering, and it was, like, hang on, it's not five o'clock yet. what the fuck's going on? It was weird they did angles, wasn't it? Like, I watched the, uh, mm. I've watched the Zero Hour back since. Now, Same so I've here. Seen it with uh, with uh, the great pre-show, they were sat on the match of the day table. Yeah, man. yeah. Paul, yeah, <laughs> <yeah.
1: yeah. laughs> excuse yeah. of kip Sabian. Yeah,
0: the Tesco Meal Deals own Kip Sabian and Theo. At least the go-go got something to do. I was glad of that um, with uh, with Renee Petkett RJ City was really good, like doing like the little interviews yeah. and stuff. But, yeah, he did the angle with like we'll talk broad strokes about about the zero are but like did the angle with Hobbs and uh, and Miro, didn't he? Which was that was what I must have heard outside. I of, didn't see that. Saw any of that? You not see it? Yeah, that was no, it. I was don't. weird because it was like an unofficial kind of part of the pre show, and it was to set up a match at all out. Um. Yeah, it was all right. It was fine. It was just a you know standard pull apart. That's when if you saw any of the photos of like the uh, the Brit Res guys in the ring, that's what that was. Ah, uh, oh, okay. Was from, uh, you know, Michael Oku and there uh, and a few others were uh, Leon Slater was there. Man,
1: like Doris as well, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Simon Miller was another one of the other ones in there as well. But that's that's what that was for. So it was weird they did that. because It was like, hang on, not everyone's here yet. You know, it was just a strange kind of uh, experience. Me, but Miro's used to that, isn't it? From WrestleMania has gone by. You know, being out there when there's a uh, not a full uh, selection of fans out for uh, <laughs> yeah. a resume. He's only from Bulgaria. He's only a European, you know. Couldn't uh, couldn't have made room to uh, to do something with him on the show. But yeah, I missed that. But I was in the building for the for the for the for the yeah. big one up next. We were, Did you make it yeah. in, the, in the building for Jeff uh, JP?
1: No, I'm absolutely oh, gutted,
0: so before, yeah. mate. Go I was good.
1: gutted because yeah. I could hear something, but the block we were in, we had to do like a long snake to get in, and, like, mm. even, like block through the turnstile h and apparently it was like i don't know shaped in the way of a h as well because so you're just going up and down at weird angles like do you let's know we just have a cue all right so mm. a straightforward cue to each of the turnstiles <laughs> it's not that fucking complicated but you know and it was yeah and eventually we got in and then we we went in got a drink and then as we came through it was like oh yeah jeff jarrett's already been on i he oh, so cool. oh, oh, was so
0: great. and <laughs> was improper, like, call cool, the cool people wankers, wasn't he, Matty? Doing yeah. it, all, uh, it was very, triple uh, <laughs> I don't know, yeah. Yeah, pretty much Triple A he was going for. And, like, obviously, yeah, it was nice to see. Uh, he, d- he didn't pay the money for uh, Madonna. Uh, he didn't. And He paid the money for some other things, but I, I was loving to see Grado get such a pop, though. Like, for anyone who doubted Grado's you know, obviously, you know, level a star. He's not exactly, you know, as much we joke about him mean, being a household name. Over, you know, he's not exactly Hogan, but like the pop he got was great and deserved as well for someone who's like obviously uh, quite uh, integral in like the, oh, the yeah. uh, Res Boomer uh, on the ICW side and stuff. Good to get see Anthony go, go get a bit of a run out. You would have thought. They're giving him something slightly better for this. Kip Sabian got left backstage, uh, unfortunately for him. But yeah, um, and yeah, we got your Big Show and Satnam Singh going at it, and that was pretty much it. Really, it was very much an, a house show angle, wasn't it, Matty? But it was a, it was a good laugh. Yeah. It was a payoff to, the, yeah, to both you know? the, the angle we did on the radio and Jeff Jarrett turning up outside the wrestler hotel with there with the guitar, Jake Boxer. Yeah, I knew you it know? wasn't just going to be his undies in there. I knew he'd have a, <laughs> a prop with him. Always come prepared, Matt. Always bring your gear.
2: Oh, proper worker, of course. And as you say, good payoff for Grado nailing the guitar shot on Jeff at the end and getting, he got some great heat, Jeff, like he really did. He drummed everyone up and that payoff with the guitar shot, the crowd loved that. They definitely loved it. Just got it, JP. You yeah. didn't
1: see it really. I'm, go to I'm, I'm absolutely gutted. I'm, I'm glad he made it on there, but there was no way in hell he wasn't. Like he really would have been like, yeah. He, and it was, but at the same time, you had such cues of people coming in. I'm glad they were doing something and they can mm. get away with this stuff. So, I mean, he didn't look, I mean, the problem is, is, is that during the Hobbs Miro stuff, it looks like an empty stadium, which
0: well, let's it face it was. That
1: it kind of was. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And even then there's probably about 10 to 15,000 people in there, which is mad mm. in and of itself. it's yeah, gets more exactly. than a 90,000 all-seater stadium. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was gutted. I missed that at that point. We'd, we'd gone, we'd gone to the craft beer bit. That's what mm. we've done. Yeah, we we oh, we've gone there instead. Yeah, did you get to, did
0: you partake much from the uh, the stands while you were in there? I actually, I I was starving because I'd like I hadn't eaten before our live show, and I. That was the other thing about our live show. I was extremely hungover from the night before. So um <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad it went off without a hitch in the air because I was a little bit worried at it at one point in the morning. But oh I had the uh, the chicken was good. I, I like that. You you couldn't shoot everything every about the food in Wembley though, it's all pre-prepared. So you can't like you know say, Oh, I don't want cheese on that or is ah, it all done yet? Yeah? All the chicken was half boneless, half bone. So I don't think you'd like that, Matty. But it was nice. It was spicy. Okay. A, a little chicken basket thing. I Then, four hours later, I had a little hot dog as well. It was good. I liked it. It was <laughs> essential. what but you get in there. I didn't have a beer. That was the thing I could afford it because I didn't touch any beer that day because I was so one go back. A couple of uh, you know Coke Zeroes and that. It was all right. Um, yeah, oh, you can spend a penny in there then. <laughs> no, I didn't.
2: I genuinely didn't
0: because um... Obviously Gary fence. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no,
0: to be fair. No, uh, us
2: four, we didn't we didn't have a beer. I think Keewe got a a couple of round of waters in for the lads, mm. but no, not in, not an egg. Gareth got a big uh, tub of popcorn as well, which was uh, wild. Just Gareth with the big bowl of popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> for about three hours as well. And, like offering us all, and I just obviously I didn't have none, but yeah, it was. Uh, I'm just I, laughing around the waters. <laughs> yeah, no, genuinely, I don't think I left me sheet mm. once. Even to go for the piss as well. Like I didn't do, sorry, to go to the toilet even. I didn't leave it once during the whole show. So, uh, yeah, mm. that was that really. The food, someone had like a, a basket though, better with chips and chicken snips or something. And that did look That's nice. Right. nice, That's nice. What I was mentioning, yeah. yeah it was it looked it was lovely, really yeah. That. Was it that, Yeah.
0: You yeah. I had that before I fucked off from the uh, annoying bloke in front of me with the vuvuzela i Ended up getting yeah. like I ended up like in a row where it was just me, but I was at the end, so other people were using that road to escape from their one. But it's I don't mind <laughs> it's like being on a plane, I don't mind getting out the way for other people. I just don't want to get other people out my way, so yeah, I'm <laughs> quite happy there. It was great. Uh, <laughs> great way to uh to enjoy a show, but yeah, plenty to uh to eat and drink there, but yeah, I mean, we should get into like the, uh, the I suppose the more meaty stuff from the uh, from the pre-show. Um, Strangely ordered. I was surprised when because uh, that's the thing. That's why I mentioned it. I was up in the stands. Getting that, uh, getting that chicken when uh, Adam calling out uh, and MJF's music hit, I was like, "Fuck, better get." Down. I think the Aussie, Aussies had just made their entrance as well. I was like, "Fuck, better better get down there." It did feel like there was a bit of a stampede to uh, to get down there, which shows you that obviously you know this program is uh, you know is uh, and as we'd see at the end of the night, definitely uh, translated there, translated well for some, but maybe placements. I think AEW might regret because if they had this at the end of the pre-show instead of the Jungle Boy yeah. match. Something wow. else might not have happened that we're probably going to get into uh, in a minute, but yeah, lads went out there and, uh, at the a tag match, and it was kind of the you know the point where you kind of got to first hear how uh, how loud Wembley uh, could be, um, and yeah, there's that really much to say about it? Was there MJF and having called one LOL, yeah. that was it. It wasn't a wasn't the big angle we all expected. It wasn't like a big ten. Didn't lose to add some stakes to the main event. They just became the ROH Tag Team Champions. Like <laughs> what else can wow. you really say?
2: To be fair, on the drive to our live show, we were all discussing, like, you know, the plausible what's gonna happen with the uh, the whole story of this night with the with Adam Cole and MJF. Mm-hmm. And I had a I had a light bulb moment in, in the car and I thought they're gonna win the tag belts and they're gonna not turn on each other and they're gonna go home happy, like they're gonna have a happy ending at this big stadium show. And that's pretty much what happened. Like mm-hmm. it's just honestly it dawned to me, Benno, because everyone's been waiting for this turn and waiting for something to happen. But I, I just honestly had that brainstorm, and that's what happened. And to be fair, which we'll go into later on, I didn't mind it at all. I thought it was like a good, a tea shrug the whole night. Still, and then you got, you didn't get it, and I was quite happy with that. But as a match, yeah, it was just a, a tag team match,
0: and yeah, we got it, it them getting the belts. It was the first sign of what this crowd was gonna gonna latch onto, like throughout the night, because um, it was you know the kangaroo kick was over. Double clothesline stuff was over. It's um, show, I mean, it's
3: Aussie, open, Aussie Open,
0: Aussie were just there to be bodies, weren't they? um yeah. To kind of <laughs> to take the fall, and I, I know I'm not going to cry any tears for them. I'm sure they're not gutted about being out there in front of you know maybe not quite eighty thousand people at that point in the afternoon, JP, but just being out there at Wembley in general, considering where they came from. Like we've both seen them wrestle in front of you know fifty people or less. Seen yeah. them at you know. Fight Club Pro Shows as well, um, seeing them, pretty much their journey from, being a, from starting <laughs> off of the tag team. So it was nice they got their moments. So there is that part of my brain, but I still, I think I'm less charitable than that. I still don't really understand why it happened. Like maybe I the, know. I don't want to get too much into All Out because, you know, this podcast will end up getting dated. I presume it's going to, you know, lead into something there, but Baby Faces won the tag belt, JP. No added stakes added to the main event. No real, other than Adam Cole walking off. There wasn't really
1: much added there. There wasn't and we were all expecting a turn and other things like that. I mean, a couple of notes that, that I had down from this one was there was a load of people who are massive United Empire fans. Because any when they came out, they were all doing that hand signal thing there together. I don't know. I think it's that, isn't it? for those on video watching on that, they were they were all doing that. And but it felt to me like kind of it was a very it was fun. I didn't MJF to say he is over is just mm. an absolute understatement. You may well He's amazing. That. He's just incredible, especially the just that point when, even before like the kangaroo kick, obviously you mentioned oh. the double clothesline mm. being massively over, just when he shook the ropes like Warrior. he yeah. fucking batshit. That's exactly. just going to get
0: over in a stadium? Smart?
1: But you yeah. also realise how starved people were and how desperate they were mm. to just love this. And so mm. they were going to do it. So it was, again, a lot of fun for mm. what it was, like for what, a match that's less than seven minutes long, and is it the best use of Aussie Open? No, but like you say, if if you can, I mean, for those people who saw Mark Davis versus Carl Fletcher at attack, which then led to them becoming a tag team, and we saw them wrestling up and down everywhere when they weren't, they weren't even close to being the biggest tag team in this country, mm. like for like a while, it, it's such a journey, and you look at where they are as performers as well, and I think, in terms of where this goes storyline wise, it would make sense for the Kingdom doing the belts mm-hmm. of them, but that feels like the kind of thing you do on TV if mm. you just want to move it onto a Ring of Honor tag team. But that also plays into the storyline as well. But I, I did think to myself after I was like, okay, I'm, it's it was fun. People wanted to, you know, the better than you baby stuff, and they wanted to go mm. into into all of that. But I, you know, for me, it was like, oh, okay. I'm not quite sure really what the point of this ultimately is, other than it give people a chance to see that tag team. But yeah. as with so much on the show, and this is, the thing is, I'm very much in the minority of how I felt there as well, because mm. people fucking loved it. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They did. And,
0: it, you know, it was nice for that. Again, when we get to the main event... Did it detract from the main? Did it add to the main event? That's I what I'm waiting for, Ben. We'll have a good discussion yeah after coming up. I'm not necessarily imagine. sure it added, but it was a nice thing everyone got on the on the. Just a bit perplexed, you know, mm-hmm. as to you know why you would do it, but you know, maybe, maybe plans were there, were different when they when they first laid it out. Um Yeah, as uh, Liam says in the chat, strange for them to lose to FTR and then just randomly win this this second set of belts. But again, that might make makes make more sense uh, as we go. Um it was at that point Mercedes Monet was shown on the uh, on the screen. That was a big shock uh, <laughs> to, to see that. I believe she was in the royal box, was she? Uh, that's where she was. Well, none of us were uh, were were, uh, were quite that uh, privileged to us uh, to sit there. <laughs> Steph was in the media box, but uh, I think mean, that was. She apparently had, apparently had really good food and and drink in there as well. So you know, Wembley uh, thumbs up from uh, from everybody on uh, on the uh, the amenities the ad. But maybe Mercedes Monet tucked into her some of those chicken tenders and and chips as she was uh, up there. And yeah, they showed it a few times through the night, didn't they? But didn't. Uh, you know, obviously didn't get involved in it and anything. I thought she might get involved in the in the women's four-way, but didn't. Um, a couple of people said to me who'd seen her in person that yeah. she did still have a, a leg in a big cast or, you know, one yep. of those modern kind of... Moon entire, boot like things. things. Yeah, the moon booth things. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I think maybe that was uh, probably not going to happen, but there you go. Uh, I kind of liked it because she posted pictures early in the day, hadn't she, of being like knocking around London. And I remember I was going fuck is she trolling like is she really here um there's no way that's going to be the big reveal but it was
1: and do you know what like you i kind of like the fact she didn't get involved in its own weird way because it did feel like I was like oh fucking hell she's here which obviously is mm-hmm. she's coming in and mm. it's like the reaction that she got like you know there was that you know that's the kind of thing she would have been thinking oh yeah this is kind of cool if you're wanting to make an impression to someone to make them come in this is possibly the best place then to to put them. But like you say, I don't think she's anywhere close to being cleared. But it's good, even if even if she's just there in the back burner of like yeah. thinking she may not be. We could be like talking full gear by the time she's kind of ready to come out. But I think it's yeah. it's a it, it's a sensible pickup for that women's division.
2: Gets I mean, everyone talking, doesn't it? Build yeah. the intrigue to when she is uh, clear to wrestle. So yeah, it's.
1: I felt vindicated as well. Some of the news reports said
0: she was supposed to come out on that and uh, blood and guts down. I was like, I knew it. I knew it. Um, I just didn't you know, uh, factor in the fact that she was walking around with a moon boot. So it probably wasn't really uh, going to happen at that point. But it did. It felt it added to like, it was like, I think Steph made at this point. It was like, you know, watching Wimbledon and there's like, you know, a celebrity in the crowd. It was like that, wasn't it? It was like, oh, okay. This yeah. is like, of course you she's here. It's Cliff Richard, mate. <laughs> <laughs> she got up and gave us a tune, maybe. Um, oh, She was loving the acclaimed um,
1: stuff. I was going to say, she loved that acclaimed music, didn't she? Yeah,
0: she should
1: have been all yeah. over. Oh, she went Swerve's house, mate. That's, she should have been all over that. Th-
0: That's the song. that That is the She should have been dancing to um, fuck like Nana
1: would do as well.
0: I hope the security were more on it than they were around the wrestler hotel because the wrestlers weren't getting much help. There were wrestlers coming and going, and the wrestler hotel were She seemed pretty unbothered um, in the uh, up up there in the uh, in the in the royal box. So yeah, maybe uh, maybe it was better at uh, at Wembley, but more on that as we go uh, as we get into the. Uh, and I think I know where this conversation is going to end up going. The uh, the main events of the pre-show before we uh, get into dissecting the uh, the main card. There's uh, Jack Perry and Hook, which was the uh, the last. Uh, Minute ad- addition to, uh, to the show um, was here um, again. I said to Matty, then uh, JP Stranger. Strange placement to not do a uh, call and uh, an MJF last, and I bet your Tony Khan regrets not putting to call and MJF. Last as a uh, yeah, Jack Perry from this match got a bit of a, a rush of blood to his head and uh and would go backstage and uh, and keep it going. And uh, before we get to that, which is probably a good uh, segue into the main card, uh, yeah, what did you make of this, Jack Perry and uh, and Hook JP? I thought it was uh, it was a good last to watch live. It was kind of like I like the fact that it was mm. you know, wasn't the first the, the last time of the night we could get a, a car involved. I kind of liked uh, all of that stuff doing the spots there. It was like Unique from like the vantage point of the uh, in the gods to kind of look down and be able to kind of make that out. And yeah, I thought they had a good wild brawl, really. Um, thought this was, I think we'd said on our, our live show when somebody asked this would be our 3.25 uh star uh guess as far as the night goes. Um, I'd say it was a bit better than that, because it was uh quite heated and yeah, good little spot for uh for both of them to get on Wembley.
1: Yeah, it was. I thought it was fine. I mean, I still. I still think there are legit like question marks about say Hook and what he can work to at this level at this stage of his career, but I don't I think it's a bit churlish to give him necessarily a hard time over it because it's not like he shit the bed or anything else. Mm. It was it was like we didn't from where I was out, we couldn't see you could see the limo stuff. I had to watch it all on the TV. And mm. it was like kind of really what it should have been. In terms, of, I, I did think the Rolling Thunder he did was incredibly impressive.
0: I, I love that on the car, yeah, very good, very
1: good. a great, good, good. It was a great yeah. spot, and mm-hmm. like it was. I think after that is where he gets the rush of blood to the head, isn't it? Mm-hmm. When he when he does that and starts talking about like the uh, glass before going into Justin Timberlake's Crimea River. Uh,
0: I, fi- <laughs> I finally saw that today because that was the thing there live. We didn't know that he did. Uh, didn't know at all. Yeah. I think That news story came out as well. Apparently it was planned. he already been telling friends he was going to do it for a couple of days before. Well, I don't even think it was that like with a line, mate. I don't think you need no. to, like, you know. Like, there's plenty to go on, on all sides uh, when we get into the, the major story. But yeah, um,
1: he did do that, didn't he? He did. And mm. I mean, I would just say we don't need an FTW belt. That would mm. be a thing that, like, I just... I, there's no real purpose for that necessarily and this is just going to be like hook spelt and even then i think it served its purpose for what it actually can end up being but as a match i I would actually say 3.25 i think it was it was good it just as with a lot of stuff it's elevated by the crowd being into everything Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. and that's really a key point of the show and it makes a lot for the enjoyment really because even if the crowd weren't into it then you're wondering oh hang on a minute how are they going to react but they reacted, um, Jack they reacted to Jack Perry. They reacted to Hook. I'm
0: not a get everybody in the card type of guy. I would rather like be, you know, mm. uh, conservative about like who you allow on a big show like this, but. You know they've obviously got big plans in the future for both of these, whether we agree with the Jack Perry one or not. You want that footage in the future, don't you, to be able to show that, like, that, you know, they were part of like this uh, this AW history. Any notes on the match itself, Matt, or should we get into the uh, yeah, <laughs> the just... story that came out uh, as a result of this?
2: Well, I- I'll give you the perfect segue. Like, this was the first like time I was impressed with Jack Perry. Like, as JP said, Hooks nowhere near ready. This was the Jack Perry show for me. Led them all the way through it. Was quite impressed. And it's just a shame now I won't get to see him for a few months because
0: of what he was. Oh, there is that. Because that's the thing... We're all like in the in the building, you know, enjoying uh, you know, the, the commentators making their entrance, Nigel making sure he gets a, a big entrance. We saw a lot of him through the night, uh, JR getting his big one, of course. I went for a piss uh, when it <laughs> happened. <laughs> uh, good to see Excalibur get around. I, I would say that as, a, as an overall note through the night, I liked the changing announce booth when I watched it back. I actually thought Nigel had the good night for Nigel, yeah, a good night, Shivani had the good night. There was a it was it was the way I think I'd do it. Go, Jim Ross had as good a night as you can probably get from him with some, you know, Moen and tagged on. Um, you'd be the you'd be the the exception to it. But I did like them. Yeah, mixing her up and uh, and switching them around with the exception of a uh, Excalibur through the night. That was cool, but. While well, we were enjoying that and enjoying uh, Jim Ross's uh, big entrance, little known to us backstage, <laughs> there was a rock going on. Should we talk about it here, JP? Uh, before oh, we get into the uh, Earth Age show, we do need to talk about the it. Phil Chronicles,
1: um, Part Seven
0: Hundred and Thirty Five. Oh me! That, that, I think when we found out was after Punkin' Joe, which was almost infuriating because i enjoyed that match so much and it was like i can't even enjoy it for five minutes before finding out that phil's been a come backstage like i was uh, getting messages from steph she'd uh, heard from like the media room that that stuff had happened i believe you know there were uh you know some uh, some witnesses uh, to it backstage you heard know, from uh from a few people uh maybe some of those extras might have been caught in the uh in the midst of it um what do we know right now? They both melted. Tweeted about uh, an hour ago that they're uh, they both suspended. Um, yeah. Juggle Jack and uh, and CM Punk Punk's camp have been very quick in getting their side of the story out and saying that uh you know the uh the, you know whether it was uh, Punk who uh, who started things or not, or saying as well specifically that Punk uh, wasn't aware that he was uh, under any kind of suspension, which doesn't say much about uh you know the the backstage uh, organization at AW or. Yeah, that's where we are right now. Obviously, everyone uh, I think listening to this knows the story at this point. So there's some some in between version of the two sides of stories in the JP. Maybe Punk Five Face Jack Perry. Maybe Jack Perry bumped into CM Punk because he was, uh, like I say, had that rush of blood through his head, was going backstage and had uh, said what he'd said. CM Punk said his uh, his now catchphrase of "Do we have a problem?" Like he's the uh, is it Randy in South Park who goes to the, uh, the the football games just to start fights with the other dads? I think that's Punk, apart from the fact that uh, he's starting fights with kids who are 20 years younger than him at this Nine. point. Uh, <laughs> it just like doesn't cover him in glory either. Um, and then, yeah, which, whichever side of the story you believe, whether it was uh, Punk that started it, whether it was Jack Perry that started it, we know what ended it, which was a uh, front face lock from, uh, from CM Punk. I love the... Uh, the punk camp are great, JP. Even I hear from uh, some some elements of the punk camp every now and then. Uh, they're making it clear that uh, you know punk was just doing it to defuse the situation, you know, rather than throwing blows. He's going to like <laughs> choke the cunts out. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of
1: those Brilliant job, mate! You have sorted it out. Oh,
0: uh, Carl says it's Phil Innocent on this occasion. I baby. feel sorry
2: for him, Bello. I do for this time, but like JP got, I feel sorry but for him not...
0: But he's that mate of yours, isn't it? Where it's like, even if he didn't start the fight, yeah, why are you he... always in the fight? Yeah, yeah. Why, why at three in the morning am I and Mahis breaking you up with some know that's <laughs> like every fucking week? He's that in he like that's punk. Like it's just it, it, he is the problem. And I'll say this as the as the ah. punk fan, there's a reason why gotten to this level where remember when the news story came out a few weeks ago oh there's heat between it was like oh yes punk on and the and young books makes sense punk and hang on page makes sense and it was like he's also got heat with brit baker it's like, what and jungle boy jack perry and it's like at the Don't point. There, ryan, Nimbeth, mate. ryan Nemeth, you Daniel's in it as well I, I, I think based on the even on the the you know the anti-punk version of the story I'm almost sympathetic, like you say, to him a little bit because it's, you know, Jack Perry's the one who said what he said on camera. But again, Punk laid the foundations for that for saying what he did about Handman Page. I know it wasn't on camera, but he's gone off script more than once, you know, to rip into people backstage. So, like, you know, you you can't really have it both ways. But then, yeah, you know, there's a reason he's at the centre of this every week, JP. Like, there's Mm. a reason why... And I think it's it's been overblown the fact that this is taking over the news cycle in the face of all in. I think it's sharing the news cycle with all in. There's a reason we're talking about it now. But yeah, it's like we can't have nice things, can we? Like this is no. you know, it's it's like it's like a toxic. You know, we say Tony Khan plays uh plays EWR or TW, and that's how he books these things. It's that when you know you got that backstage rate of about forty percent, and there's that one cunt backstage who's always getting into shit, <laughs> and if you don't deal with him rightly, is it's it, there's gonna be more of it. I remember playing that about three or four years ago, and thinking, ah, oh, this is unrealistic. Now oh, this never happens anymore. Nope, just add CM Punk to your locker room, and this shit will happen. fate like, yeah, he's the key ingredient here. He is, and I say that as a gigantic CM Punk fan
1: mate i'm sat here wearing a cm punk t-shirt that my kids bought me for my birthday and even i've just got to the point of like for fuck's sake Bill, you are at the Mm. centre. he's i think of him when i was teaching he is the naughty kid who's always in trouble but it's never his fault Mm. and like you said there's a whole different set of standards you can't kick off about what people say like if they if they go deviate from the script on tv considering they one of his most famous moments in wrestling history is him sat down on a stage without a script, saying whatever he wants on TV. Like this is the thing about him is he's a massive hypocrite in this way. It probably oh, didn't in every help. Way. Yeah, every way it is. It's 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 just ridiculous. But it probably didn't help that he wasn't picked up from the airport and all that stuff and oh, all the rest of it. So, him having to get on the tube as well, having someone who would can use be in the show, to do that commute it would have pissed me off. Like, I would have fucking hated it. Having to deal with fucking... Having to deal with the tubes on Carnival weekend, let alone 80,000 people going to Wembley at the same time, and God knows how many other football fans travelling around London to see any variety of games, and tourists on top of that. For a bloke who doesn't like people, it would have been hell. So I doubt he was in in a good mood for that. But he just can't remove himself from situations. That's the problem. He could have just taken the high road and gone, you're going to do that, do whatever for it and let Jack Perry do it. I think there's a thing where, you know, I, I'm, I'm bored of it now. It's probably how
0: oh, I'm still entertained. At. I should say I'm still entertained. Like I still laugh at it Like, because I don't run the company. So it's not my money. <laughs> the fact that he can't appear all out is the biggest effect for me. Cause it's like, ah, oh, shit, yeah. I can't watch PM Punk Wrestle. Um, <laughs> I'm split I'm, 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 I'm between both camps, JP. I get what you're saying. I did roll my eyes when it first came out. Like for fuck's sake again. But also the visual of him choking at Jungle Jack is class. You class, know, I love it's that. got to be reasonable. It's still funny in it, Matt. You know, yeah, it is. <laughs>
2: yeah. I feel, do feel sorry for. You know, I listen to what you, you and JP are saying there, but I just think this time, as much as like you're saying like, he's gone off script and stuff, and and but he, he's poking he still the it Yeah, he, he does. Yeah. But I do. I feel like th- they're going for him. And as we saying in the chat there, he knows like that Perry's going to get like. Bumming up to the Young Bucks and the Elite and stuff like that. So I think, obviously, he should be growing up. As you say, he's 20 years older. But CM Punk, it doesn't matter who is going to come for him. He's going to go back, isn't he? So I do slightly feel sorry for him on this part. But he still is, as you say, the key ingredient to all this chaos.
0: So
1: I, I would be more sympathetic if this had been a one-off thing, but it isn't. It's the latest in a whole stream of these. Like an
0: investigation, and you know, <laughs> Simon Miller, whoever was backstage, might go. Actually, Punk was acting in self-defense, and we might. Well, I those lads the CCTV. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, just better than eating
2: them and causing a full-on fight, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, and yeah, of okay, the yeah. few. Defu- it is would, way better.
1: I would say if. And this is the thing, you get into the he said, she said stuff about it, about who bumped into who and where this happened. And unfortunately, it feels like the sources of these are so divisive that they themselves can't be trusted. There's very much a CM Punk camp and a people who hate CM Punk camp. And there's never like a neutral observer who just says, well, actually, this is what happens here as well. And it comes down to the thing that I've banged on about for the last few weeks, about just an entire lack of discipline. This is your... Biggest show that you're gonna do. And you've got a you've got somebody squaring up to someone in as they're about to walk to the fucking ring for their match. That's you that's not on. Like, how the fuck was that allowed to happen? By the way, it's not like Phil ran out to the ring. Like the Samoa Joe entrance is like, why is Jack Perry knocking around there? Surely he should have been ushered, like pe- getting people out of Gorilla and the rest of it away. But mm. it is, you know. It's one of these things where, like, I,
0: I, is, do, yeah. I do. I, I do love the fact, though, that he, that apparently, you know, Jack Perry got got, got ushered out the arena, sent stuck up. around for an hour, hang around, then eventually either got sent home or went by his own volition again. Depending on whether you believe the punk camp or not. I <laughs> like fucking Billy, Billy Big Bollocks there. Got to do, do order of Nando's for the entire roster. Apparently, he was there yeah. a few times this weekend. Some people saw him there on uh, on Saturday as well. <laughs> but do reckon he got, uh, got a couple of uh, butterfly chickens, some spicy rice. I think he's a spicy rice fan. I reckon oh, a definitely hummus in in a hummus.
2: The drizzle oil. Definitely all that with the no, pieces no. to dip in.
1: <laughs> Imagine he got the level of Nando's that we ended up getting in Oxford. Just imagine if he'd been given that. Imagine the shit that would have started if that had happened. But As, but
0: like, the Nando's do? He... Like I went because like me, me and Steph literally went to Nando's on a on Sunday on Monday night when we uh, when we got home. Um, just for the after the meal, after all the stories of Nando's, kind of made us hungry. Our Nando's took about forty minutes to come. Imagine you were in that Nando's after Pugs put an order in for the entire AW roster. Like you're not getting your food anytime soon. Are you? you know what I mean? He's taking a, <laughs> taking it up for everyone. <laughs>
1: But it does seem, and I think this is the point on here, where the lawlessness is there where, like, a Ryan Nemeth and the Jack Perry. Jack Perry can just go and go, fuck it. I'm just going to start some shit with him. And can kind of get away with it for the most yeah. part. I'm not convinced he's going to be sacked or anything else from it. And he can do investigations and the like, but you haven't got the kind of culture and atmosphere backstage, which suggests you shouldn't be doing this anyone, stuff. Well, it's coming he's through. Scared. Our God, chat, I are kind
0: it. of saying, so it's happening. Like, I think t- tonight, uh, this, uh, I think Brian Alvarez has been on uh, on Wrestling Observer, um, live, I think, talking about this. Um, good Mike that, Bryan. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, and I met Brian Alvarez, he was lovely. I had a, a quick chat, unfortunately, he's got COVID now, so hopefully, I don't. Um, but yeah, it's funny, that was funny. That was literally, that was the, that was my biggest markup moments of the weekend. I was just sat there and him and Melzer walked past, and I almost involuntarily was like, Brian, Dave, hello. And just start talking <laughs> to them. Meltzer was in his own universe, by the way. He got he's he took more photos than any wrestler I saw all weekend.
1: I've like, seen him the, on
2: the most pictures yet going around Twitter. That's 100%. the level of star Big
0: Dave was. But yeah, Brian was very nice. Got a nice little point. Uh, find find with me someone, and him, the podcasters.
1: Find someone who loves uh, who loves you the way that Dave loves tie dye. That's what I'll say because. <laughs> You did
0: see some miles, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had round his neck when I saw him. It, it was brilliant. you taking that hoodie okay,
1: off his cold, dead shoulders. I'll tell you yeah. that because he's not giving it up for loving the money.
0: Fashion icon, in my opinion. But yeah, I did see our good friend Brian Alvarez and your good friend JP. But yeah, apparently, said that observe alive that Tony Khan witnessed it. Um, and there's even versions of the, the story out there that now, like TV, um, like screens were folded on Tony Khan, and that's how wow. close he was to uh, to what happened. So there's that another witness, so bad, the boss... Might be a reason he's not texting. Put he's not texting Phil this week. Um, you know, <laughs> I think that might be the reason. There's been no contact with the uh, with the Punk camp. Like, do you,
1: do, you, do you think there's just a thing though where people think if they just push it, he'll just fuck off. He'll just fuck off and leave. That he'll, he'll I think Punk will.
0: I think. From the I think bits he will. Here, think that's where he's. At this point, I think he's just like fuck it. Um, do I need this shit? You know, uh, <laughs> where he goes next is the thing. I think that's it. I think we we might have seen punks, and we'll get into it in a minute. You know, uh, uh, the last great right seeing punk match there live at Wembley. So, James, you say that it's like, oh well, we, we managed to get to all in. Is that is that not all we wanted when he came back? It was just just get us to all in, and we got there barely because because that was it. There were other reports saying he was not going to go up there. They were going to scrap the match at one point. Samoa Joe was even kicking off. Um, like that's that's Phil. It, it came to the wire, but we did manage to see him just about. It's of that, all like you said, JP, if we were going to go by, if I ran this wrestling company as a fan, I wouldn't see him Punk to stay. As a fan, I almost I relish some of the some of these, but then there's part of me that's like, okay, this is kind of enough now. But like you know, I do get some enjoyment out of it. I love the product okay. on screen. God help us with collision Um if if Punk is around as well. So as a fan. I absolutely want this to carry on. If he choked out another one of the elite spades every week, personally, I'd laugh at the news story and maybe roll my eyes a little bit, but I can live my life. If I'm Tony Khan and I'm running this wrestling company, I can't say I wouldn't sack him. I think I might sack him at this point or just send him home. Um, But that doesn't mean Tony Khan's going to make that call. Like I could... Is not the most likely scenario coming out of this, based on everything we know so far, for Jack Perry to be gone for the next six months and Punk will be back for All Out at the weekend, or you know, at least back in you know six weeks, he'll be the real, real, real world champion. You know, maybe at that point, like I honestly still think that's the most likely outcome here. JP, don't know about you. I
1: there's a part of me. How do you deal with the situation? How do you deal with a problem like CM Punk? I mean, it, 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 it's the thing about this is you've still got the TV deal that's kind of on the line. And a lot of this depends on collision. And I know you're thinking to yourself, well, CM Punk is the most, and he has proven it, I suppose, in the limited kind of sample size that we have for collision ratings, that CM Punk is still a big part of, like, he's a big part of that show when it does well. It's just that, is it worth the overall grief? I'm not convinced everything he goes and everything goes back to normal. I'm not sure that that necessarily is is the case. And if he leaves, you do you will end up thinking that there's a massive missed opportunity for what you could have done having CM Punk return from retirement into your mm. company. There's still that's been ultimately missed out on. But mm. if you can't put like it just happens all the time with him. It just happens. Seems to happen every single week at every show. There is some sort of grief. There is some sort of drama. He is the naughty kid who's always involved, but it's never his fault, or there's always an excuse or something else. And after a while, you just get really tired of it. And you, like, I, I don't know how, I mean, in theory, there'll be people saying, well, you can actually elevate certain people. I see you and here in the chat about Jay White being the main guy in collision. The, that's fine in theory. I just don't think it for ratings and stuff, it wouldn't necessarily help. It wouldn't, like, he would just sort of sink further and further into kind of rampage territory,
2: but he won't be a roster and there's a
0: and
1: there's billion dollars on the line, yeah. It only exists because of Punk.
2: That's what I mean. He'd have everyone back on off dynamite on collision, wouldn't he? That's how they'd solve that for sure.
1: If he's got, uh, but then, yeah, I'm but then there's there's travel, there's extra work, extra dates, there's things yeah. like that. Are they going to be tied into the mix as well? I mean, is he gonna? The problem is, is effectively for me, that it's lawless backstage. That's how it is. Um, yeah. And people are kind of doing their own thing and there is no firm hand. And it all comes down to that ill discipline. And what are they going to do to actually sort this out? And I'm not convinced that they are. I, I, I'm just not convinced like you that, that Tony Khan will do that. He thinks somehow he can bullshit his way past it. I don't think he can no. with this mm-hmm. because like, at what stage are you just going to get people refusing to turn up and there's no, like, <laughs> I mentioned it before, like in other companies at other times, and don't get me wrong, you brought up some good examples of where people have managed to kind of get around it, particularly like a Sean Michaels and the like, but that was probably with him when there was no other people that you could go to in terms of, like, top stars and the rest of it, and he felt like he was kind of, well, it's Sean or kind of, it's Shawn Brett, yeah. or no one really at that stage. And I think the thing yeah. is, the thing is with, with Punk here is, how close are you to that TV deal? Does the fact that Wembley, ex- this show exists and there's 81,000 and you can use that, is that enough of a selling point for a Warner Brothers Discovery to go, do you know what? We need to stick with this because look at the numbers that they can end up drawing overseas and the rest of it. Yeah. Well, just uh, quickly, and we should move on, We have got a whole Wembley paper you to talk yes, about.
0: Um, just uh, the latest we know, apparently, Oliver, as I said, there's a lot of witnesses to it, including Tony Khan. Um, apparently... The version Alvarez saying that Punk shoved him and put him in a choke, and it broke it up immediately. And that, yeah, monitors fell on Tony. Samoa Joe broke the fight up. Uh, mm-hmm. apparently, Punk was angry, threatened to quit, didn't want to wrestle. Um, things got delayed 10 minutes for apparently. They asked, asked FTR in the books to open the show and they weren't ready Uh so they asked to the call the lead and they were like I suppose we can um, so they were going to go on first Joe was pissed off he wants to wrestle at Wembley so they got things together and that's why the Punk Joe match did end up uh, going on first uh, as planned Um apparently Brian talked about how so Miro tweeted about Punk initiating the fight it was bullshit um, and now saying that apparently there was a second near instance when Punk came through the curtain where Miro confronted Punk um, and punk asked Miro to step outside. Um, okay so there you go, there's an added one. Um, yep, punk camper denying that happened. Um, it should be said as well. Um, but there you go. And apparently, it wasn't punk saying he wasn't suspended, he wasn't contacted. Um, to, to, be, to be told he was suspended, but AW did contact his legal team. Um, so that's how we know that. But yeah, at the, t- at the minute, Alvarez is saying it's uh, unlikely um, that this gets uh, tied up by by all else. But again, you guys might know more than us by the time uh, tomorrow comes.
1: Um... That'll go going well there? in Chicago, won't it?
0: There's some weird noises going on in JP's room. <laughs> Sorry, it was. Um... That, was, uh,
1: that, that was my cherry Coke vape because I'm properly hooked on <laughs> just vaping the entire time. I can't exist without it.
0: Not Pepsi for Phil?
1: Oh, shame.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> Alvarez saying morale is down and that, yeah, something has to be done. But How many times have uh, we said that? Um, and yeah, there we go. That's uh, that's where we are right now. Uh, apparently, the punk thing put a, a damper on uh, on all in. And um, yeah, like I say, it has been a distraction. Hence why we've, <laughs> uh, we've just talked about it for uh, for so long as well. Um, but yeah, apparently, the uh, Brian is denying the denial now. That's the level of story we're at on the, uh, on the Miro uh part of this story. Miro better be careful, you know, he won't be on collision on Saturdays if he keeps uh keeps kicking off there. Um, fucking hell, well, Miro got none of those nandos, did he? Um, he's a big lad, he'd probably had yeah, most of it, so probably for the rest. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but there's a reason you keep seeing punk around, um, <laughs> which is the main show did then start, and we did have punk and Samoa Joe kicker things off as we innocently on the stands, JP, took in the uh, the first match uh, of the uh, of the pay-per-view, which was a banger. Um I absolutely loved this. Um We were asked at our live show, you know, I think somebody literally said to me, you even look forward to anything on this show, Ben? I was like, no, genuinely, I'm going to see Samoa Joe and CM Punk in front of 80,000 people, 90,000 people it turned out to be at Wembley. So of course I'm going to have a good time might have some, you know, uh, and this is going to be the story of the show, I think, JP, as we get into it. I don't think any of our criticism of the build um, was proven incorrect. Um, I think You know, anyone who wants wants to be out there and have a little victory of that, because we're about to say there were good matches here. Maybe listen to our audio. We knew there were going to be good matches. If you want to listen to it, if you want, if you want to criticize us for what we're going to say through the show, that was that was a great atmosphere there when you got eighty thousand people in a stadium. Of course, there was going to be a great fucking atmosphere, and of course, it you know it elevated the show, and we got plenty of uh, of good to say there, but. One of the most obvious things was going to be, JP, despite by maybe uh, misgivings about uh, some of the build and uh, and how we got there, especially that last collision as a go-home. Punk and Joe went out there and had yeah, for my money maybe the best best match of the night. Maybe you guys won't go that far, but yeah, I thought this was a a really uh, strong way to open the show. Um, Just maybe uh, unexpected, JP.
1: I I loved this thoroughly. And I probably loved it because of the atmosphere where CM Punk came out and he was fucking hated where I was sat. And I was one of the few people shouting, go on, Phil, like at that point in time, because I was just fucking loving it at that stage. I really was. But I thought this was, because what was it? It was 15 minutes, something on just a little under it as well. And it was like, it it was the, again, Joe looked great. Like he came out to an absolutely like monster pop, like Mm. as well. Like it felt like he was being treated like a really big star and he felt well, like
0: he it up. people didn't realize that going in like he was the face of because like, this is a that's the thing about this show there's eighty thousand pretty hardcore wrestling fans in there he was the face of ring of honor it's peak he's all over the wrestling channel it's peak i'm sure not all eighty thousand people watching the wrestler channel but a little, a little pocket definitely were and he was when tna was good and they were coming yeah. here and they were filling arenas themselves he was one of the main guys i like, think people didn't quite grasp that when you saw his face and name all over the, the posters leading to into this event. He's a gigantic name here, and he was treated as such. JP.
1: he was, and, and he, was he felt like it, and he wrestled like it as well. And it made mm. me think: actually, there is there's juice in this run. If you want to go with it, if you're looking mm. for someone else to plug into, like kind of top line programs, I wouldn't be averse to Samoa Joe in there because he's kind of proven that you deliver at the proper stage, you put him in there against a big name opponent, and he can turn up. And he can mm. do it, and it and it's been. I've been more inspired watching Joe over the last, like since Collision started. Frankly, Where I thought mm. actually, I've, I've really, I've got back into Samoa Joe. He didn't feel like the kind of shadow of himself that we'd seen for quite a long time. But I thought the match was, you know, the Terry Funk step over toe hole stuff just seemed to be lost on people mm. there as well. The Terry Funk tribute there that seemed to be lost. The whole idea of. um you know the the Pepsi plunge off the top was fucking great. I didn't see that coming at all. I don't think most people would have expected that. A
0: Pepsi plunge for the eighty thousand people. Like I know
1: this is one for the sickos. I'll get into it in a minute. Go on. But it was. But I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it because it was. It it was just a good, like kind of stiff. Felt like two lads who knew each other go out there like, laying into each other as well. I mean, the spot where he sort of swung him into the commentary table as well, that, like, it fucking... Oh, amazing, that, amazing. Oh, That was cracking on there, uh, there as well. And, like I said, I think the crowd being so hyped for this, and this is going to be, like, again, the common theme of matches, I think, on their own, on a standard AEW pay-per-view, in front of, say, 10,000 in the States. We're not going to think of them this way, but you've got a crowd like this who are going to be up for everything. It just elevated it. And I didn't think Joe lost anything from it in the mix. If anything, I think Joe gained, like, from this in terms of, like, what his AEW run could end up being as a result, particularly if, if Punk's not going to be around for a few weeks. I think there's, you know, I'll, I'll reiterate yeah. that point. But, yeah, I, I'm i with you. I really enjoy this. I'll probably go, match rating-wise, probably go, I'm going to say four stars because mm. I think, he, you know, it didn't probably have that kind of epic nature to it as much as anything, but it was definitely one of my matches of the weekend. Yeah. What did you think, Matt? I know you're uh, anti, uh,
0: anti-Joe in general.
2: No, <laughs> you, you know, know what? Guy. Seriously, like it was two veterans who knew what they were doing. And I loved it. I Honestly, I think they put it on at the beginning as well. The first match helped everyone. Joe... In the reaction, like everyone said, was having the time was his life. We were saying that watching it. He was having such a great time. He was smirking all the way through the match. Obviously, with what happened, we didn't know backstage as well. But these two went in there and like I just said, Two veterans, you had that spot with the commentary table, bit of juice uh, for the occasion as well from Phil. Mm-hmm. You're saying the, the Terry Funk stuff got lost, the Terry Belayer stuff didn't get lost, JP, because oh, that nice. when he hit the two scene at shoulder tackles and the spin and slam, and I went for the five knuckle, but then the Hogan thing, the place was hating him. The pocket behind me, where there was a couple of CM Punk, but he was getting fucking booed to hell. And it was one of them for me with punk. I always like we have a go with you, Benno, back and forth about him. And as I know you're a fan, but when his music hit, just that realization that I hadn't seen him in over a decade live, obviously since the WWE like live shows. And I was going ballistic, Beno, when I hear culture personality. I was going wild film present stuff like that. Really enjoyed this. And as you're gonna go into for the uh, you and Jamesy and the likes, you've got to finish your story with that Pepsi plums. Off the top, <laughs>
0: <didn't you? laughs> it was one at. Uh... I'd have to take selfishly because I think you know, if I'm being honest with all our criticism of the build, like, yeah, you have we and you know, I think we shocked some people like calling a spade with a spade with it. It was an odd match to book for your biggest show ever, especially considering they would just done it on TV, especially considering you know, Joe's you know, slot in AW obviously you know massively over with the uk fans and a a segment of the audience but it was just a an odd one to do was that the punk match we all kind of expected going in but i think as the show got closer especially the day of it was like you know what though like i'm just going to be selfish and i'm just going to enjoy it because it's for me this match and it was it absolutely was like Mm. Everything about it, you say, get Joe out there, even like get an OVA chance going, like, like again, like it was 2004, 2005, Ring of Honor, or even the Coventry Star, Sky Dome where they had the much ver- worse version of uh, of this match, the the forgotten original Joe Punk Four, and um, that I was uh, also. Uh, also live up, but yeah, all of those callbacks, like the great spot, you know, the, with uh, Joe trying to walk out the way of the dive, and Punk catching with a Rana, only to get the uh, the walk away from the dive when he uh, when he did the uh, the springboard to the outside. All of that stuff was great. Joe's aggression was great, like you say, into that that table spot, which was massively memorable. The blood on Punk and just how much Punk was living her up and loving it, like you would have here with the booze in the stadium, aggressive or playing along. Bit of both. I was I was a little bit shocked with how prevalent the booze were when he came out. It's kind yeah. of like he's such a big star, I kind of thought it'd be a bit more split than it was. I would say it was more 70-30 than it was, yeah. you know, anything any any lesser than uh than that. Obviously I was part of the 30 cheering on for uh for punk as well, but he's a this is this is what we're gonna lose if he goes. Like yeah. he's a pig in shit when he gets these heel reactions. And there's people out there who Don't think that's what he's going for or think it's like Cena, which is why he's doing those Cena spots. But this is what he's going for and Presumably, the, the long-term plan is for him to eventually fucking turn Ill. Um Although, you know, the other long-term plan appeared to be a, a match with MJF, which is uh, clearly not happening anytime soon either, based on the uh, on the TV. But no, it was it was uh, it wasn't just a you know the greatest hits for the sickos like me me and Jamesy uh, in the crowd. It was all those little things you talked about talked about there. The pacing of it was spot on. Again, yeah. two veterans who you yeah. out to pace a match for an arena crowd and you know even though it only went 13 14 minutes it was you know at a slightly labored place that allowed the crowd to go along with it you could there are times i think when you're there live at shows you don't fully digest the story being told in a match they made it for a big stadium crowd very clear what the story was as you know punk was getting laid out by joe and then he managed to managed to come back and he was just the only knock on the match would probably be the Hogan spot that like you mentioned there, Matty. Yeah. I didn't love when Joe did the full Hulk up. I was like, what? what are we doing now? We're <laughs> doing tributes to Terry. Like, what are we doing? Like, that was too much. Felt like they came up with that on the fly in the match. I was like, oh, yeah, maybe don't do that. Maybe for you know for the story that they were telling with you know like we're going going through there. Maybe the finish came a little bit out of nowhere. But again, that was something for the sickos. Like it was always a thing with their big matches if Punk just hit the Pepsi Plunge, he was going to win, as we talked yeah. about when we did the uh, the mixtape episodes. And there were a couple of times where he came close in their matches. And it was almost like, well, if you were going to have one last match between the two of them, again, I would like to scrub the Owen Hart one from uh, existence. Let's pretend that didn't happen. Punk finally hitting the Pepsi Plunge and being able to capitalize it on pin him would be the way you would end this story. And like, yeah, I've got to say I can understand criticism for doing ROH Law in front of uh, 80,000 people. But for me, at the biggest show I'll ever go to, getting to see ROH Law was fucking great. So, you know, I'll tell you, take it as a selfish win. And I think a lot of people would say, as JP said, you know, that it was a lot of people's best match of the show. And I would go... I've seen, like, some 4.75s and stuff up there. I think I'd still wow. go, like... Yeah, I'd go about 4.25, uh, maybe 4.5. If, mm. if, you, if you'd if you asked me in the arena, I'd have said 4.5, watching yeah. it back on tape, I was like, oh well, maybe I got a little bit obviously swept up to it. Maybe I shouldn't have watched it back on tape. Maybe I went to, to 4.25, maybe just because of the uh, the brevity of it and maybe that Joe Hulk up spot was the uh, the only negative I could say. But all in all, it was just fucking great. It was, it was a little bit odd to see it as an opener. I kind of did, did think, like... People were still kind of still arriving at that point because it's you've got to get so many people from the stadium. You would have thought this would be a match you would hold off for, you know, when it gets to night time and it's later. Um, But I think maybe the decision was paid off, and it wouldn't be car placement that I would do. Um And obviously, it caused a bit of the backstage drama. But I think as far if you want to talk about a car goes, it was a great way to start, and it kind of showed the uh, the rest of the car there how these things are done.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think this is. Uh, I mean. And if it's the last time we see, it, well, we got our fun, and Chicago has to miss out again. Mm. To quote Jack Perry, "Crimea River."
0: <laughs> that will be the uh, the outro. So nailed on. Um. <laughs> Not hardcore oh. country. And now, I'm, now I've worried about that. Now I'm back to I just want him to come back. I don't care. You know what? Fire Miro as well. I'm not asked. You know, you keep, keep Phil around. Like, Two colours are coming out now. Ben, well, like him, it. anyone who tries to fight with yeah. him, sack them instead. I like you know, that. I it. like it. I'm trying to be a balanced podcaster here, Matt, <laughs> and not be like one of those uh, those weirdo elite fans. But yeah. he's just, he, he's all he's worthy of the praise because he is one of the best wrestlers that have ever existed. But he's also worthy of the criticism he gets. That's yeah. You know, as reasonable adults, we've got to land on CM Phil. But yeah, from there as the up things backstage and uh, a mirror and punk uh, were offering there one outside on the street, like a couple of lads in a, in a pub in Preston on a Friday night. Uh, we then went to the uh, the second match, um, on the show, um, which was the uh, the golden elite, um, against Bull Club Gold. Um, first up, and I think it's a, it's a positive of, of the entire night, JP. The entrances, um, I think they. <laughs> you talk about Wrestlemania Field they nailed the Wrestlemania Field with a, a lot of these entrances and yeah. I like think one for you Matty a lot of the wrestlers had their Wrestlemania gear on oh you know, yeah was, I was loving that everyone was, was loving it. the nines yeah. for this like Bullock Club Go looked amazing I watched that entrance back on yeah. tape because I love we haven't mentioned it the tunnel I love that video oh. yeah I love different. it yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember them doing something like that for the Super Bowl Um, I'm sure I've seen like uh live like performances with that and um, but like it looked fucking brilliant and they look like gigantic, and they made sure as well your boy Jay White at the back. Matt, he looked like yeah. anything, all in you know, white. Oh, no, no. uh, shredded as well. Yeah. He'd been on a juice cleanse like me. That was great. <laughs> he was uh...
2: it's not as shredded as <laughs> you, Ben. Come on,
0: <laughs> <laughs> he was looking great, though, wasn't he? Oh. That was damn- that was brilliant. I love the guns with them as well. I think it's a stable, yeah, a, stable, uh, yeah, it's
2: a good account. act as well. What I've seen, you it might not to put act.
0: together, but it's a great act. It yeah, really it is. is. Maybe when Jay gets a bit more serious, and gets towards the top of the card. You maybe want to not do so much of the tone game, it down too. a bit, yeah. But it's so entertaining, isn't it? I thought they looked like stars, and then yeah, the lads came there, uh, came out after it as well. Like speaking of stars, JP, you know, I thought uh, Kozo Ibushi got a decent response. Hangman Page. You know, we can talk about, um, I think, even in acknowledging what a great time we had. I don't think anyone with a straight face can tell me this was the, uh, once you come out of this match, the uh, the best use of Hangman Page. He was a little bit, little bit lost in the shuffle, but I think the biggest thing you could say about these entrances, JP, was Kenny Omega. When he came <laughs> out, like, probably the number, if it wasn't the number one pop of the night, the two or three of the night, like, if you, you were in no doubt going into this match that this was, you know, possibly the biggest star in AEW. And he looked just, yeah, like a million bucks coming out. And yeah, I don't know if we really want to get into the argument whether this should be a singles match, but maybe you can make that argument when you see, you know, how much he means to this fan base. Um, Did see the only negative to say on the merch, because again, they did pretty much nail the merch. A lot of people saying there weren't any uh, solo Kenny Omega t-shirt. It was Golden Elite or uh, Elite or nothing. Um, But yeah, he was treated like a a mega star here
1: on on this stage, JP. Oh, people went fucking batshit around me mm. when he came out uh, mm. as well. I mean, dwarfed everyone else in the match. He did
0: absolutely right, including Nangman
1: Page. Yeah, yeah. He felt like like people were were buzzing to see him. So mm. I'm not going to make the obvious point of imagine if he because the problem I had with this match was, and it was it was good, but this is very much a main event on Dynamite. Before you have the pay per view match the week after, that's how it kind of felt to me when the match was going on. Like, it, I think it was uh, better than that, but I'll let you talk. Just, just for was, the
0: haters, I'll say that it, I think it's it, better than that.
1: i be. It wasn't a bad match. I just mm-hmm. wasn't emotionally invested, and I think yeah, again, I can see that. and this is where the live bias kind of comes into the mix. Where I've got people who are so invested around me because it's so buzzing to see Kenny Omega mm-hmm. that you just can't can't help but go along and get kind of swept up with it as well, and. I have to say, just a, I know it's going to. You talk about the entrances, that Don Callis just white noise theme <laughs> that he has. If you can call G- really it that as well, is fucking brilliant. JP. It is genuinely brilliant, and I think Takeshita looked looked great as yeah. well. Like I'd be enthusiastic for their singles match. Like that should have really been happening here, but.
2: I'd have that next to the writer center theme on a there just a the fucking double double <laughs> CD there like because that
0: <laughs> you'd never play it though whether you'd never listen to no. it
1: <laughs> you couldn't unless you just wanted to people to leave the room <laughs> like this is the kind of music you put yeah, on.
0: people if they come down the house or Like, The time I
1: was at a party and I put on Chaz and Dave and people just fucking left the room and didn't want to know <laughs> it at all. But like, I, but I think like as a match it was very much like it felt like a kind of a lot of the greatest hits. What I did like about it was again talking about Jay White. And we've obviously been very critical of when he was in New Japan as like the kind of top guy about but his positioning and knowing, and this is the thing he's kind of proven in this, particularly this collision run, just his ring sense and ring awareness of being in the right place at the right time in order to be and and his adaptability, I think was just like kind of outstanding as well. Do you
0: correct corrected course on Jay Wise, it feels like? like he's still not where maybe I would you'd bring him in, in your promotion. I think that first month, you know, should just be forgotten um of how they used him. But he's becoming he is he's coming across more like a star, more collision has been a godsend for him. Like, yeah, he's gonna he could mean event next year's Wembley. I'm not, you know, uh, that should probably be, be a given considering where he came from from new Japan, but it wasn't a given based on that first month of, uh, oh. of a W appearances. And yeah, like you can see it now. Like they're getting it right with him right now.
1: Him as a heel versus AN for a title on a full gear, I'd be completely mm. down with that. Ooh, that Wrestle Dream pay per view that they're going to be doing soon enough as well. I'll can, say can, about. Can
0: I take Liam's comments? Can I? Can I take it? Because yes, you're absolutely right. Yes, Kota Ibushi. If you hadn't seen Kota Ibushi in New Japan before in your life, you would think this. you Just think, he's a bit shit. He's. Is this still Kota Ibushi? Like, is he the try? I saw a tweet about that. They're trying to tell the story. of Kenny Omega being like, oh, has he still got it? But telling that in real life about Kota Rabushi, he looked awful. Like even just from watching from yeah. the stands, like you could see he was out of place. He was in the way a couple of times of other people's spots. His spots didn't look good. Like the moonsault one he did with Kenny, he fluffed again. He doesn't look like the same human being. He doesn't. I I'm controversial. I wasn't worthy of the spot. Like I, I think your law merchants will tell you there was a load of story going on here. They didn't tell you of it. I heard there were going to be, like, you know, looks between the two, between Hangman Page, and he was going to stand and look conflicted between Kenny and Abushi and oh we were all going to take in the story. He didn't do any of that. It didn't happen on screen. It happened in your fucking head and in your Tumblr blog. Like, it wasn't there, and yes, you could justify Kota Nabushi being there if that's the lore story you're telling, but as far as, like, what he brings to the table, I don't think he belonged in there in Wembley. Like, he just he looked completely off the pace again didn't make up for the uh the you know the uh blood and guts appearance and he stood out as the clear sixth worst, worst wrestler in the match and i know i'm talking about kota Ibushi. i know you know i saw him go back and forth with jay white that was like a nice little uh mirage in this match where that looked that looked quite good and reminded me of the five-star wrestler kota Ibushi absolutely is and was in his pomp but not right now not with the performances again no. um and it's uh it's a vanity pick in getting these spots. It's a vanity yeah. pick in getting to team up with Kenny and B here. It's not something that's been earned from the TV or not something that's earned based on, you know, however he is within AW. despite what we all know about him as a as a legend uh, in Japan, in New Japan and DDT. But yeah, I think he really dragged the match down. Um, and I'm saying that about him and not Juice Robinson. He's usually the one I put on <laughs> in, the, in these spots. That's us all, wasn't it? Like, I, again, and I say that still, probably being higher than you two on the matches and overall it was a really good finishing stretch the finish itself was set up for all out which we can we can kind of knock but you know it was a really good version of one of these matches because kota Ibushi aside all these wrestlers you know and including him in, in certain spots are, are fantastic so you know they gave you a fantastic standalone match it just you know yeah those criticisms do still stand Matt.
2: Yeah, I'm more leaning towards JP. I, it was good, as you say, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't like at all memorable. As you say, from a booking standpoint, the finish was good to lead to the singles match. They nailed that aspect, and even
0: being biased against. Where's that mate? Is that the 150,000 seater in Chicago? <laughs> no, no. But if we're talking on, strictly right. <laughs>
2: booking, to say, it, of course, it should be the other way around or whatever. Yeah, But, you know. You know it from a book technical standpoint, he did get it. Kenny getting the yeah, get it in and getting it for the next show. We, we all agree that it should have been whatever, but this was the first time boys been back like the tears come out. Benno, when Kenny came out, I, I, I was gone. This was like I loved seeing him as you know, what you just said. Everyone in the stadium, I was thinking like the biggest mega star going. I absolutely love seeing him live, but as once again, what, what you said, especially. In VJ White, it should
0: have just been that for me at Wembley. and I, went, yeah, I was thinking that. All that. Day long, With six all day weeks long. worth of build, you imagine. tell You know what? Yeah. Imagine this. They cut promos on each other and tell you why they don't like each other over a long period of the time. And story, and... they? Yeah, they have got well, it. Yeah, yeah in the bad, past, I want to do a story in this promotion. I want to use six weeks worth of telly yes. to give me reasons why they hate each other in this fucking world. <laughs> How about that, eh? I get angry, but I agree. Like I would love to right. because yeah, that. Hundred percent.
1: Right. Yeah, it's true because I mean, so much of this relies on stuff that happened in another promotion five years ago, as well. I, I would just even say him and Takeshita because I think Takeshita would have is so good in ring wise that even if Brilliant. he'd had that match here and saved the J White one for a, like because that's a story you need to kind of they could have just told that there and then do something with like this kind of six man at, leading to then a singles match with Jay White down further on, on the line on a pay-per-view. But, mm. ah, I mean, I'm, I'm just sort of pissing into the wind. You can
0: book it however you want, folks. You could have done the... Sing- you could have done the cash the match here, and like you say, there could have been... If you can't do two Kenny singles matches two weeks in a row, because he's so fucking half-broken and whatever. Yeah, I'm sympathetic to that. Do the six-man at, at Chicago, whatever. You know, they the other pay-per-views are sell for next week. So, it is what it is. Um, But, I, 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 I say all that with... You know the caveat. I'm, I mean, what's your star rating on the match? Like, where would you go on it? I would three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. Just it wasn't. Yeah, just three. Um, I go three point seven five. I was close, well, close to four. I do think there was some really, really good stuff. Like in the in the tail end of this, it really built well. I've seen people go way way higher than that, but again, maybe it's That's a lack a of shocker. investments. You know. Uh, well, yeah, you're gonna get that. The elite
2: um, guy, the elite fans. know did- oh, you're alluding too, surely? There.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. Again, you can't look at this match and tell me that was the best used to hangman page. Like somebody said he hasn't had a singles match since what January? Um in AEW. Like, <laughs> yeah, real? apparently. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's where we are. With, oh, you know, this I point. can't be yeah. real. Fucking <laughs> Hopefully, I haven't just made that up. Somebody check. Um <laughs> I'll delete it off the podcast if I'm wrong. Um, it's been a long weekend. But like <laughs> I mean, it says Everton, doesn't it? He's not. You know he wasn't he wasn't really a factor on this show. He he made up. They needed the elite guys to do a multi multi man for Kenny to 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 not give not do the singles match or whatever the logistics was. And yeah, Howman Page suffered the thing. I think Moxley's the other candidate for you know uh, probably worst use on this show, but Howman Page is up there with Kenny, isn't he? Yeah. Like he did get a good response here, but he got a response worthy of somebody who yeah hasn't really been featured on TV. Who hasn't you know. Since the uh, it would have been Revolution at the start of the year, obviously since that, like, not hasn't really been around, has he? You know, weeks go by and you don't see Hangman Page on TV, and then when he is there, he's in the background of of all of uh, all of this stuff. Um So yeah, I might have exaggerated it. Revolution was the last time we saw him against Moxley. That was that was the fifth of March. Oh, the it Texas Deathmatch was that. It is <laughs> September in two days. So yeah, yeah, That's Hangman Page in AW right now. Wild that uh, wild bollocks, mm. isn't it? Mm. <laughs> well, anyway, there we go. Bet- yeah. you, yeah, a couple of ratings in there. Benno special of 3.75. Yeah, f- fair enough. Um, but there we go. That's that, and that's about as much time as, uh, as that match deserved. The good one for the house.
1: Um, yeah, just say, um, the Crown my main event, like I said earlier on. Yeah, I do, do, it, really. Good, a great
0: road to tag. Uh, yeah. It was probably uh, what we got there That uh, yeah, people would be putting in the notebooks But wouldn't really mean anything by the time The real show came around From there, again, strange car placements FTR versus the Young books. Uh, and came up next, again, it was like all of the stuff uh, That I was really interested in Or really into just finding out you know What it was going to look like, uh, the Kenny match particularly All felt like it was coming early um, On this pay-per-view, Adam Did
2: I had the same feeling, Ben, you know, it's The first four or five I couldn't believe it, yeah Couldn't believe mm. the placements
0: this one, I think I'm gonna be if if I was maybe slightly higher than you on that one, I think I'm gonna be slightly lower than the consensus on this one. I didn't want to give an opinion on it, to be honest. People were asking me about it, and it was like it felt like one of those matches where I was like, am I just wrong? You know, sat whatever sat in the stadium, it didn't fully grab me. There were it was obvious what they were doing. Um saying that wasn't that obvious based on the entrances. What the fuck were the books doing with that? Ridiculous super kicks gonna knock you out thing that dreadful, everyone was just dreadful, I confused by. Uh, I, I feel like I mean I want to make an over a sweeping statement like we did about Hangman Page there JP on overness because does ha- the books were way down there as far as like most over acts on this yeah. show like they were in the lower mid cards kind of region I would say as far as nowhere near the acclaimed came out nowhere, nowhere near. near that's yeah. interesting isn't it and then maybe it was partly the music maybe it's partly it again, didn't, it didn't help. help. If right. Hangman Page stands in the background a lot, the books, you know, they've just been in the background of, you know, big elite feuds or whatever it is. They've not been themselves for a while, and yeah, I think they're. I don't know. It's a combination of things. There's, I think, the build for a match that didn't really need that much build. I think the build they did do was done badly. Um, I think the that sit down that we didn't get a chance to talk about last week was horrendous. Um, bringing up YouTube videos from five years ago, like, you know, like anyone cares at this point? Oh, is that what FTR means. So. Like, maybe it's an offhand reference, but there should be more and there wasn't more. And, the, you know, the books were terrible. And un- I know they were leaning into the heel aspect of the characters, which might be another reason why their overness is all over the place, because are the faces are the heels. Who knows in every given mo- moment? All I know is that they're thoroughly unlikable when they go into that mode. FTR went much more likable because they were arguing about the fucking YouTube videos. And then the match came, and for a match that should have natural stakes... It didn't feel like it had many. Didn't feel like the books really cared about the tag belts. I don't think that was really very well emphasized in the build. And then, I, yeah, I might be on an island with the match, but it just felt like they were going through. You could see what they were doing with some of the spots, you know, the Northern Lights kind of stuff that were going into the Germans that lasted oh. about 10 minutes with it. That done me in that Jack bit. And that uh, Jax yeah. was absolutely sandbagging, by the way. Like, I don't know what, are you, yeah. what was going on there, but he wasn't helping the situation. I could see what they were doing. I could see the references they were plotting. I could see like the epic tag spots they were setting up with all that like the mirror spots and all the throwbacks and all of that stuff. But it just felt worked at it like if, if Punk and Joe was worked in a slightly slower pace in a positive sense, I thought this was in a negative sense. It felt like a slow 20 minutes for me and just didn't get going to the level of the previous two matches. And I just didn't love it at the end of the day. I'm not saying it was bad. I'd still go three three and a half on it, but I really expected to go higher on this um, and even watching back on tape didn't really change my mind it, uh, on it, on a JP. I'll
1: be interested to see this again on tape because I'm kind of similar to you. I'm probably going to go 3.75. I, think, higher than me. mm. I mean, and that's because there's bits of it I enjoyed. And again, mm-hmm. watching it with a non fan who it was kind of like, cause there was stuff in the finishing stretches and some of the near falls that were, that, that were genuinely good. I thought, mm-hmm. and, I, and I wasn't, and still, the result of it was necessarily in doubt. But I'm kind of with you about the Bucks because a lot of this build kind of summed them up. It's a build built. It's a build built about passive aggressive snarkiness, mm. and that's kind of all they are. And if mm. that doesn't appeal to you, then I don't like. It, and it doesn't appeal to me at all. It, it just feels like they're half arsing it as much mm. as anything else, and it's and it's tedious now. And I think that's where I kind of am with them as characters. And I felt this way for like a really, really long time about the Bucks and thinking we said for a while ago and their contracts were coming up. It was like, they should go because they're never going to know what it's like in WWE. There still would have been the Usos match and stuff like that. There would have been things possibly that like of some kind of interest, but they just look really deflated. And I don't know whether or not that's because they've hit their level before. And let's face it. It's, it's, much as i dislike that aspect of the elite they were for a really long time the best tag team in the world when there was no one else around like and it that cannot be understated but i'm tired of it like it, i'm tired of it because it feels like there's a general lack of enthusiasm from them there's like a real lack of personality which in a stadium show you kind of need to shine through and they didn't shine through in a venue like that. There are other people who felt more naturally suited to that kind of a big stage. I was surprised by the result. I mean, I think with all of the talk with Cash Wheeler and the gun and everything else like that and his arrest, whether or not it would be an easy thing to take the belts off them. Um, But they didn't. And what, we are going to get them going heel? Are they going to go proper heel? Are we just going to end up with more confused elite stuff? Are we going to effectively end up with a rematch of, I don't know, the Golden Lovers versus the Bucks? Or the um, Kenny and Hangman again versus the Bucks. Is this the circles where they're going to go into where they have to be press ganged into having a match against the champions? Like it feels like against their will because they'd sooner be doing other stuff. And it's like, well, why are you there, lads? And that's kind of how I felt. Like I, I enjoyed like the other two matches that they had much more than this. And it probably didn't help as well that their streamers went onto the big screens and they were a fucking distraction. And
2: in like the, well, girders, the shape, people got all stuck. And on the girders, yeah. <laughs> and it just
1: was there. And I just thought, well, that must be really pissing some people off. But yeah, it, it was afterwards. I just sort of felt like I had more questions and answers, and not in a good way either. Not all, where's this story going next? I just thought, Bucks didn't shake their hands. whatever, why, what's the reason for this, like this feels like it's a heel turn, possibly for the sake of a heel turn, which is a suggestion that as a company they don't know really what to do with them, but I don't think they know what to do with them at that point, they just it looks to me, they look very, very lacklustre, that's what I would say, and FTR and we've seen FTR have enough good matches on collision, I think for them not to be tarred with the same brush seen them have enough and doing enough enjoyable work, but, like, another match between them on here, it it didn't feel like a matchup between the two best tag teams in the 2010s going into the 2020s. It didn't feel like that. Instead, it was, it was a match where two people had a gun against their head in order to come out, pardon the pun, and I don't think it was Cash Wheeler who put the gun against their heads either in order to have it, but yeah, so I I go 3.75 because, They are good wrestlers. And as we've said a lot, they're good wrestlers who are capable of having good wrestling matches. But yeah, as Andy says here in the chat, that trio shite has hurt them and it it has hurt them loads and it's made them. It feels like it's just quite lazy self-referential stuff from them. JP, you're saying
2: you're sick of it, but there's another three or four years worth coming, isn't it? Obviously with them signing up, as you say. So (laughs) what what are they going to do? Like, as you say there, but I thought, to be honest, I was, I was leaning towards four here because I did think that last 10 minutes, uh, boys, were it got me like the, the shatter machine when um, mm. Jackson kicked out, and then when uh, that was and the beat, yeah. yeah they were really really good, like and the fans bit on them as well. They were really well done, so that proper wrote me in completely, but that. That Northern Lights and German, like, 80-minute spot in the middle literally <laughs> killed me. No, I would turn to the lads and was going, what the fuck are they doing here? <laughs> it was just so convoluted. <laughs> and actually, the sandbag didn't help like, but wow. Mm. Yeah, but I did. I thought it turned out a good match, and obviously you're not interested JP, in the and uh, turning down the shake of the hands, but what will that lead to? And that's coming up. What like lead the hug.
1: Mate, it'll it's lead to some snarky BTE skits that none of us <laughs> will ever watch.
2: But like we were we probably uh, say I, at the end, and sorry, Ben, I was more, you're going to ask us at the end. Is like, we all had a great time and all that, but are we interested in seeing what happens on TV for most of this stuff coming out of the pay-per-view? It, 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 it's a strange one, like.
0: Did you care who won? Did anyone, really?
1: did, did, no, they, did I
2: it, thought that would win, to be honest, but yeah, it went not like a big, like, Oh Yeah, it wasn't like that for me at all.
1: I feel like a dream match there either. Just no. down on the floor as well. It didn't have... Which I was surprised, because to... I wouldn't expect... It. I, I did,
0: like, you know, JP's obviously got strong thoughts on the books. I mostly agree. I maybe don't feel as strong as you, JP, but I do, you know, I do, I do agree. But even me going in, I was like, people asked us on the on the day, I was like, there's no way this can be bad. This is going to be great, you know? And it was this is always one of the two matches, you know, we'd push, push back on ourselves on and go, maybe we're not excited about this show, but this is going to be great regardless. And it was good. You could even talk me into, like you said, Matty, with the, the end sequence into maybe a 3.75, but I felt closer to 3.5 on it live in the building and kind of felt that way coming out of it. And that's still a good match, but it's not the level like I, I expected, like out of these lads there. It just wasn't there. I, I pushed back on the, on, the, on the handshake thing. I think. How many, and I, didn't, I didn't like House of Black, you know, handing the belts over to a claim later in the night that you're supposed to be suit spooky goth guys while you're showing sportsmanship. Like, I would rather there be a bit announced there. I'd rather, you know, them not end this with a hug um, if you are going to do more matches in future. But, I suppose the question is whether I want to see one match i not sure. Not sure coming out of this. Uh, but the books just feel stuck in, t- last point on them, stuck in 2017, 2018. You know, they haven't really changed the look. They haven't changed the rack. And they were known for, you know, for that, for, for you know, freshening themselves up and being current. And that's why they, you know, they galvanized things to create all in in, in 2018. They kind of just been in stasis since then, haven't they? Um, and they're in desperate need of a fresh coat of paint. But as you said, Matty, we're probably going to get four more years of them now without that, that fresh coat of paint. <laughs> coat of paint. Yeah. Um, but again, I think most people seem to enjoy it more to the level of you're your saying, Matty, and Will did as well. And I think for a lot of people, this was the second or best match of the weekend. And um, people loved the, you know, the, the, the referential spot you in there saying he go four and a half on it. Um, so. You yeah, know, not hundred percent sure that represents. I think
1: you're maybe maybe closer
0: match to the uh, the overall consensus.
2: Yeah, four stars definitely for me, definitely. Mm-hmm.
1: It, it, and then Will mentions here about hoping for FTR Aussie Open. That would have been a better match because at least Aussie Open the enthusiasm would be there. And I think that's the thing that I'm not seeing from the Bucks is actual enthusiasm and drive. It feels like they feel like they've made it and they they get good money and they're comfortable with that. But that doesn't make for good, that doesn't make for entertaining wrestling. And if they could just get their fingers out of their asses and just like,
0: grind. well, if this doesn't do it. I don't know what I will, but that tag division, I genuinely don't. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll move on um, to to other stuff uh, going on in the as To a match that I actually did end up, and I've seen again. I think I'm on the other end of like consensus on this. Um, the Stadium Stampede match. I I I think I almost liked this more at home than I did watching it on tape. But I still enjoyed it on tape as well. Um, I, it wasn't, let, let's all be clear, it wasn't Stadium Stampede. It wasn't even Araki in the arena, really, was it? I think as soon as uh, the Blackpool Combat Club made their entrances, with the uh, this was another Mania entrance, uh, Matty, with the, uh, the matching yeah. there, uh, Morrissey jackets, they were looking, uh, looking at the sunglasses, to hand. Sunglasses. Uh, sunglasses yeah. Yeah. I think I might have called Santana and Ortiz even making some eye contact. So that was nice as well, you know. Yes. Uh, Mike Santana. Uh, Mike (laughs) Santana, Mike Mike is going forward, JB. Just Mike going forward, no Santana in sight.
1: He's a unit now, isn't he? Oh, aye, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, aye. Vibes of it offset and quavo there, but I won't go over that again. But like, they uh, they clearly are not. If you just follow their Instagram or Twitter, they're not even like, like Santana won't retweet a tweet that says the word ortiz in it. That's that's the level of uh, where they are right now. But I thought they were good additions to the match, and um, we got a chance to talk about that. Um, thought they were very good, Nick. Best friends got an amazing reaction. Um, you know, you, you had to have Orange Cassidy featured there somewhere on this card. I was so happy to see uh, Eddie Kingston get the reaction he got in this match. Like, you know, kind of showed again the the counterpoint would be well, Moxley and Kingston probably should have had their match here. You know, if you would have been able to time things properly, maybe the G1 got in the way. Maybe that's not a a valid excuse. Who knows? But uh, I did think uh, it was uh, lovely to see Eddie Kingston get such a loud reaction from 80,000 people. Also, Pentagon was in the match. Um, But yeah. Fun
1: is to the way get changed, mate, didn't he? <laughs> hey.
2: What was that all about? That, that and guy's going to
1: find the and wrong letter. He is not, shit you on. That, that is not That is not law. They or... have.
0: That is not law. They have built up uh, that he that he has this alternate character in red, that, or at least law that anyone actually cares about. Um,
2: is he meant yeah. to be more like Arther or supernatural or something when he's all in red? No, he wears red, mate.
0: Is that also this? Yeah, was red, basically. And uh, Abrahentus gets his Dracula cape on, and there you go. You're set <laughs> up. Um, but yeah, I love the Sioux spots. I feel I was slow on the uptake on the Sioux spots. I didn't realize, like, I was like, What's oh, the lovely. car like, coming to into the venue I, I got a little bit worried to be honest. I was like, really? What's going on?
2: <laughs> we had to go channel for Sue when it was like, when, when I
0: heard that everyone else got onto it before me. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I'm a fucking idiot now. I get what that is. Because <laughs> I'd we had actually seen outside the wrestler hotel Trenton Sue going for a walk, and she was uh she was doing like the mum thing, she was marveling about how lovely everything was. I was like, just walk a little bit further down that road. would love to get to brent you'll see how uh how lovely it really is but uh (laughs) (laughs) that was a that was a fun spot as well um maybe i shouldn't be saying fun match jp about a match with eddie kingston and uh and moxley in it but you know this is why i think a battle royal would have been good on this show you know people got to pop for a lot of different entrances this is the positives of doing multi-mans people got to see a lot of the characters that they like and there were some fun, memorable spots in there but you know Maybe a popcorn match compared to what you could have got with a real substance, with a, with a moxley on a show this big. But, you know, watching it back, up. I, I enjoyed it and probably more than the tag match. It,
1: it did feel, I enjoyed it. And again, enjoyed it probably because I was watching it there with a non-fan who's like, what the fuck? This is crazy. And you kind of get into it in that way. I mean, it's just, I was spending a lot of time watching this on the TV. Because I mean, while they were in the ring, it was people were stood up and trying to walk around everywhere from where they were brawling. But they were brawling on the other side to where I was. I was hoping they'd come out near us because we'd be able to mm. fucking rush over there and hopefully the security would be able to sit us all down again afterwards and just be able to stand up like it's your call. But it was fun for what it was, and it probably was a just a, it was needed something like this at this stage. Mm. Now, don't get me wrong, they kind of overdid the this was like the first of three matches, which basically had no rules set to it uh, mm. on here. But it was it was it it was fun and it was silly. There was a point where I thought Eddie Kingston is he going to do some mad dive like off the royal box onto the black fucking tarpaulin below? <laughs> I right?
2: thought that JP. I, After, I thought he'd be a spot oh,
1: I was terrified of that happening. I'm pretty sure Wheeler Yuta and Trent had a fight backstage, and we just didn't see like 10 mm. minutes. I think it came up very quickly on the TV as well. And I had a good laugh at Pentatrot climbing up the wrong side of the ladder as well fucking <laughs> that up and then that yeah, they nailed it
0: though to be fair to them. They managed to get up there and do it a second time.
1: But you're right in Abrahantes. That bloke just needs to be just go. Like he just yeah. brings it he just makes him seem so much less cool. And you know Moxley you had the spot there with the skewers and everything yeah. else and that did look like I of, love that. Yeah. Not Just for the fact that when the it board. exploded,
2: you'd had the like three or four still stuck in his head. It made for a better visual. JP, you couldn't have went any better. Yeah, like if they like obviously done it again, it went. Oh, yeah. I love this match, boys. I am honestly I thinking think- could be match of the night for me. Like I thought it was unbelievable. Someone like I'm not. I'm no best friends guy like yourself, Benno. But I thought these like Trent took a so hell of a beating in this.
0: Oh my god, he took man. some fucking they're always good in these types of matches, to be fair to them.
2: Rough ladder spots, like and like even like Chucky T there. Like me and Gareth were talking, like he's wrestled on like the smallest car, just him. Like I don't even care for just getting this moment. Yeah, See, sort the, of
0: the, awful, w- the awful waffle live that move. I fucking oh love my that god, move. yeah. See, yeah. see the, yeah. the, the awful waffle that I used to watch in Shakara tapes and think, That's, what, what the fuck is that move? Like How is he not killing people? seeing it yeah. for the 80,000 people. Nuts in it. Let's i have got
2: like an Orange Cassidy guy along with best friends, but I love the end. I, I love like where he put the glove in the glass going for the big Superman punch. Big box KS. Then with King and Moxley having their beef spearing them through the uh, the tube <sighs> or the board with the barbed wire. And him getting the pin on Cesaro, Claudio, sorry. And then just that visual of uh, King with the one finger to Moxley was just so fucking good. Brilliant. And even can't the, get the end show of it's, yeah, it's even the end of like, and once again, I'm no best friends and an Orange Cassidy guy, but, you know, they're a proper unit then. And they stuck together; hence the name "Best Friends" and stuff. But I love that shot of them going out up, up the ramp at the end, and like cast mm. did, the casty leaning on them just to get them out because he'll he'll always have his back and stuff. Honestly, yeah. I'm no big AEW guy, and as I say, Best Friends guy, but they deserved the moment. and I fucking love this match. Fucking loved it.
1: Yeah,
0: it, 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 it. I think it's the definition, JP, of a match. I wouldn't have booked, but it worked. It did so. work. It worked. It absolutely yeah. worked.
1: And like, and, and and Matty mentioned, like the, I mean, the the Eddie King, just at the end, the face he had on him.
0: Was, How good like, was it, though boys? Really honestly, it, all. it was just. I mean, my, my it's my just a shame he was... didn't come out with some petrol, didn't it? That's the one thing that really... I was expecting fire. Came when you come
2: day, out, yeah. I thought he'd have fire because it's an open stadium. I thought definitely we'll
1: see I'm, flames here. I'm wondering whether or not now. I know that there'd be talk about Eddie facing Claudio for the Ring of Honor title at like all out. I'd say that for Arthur Ashe, and have that as like a big moment there in New York. Where like he wins a world title, in inverted commas uh in there as well, and I think we're getting to Orange Cassidy Moxley because I am assuming Orange Cassidy will defend against Penta, and then we'll get him and Moxley, and that will probably be the end of what's been a cracking run. And Orange Cassidy is he's, he's fucking awesome. You can't like MVP like MVP
0: will be quietly, yeah. quietly just like a yeah continues to be um most protective proper wrestling in the company as well could have defended the belt like I enjoyed uh, steph asking Tony about that at the, the cart restaurant you are know, the international title like I think you know might have defended that internationally and Tony Khan was like oh well you know well it was easier when Pach had it because he was based in England so we could do international matches I was like well so you didn't think past Pach having the belt so like, you just <laughs> <laughs> what happened when he was going to lo- inevitably lose it like what is it then? Whatever. But anyway great um, and yeah ni- a nice scene as well and yeah this was, was one was. where some long-term roster roster members did get their uh, get their jig so it was nice to see. and uh, from there into uh, a match I think we'd have a lot less to say about the contents of uh Shida Sorega, Tony Storm and Britt Baker. Another one where I think the entrances were probably the highlight. Um I enjoyed Tony Storm um coming out to God save the, the, the queen. I don't know how that gimmick is working but it's it's working. Um I yeah, love it. got, God bless her. It's uh, she's Seemed to have actually landed on something which uh, wasn't something I would have said a few weeks ago when she first started doing it. Um, yeah, Britt Baker was over, um, everyone got to do the DMD with her. Shida, you know, w- was fine out there as well. And I think the big entrance was uh, Soraya with uh, you know, the uh, the family behind the JP. I, I had a good laugh at that. I mean, obviously, there are very uh, you know, it's a, it, it, it's a problematic booking, and you could say that are many of the people who were uh, who were stood behind her. Um, But you have got to laugh at the fucking... Yeah, the Knights are always going to... They're they're always going to land on the fucking feet, aren't they? And I did... Yeah, when I saw when I saw fucking Ricky Knight senior <laughs> and uh, Soraya senior as well coming out behind her and uh, all the, it felt like all the brothers, cousins and uncles, but really it was uh, it was Roy and Zach, wasn't it? It was Ricky Knight junior and the other one and um, that uh, that no one uh, remembers the name of. Um, Good to see Ricky Knight junior on the uh, on I... the big stage and yeah, they uh, they were given an in shape and It felt like they took a mile. They got the big entrance. Oh, yeah, they, they ran in at the end as well, but it felt like that was not planned whatsoever. Like half of them were in the ring, half of them weren't. Ricky was. A good one, Ricky stayed outside. Like we went, we went, or we were allowed to get in the ring here. I'm just going to stay here. Um, <laughs> but that's the uh, unfortunately the nights uh, for it
1: Like nice I, I had vibes of Bret Hart and the family when he fought Vince in that terrible match at WrestleMania, and then all those. Mm. but I was like, oh, fucking, all these lot are involved. PJ I mean, Night
0: is the name of the other one, apparently. There you go. Yeah.
1: Again, there's like, and I get the reasons why people would like, and people have good reasons to think yeah. like. They do come across as the most carniest of families. What I would say about the, the
0: match, right? that family, the, remember when they, what was the Les Battersby and that came into Coronation Street? That's the fucking Knights, isn't it? Um, don't kill me, but you know, <laughs> that is what they are, like, for good and for bad. Like we've all seen the documentary, we've all seen the film. That's the uh, that's the type of family this is.
1: Yeah, Florence Pugh is a lot to answer for. Um, mm. But it is, I, I did think there was a match because it was quite short, like less than nine minutes, this one. And thankfully, they didn't, it didn't fuck about. It protected Soraya in as, and it, but it, again, we get into the weird idea of her being like, I mean, she was treated like a big baby face. I mean, coming out to We Will Rock You by Queen, which God knows, oh, I didn't mention that I?
0: Fucking hell, yeah, you paid for yeah. Queen for yeah. hey, it. Like, you the
1: Bucks costume was like,
0: yeah, ready, oh, yeah, well. that was too, yeah. yeah, Jericho's, we'll get to in a bit. Yeah. I, I would say that I was a little bit off on Soraya ending up being the baby face at the end of this, but I think if you were going to get there. It was a smart spot, having Tony as a yeah. And again, the family did, probably Page took more than they should have from this spot and made it about them. But it worked as a way to make Saraya the baby face then. I think she was all over the posters for this for the reason. She was on this morning for a reason. We don't have to like it. We don't even have to necessarily think she's good or a good person based on you know some of the people she chooses to, uh, to hang about with. But she is over <laughs> and she is seen as a star and i think mm. people wanted to cheer her and they got to the cheer and it was a way to get there so i i I'm probably less charitable on the like the contents of the match but i thought that element of it and her winning i had no problem with at the end of the day i,
1: I was just gonna say one sorry mate to jump in one i actually thought the ending i was kind of fine with that finish as well of, of Britt baker trying to ask but the lock jaw in that she's ignoring what she can't see what's going on behind her, and she also can't release it to break up the pinfall yeah. from when um, um, mm. uh, uh, Soraya pins um, Tony Storm. And at least you're thinking, okay, there's a few different directions come out of this. You put Mercedes Monet into the mix. Mm. Like, I thought we might get Jade Cargill appear mm. at some stage, but, you know, we didn't get that. It's It's just that, I suppose, did you need to put the belt on... T- on on Shida in the first place, would it have been more fun just leaving on Tony Storm as champion?
0: Yeah, weird that. Wish. I suppose it justified being in the match, but I'm probably giving them more credit for thinking this through than they deserve, really. <laughs> that yeah. is the issue. Mm. Guarantee they didn't yeah. think it through. You know so what? Worst match on no, the show, though, Matt. Two point two five stars. Uh, it
2: probably but I there was a few good bits in there, like that spot when Paige had the submission and Britt Baker gave Tony Storm that stomp. I mean that she took that, that was a good flush right in the kipper. and I, like, a good I like, to yeah like ruby ruby Show. Flew in all that way just to take that ran down the aisle, took the forearm, oh. and then ran back. <laughs> you couldn't at least let her come out with Tony. There was a lot of
0: the, on the night. Yeah. There was a lot like like when we get to the, the Jericho match, with Sammy Guevara being in his corner. It's like oh, you can understand that. It. It's like okay, at least to get her to go out in front of the crowd. Yeah. Like she was worse than Nick Wayne in and out. It was just yeah. like bye. so yeah, it was weird. But I did like some
2: of the like the funny stuff where and I I did I did have a good time with it when she hit today. His mum who took a great bump off the forearm, mm. like. Just the stuff with that, like, and the comedy stuff where they were both trying to pin a uh, bit bacon early on, for some of the little stuff was well done. So, um, you know, it was what it was, and it was a short match, as you say, but I didn't think it was that offensive to be mm. honest. And yeah, but I, once again, it's another thing I'm going to say is it all like hodgepodge for the night where you give today the belt and she loses it soon because it was just that moment, and then the outcast have you have you fucked them off, or are they gonna like. Quickly make up and just just egg as a vacuum for one night, do you know what I mean. So, who knows going forward with that one?
1: But yeah, it was okay. probably got two point seven five to three. I'm probably a little bit late. I I thought for the yeah. nine minutes at least, at least stars, it didn't yeah. hang around. Yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. Two point two five for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like...
2: But you sure you weren't getting your chicken and chips when this was happening, fellow? <laughs>
0: Uh, I've watched it twice now, unfortunately. Oh, fair like, enough, uh, yeah. You've watched it back. Yeah, watched why it. I'm so low on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we went there from there, and speaking of entrances, a couple of the best entrances of the night, I would say. <sighs> uh, starting off with uh, Swerve and Christian Cage. Um, Christian's entrance was fun. Um, that was good. but the big yeah, on, the, uh, on the clock, right? Yeah, <laughs> instead of the part four, three, two, no, no. nice Christian belonged on this show. It was he like, did. you know what? Yeah. If, if this had been yeah. the story from the start, it would have made some sense. And you know, if they were organized and we would have known six weeks ago AR Fox wasn't coming out, we wouldn't have to blow up one of the greatest angles they've ever done. Um to mysteriously make AR Fox a, a baby Now that was pure that was the worst of Russo book in that Matt. Even you wouldn't be able yeah. to defend AR Fox now being a babyface who's friends with, uh, oh, you know with be- the and
3: one of the
0: that was the worst part that we have got time to cover the go yeah. home dynamite. The worst part uh, of that go home dynamite was that like I just couldn't believe it. Like, yeah. no, just undercut so many things. But he wasn't here and it could have just been christine all along because it made storyline sense with it with all out uh, next week. And thought Swerve's entrance here was like before we get to the other big entrance, which obviously we need to talk about. Swerve, it wasn't even necessarily the you know, the rap. Um that was fine, you know, was was what it was but it was just him. Like I think Prince Nana was great too. I love that he had Jimmy Rave's robe on. That was a nice call for the the sickos like me, but also a nice thing to, you know, to, to pay tribute to Jimmy Rave on, mm. on such a big stage as the, uh, the old crown jewel of the embassy, but everything Swerve was doing, just the way he looks at the crowd, the way he was like taking it all in. I'm massively on the Swerve training AW. It's a shame they're not. Shame he always gets fucking beat, um, as he would again here. But he's fucking just a star. And even, I'll even forgive the you know, the Who's House thing. I know it's a bit babyface, but like 80,000 people went for that. I think I'd seen Robert say on Twitter in the lead into this, like, don't underestimate that Swave will be a star in Wembley because he put the legwork in. He, you know, I know, I know it's not the full 80,000 people, but he was over here doing indies at times, even when it wasn't fashionable. He was in Ireland a lot. Like, he's a name over here. You love him as well, Matt. You loved him before yeah. he went to, to WWE. And, um, yeah, all that paid off. And it was a great thing to see, to see him be this over. And, yeah, like, that lad's a star. He, he is.
2: Carries himself so well. Let's just hope he gets pushed up the card and do something of value him better. And this he, was a
0: good spot, but, yeah.
2: It was. No, it was. But, like, as you say, I know he didn't get pinned. And he got, obviously got put in the coffin and, and protecting mm. that sense. But... He should be just used a lot more. He is so fucking good as well. I know some people are a bit down on his convoluted style in there as well, but... I fucking love him. I just think he should be pushed. And yet, this, you know, that entrance was we were all having a great time in our section. Like we were all going for it so much. Um, DJ Who kid? Does he always like, <laughs> come on He's a name from my past like that? I used to love with all the big yeah. things and stuff. Used to love all that. So I was I was for it.
1: Him and Nana dancing as well. Like and this is yeah. the point I stood up in the show. Like I'd gone and stood up behind where one of the crane cams was, like so I could just sort of stand there and 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 watch it. So I had a lot more fun watching.
2: <laughs> yeah, stuff. me main man Liam knows who, who kid was a legend. He was a legend at that oh. game. Hmm.
0: Sting's entrance though. Oh, oh yeah. man, like lost you gotta me pay mind. for anything. Yes, yeah, I lost me mind. Seek and destroy. Like we all remember <laughs> when he used that in the in WCW. This was proper goosebumps match. Like this yeah. was like say i was up in the gods kind of just looking down and you can just see all of like the phones out it's gone dark at this point as well yes. which yes yeah, you couldn't put sting and derby alien in the night they no had no chance to, yeah it's like Undertaker back in the day and it they yeah. have to be here and they came out and just like oh we had the little um what you call it the uh the intro that the Jack the Ripper thing the oh, uh, it was
2: hilarious thing in the time I, like, no, I love
3: that i
0: loved <laughs> really I
3: love
1: does he really want to be replicating Jack the Ripper? I know. It's Yannstone, like, you know. they run Ellen's Road, is he going to turn up with a big beard wearing a wedding suit and being a tracker on the side as Peter Stingcliffe? Like, uh, <laughs> like
3: um,
0: that was, was when my,
1: my mind immediately went. To Peter <laughs> which says more about me, I think, than anything else.
0: But, like, when Secret Destroy hit, like you said, Matt, just chills, just chills. Like, this was a... <laughs> This is a proper star. Punk felt like it earlier in the night. Yeah. Here's another one. This is a mega star in Sting or at least in in this world and yeah I just, I was just sat there just soaking it in, just enjoying it. Like that was the one of the highlights of the night. this seeing Sting at the, in this at this stage. Like <laughs> and by the way when I did see him knocking around Wembley Park Looked amazing, him and his son. He had, this, he had like, a, like a a blue underarm, a top on, like bright blue, tans. You know, people yeah. say he looks young because he's got the face base. No, he looks good in real life too. He was lovely to everyone who stopped him, anyone who wants to picture with him. He was uh, he was taking it. Lovely man. Um, oh, and yeah, sixty. great to see him still knocking around and being willing to do this. Like it's the coolest yeah. fucking thing.
3: You have
2: to do it. So, he, he, we're so he, lucky
0: we got to see this, isn't it? Like that's, uh, oh. you feel a privilege.
2: I had my phone out ready for when I seen the little video. And I must have had a preconceived thing that this was going to happen. I, I, why would I... Because I'm not even a big Sting guy, but I, I do like him. But I must mm. have knew. And then soon as that hit, that music, oh, my God, I went ballistic and I filmed all all the entrance and all the music. Yeah, fucking wow. loved it so much. And, yeah, just amazing, as you say. And I, not even being big on Sting, he deserved that moment, you know, what I mean? in front of that cloud. I know he's had his mania moment, which didn't go well for him in, in the result and stuff. But this was like fitting and I and I even when I got home and watching the entrance I was showing Steph and she knows Sting and I said he's 64 and I thought you said that like, the face paint does he will even if he's 84 the face paint will still hide that but just, Steph
0: yeah. says here in the chat my steph he looked handsome he did in real life he looked Oh, handsome. fair play, play. Yeah. should be you know tell, he shouldn't
2: be doing it should he but it's just that no. drive he's got he's 64, four, as I keep saying and he's having the time of his life and fair play to him Fair play to him.
0: Yeah, there was a TNA chance as you and in the Yeah, he was. Yeah, I know. Know. Was that you?
2: I said that. I said that. I said to the lads when Christian and Sting were facing off, this is some TNA law, and then they started challenging. Uh,
1: <laughs> and I kept on thinking, I kept on thinking of the of the um, Christians running TNA Deep Cut that we did yeah, with, with totally. King uh, uh, King of the Mountain. Choice. It, it was just like, oh fucking hell, we've just seen this recently. <laughs> Another fun match, though. That's kind of what you
0: could say. And I think, you know, as much as I'm like, oh, Swerve took the fall, quote unquote. You're right to point that Yeah, he went, he went in a coffin, and he sold it so well. Like the whole thing, like his hands kind of hanging Is he out, out of and millions? then. Just, there's dreads for hanging out at the end, right? Like, was like it was
2: a rumble just... thing now, like, you know, where like someone didn't get through the rumble, technically. He hasn't yeah. lost this match technically because his hair uh, <laughs> hair's hanging out. Too. I hope, I reckon he'll revisit that. I reckon he'll say that on the next TV that he's on. Definitely.
1: Oh. Not, I'm still laughing at Liam's comment about he had some look at some real estate in Kensington while he was here <laughs> as well. <laughs> Or probably looked around the Brent area and thought, is this going to be gentrified? Yes. Possibly. <laughs> Depends, mate. He probably looked at Ulez and wondered whether or not that's going to make a difference to property <laughs> pricing around London. Good old Steve.
0: Oh, Steve. What a highlight. Steve's brilliant. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, the match. Good stuff, yeah. Yeah. Good fun. I really... i, I go three and a half stars. I, I'd yeah, probably a half. small complaint that and um, Swerve's dreads technically were holding the yeah. coffin open, but... You
0: know, mm-hmm. although that so, you would say either double down yeah, through the table to the up. Work. I was Brilliant. crying. Yeah. He didn't like do that, did
2: he? It was like the first <laughs> obviously he didn't go through, and then it was like literally an old man for i just that He just jumped, didn't he? Like an old fella. Yeah. And just like it was half a leg drop, half as all his back or whatever it was. It was fucking I laugh be mad.
0: Laughing me head off, brilliant. Yeah, Newman's right to point on the chat. Yeah, i we be bumping like a madman. Um, I'm still good that you didn't uh, climb the Wembley arch, but you know, maybe next time. Uh, maybe na- now we've seen it, maybe he will think, oh, maybe next year we could do something
1: there. Um, There's we'll bloody see. fireworks nearby, he'll fucking singe whatever's left of his hair, mate. If he's up there,
0: Uh, there we go. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun into uh Jericho and Osprey. And we, uh, yeah, you could see uh, Fozzie getting set up uh, during this one, so mm. it was uh. Very clear, this was uh, this was coming up next. Jericho got his 80,000 uh, sing along. Uh, the fans were singing more than he was. Um, as uh, Jesus yep. uh played them out, um, I think that's a, a trick that he uh, he does in the live shows as well. Um, but yeah, you know, people were into it. I was like, yeah, whatever, sing along if you want. Um,
2: wasn't you singing better? No,
0: I was not, mate. I think that was when I was getting my hot dog. Um, <laughs> But that happens, and then Osprey came out, and that's what I want to talk about before we get into well. this match. Sometimes, I think, as a podcaster, you've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to get it set when you're wrong. And I think sometimes when you're a podcaster, you've got to do a victory lap when you're right. I think Dave Meltzer might have been the victory lap a year. Because I don't think any of us, if we're all honest, a few weeks ago, or a few months not weeks ago, actually, a few months ago, when we were talking, how often do we talk about, does Wembley need a big British star? And how often did it be like, well, I think Meltzer's maybe over-egging the pudding on Osprey. He's over to a point. We know who he is, and we, you know, love his work. And, you know, obviously, he's over to a certain type of fan like us, you know, the, the people who've seen him in New Japan, and all of that. But Meltzer was going off on him being like, oh, he's going to be the next British Bulldog or whatever. And we laughed at him. Like, there's no way 80,000 people aren't gonna all gonna fully know who Ospreay is. You know, it wasn't necessary, it it was the best of a bad bunch. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't unacceptable to put him in this spot, especially if it was the Kenny match. But it's fair to say we all had some doubts, and then he came out, and 80,000 people were singing the Will Ospreay song, 80,000 people were cheering for him. Like he was the biggest babyface this country has ever produced. Like it wasn't just a pocket of hardcore fans. I think Forbidden Door obviously is a massive help in that. You know, even if you and I'm sure there's loads of people list describes in this crowd who only watch AEW. Like, of course they've been exposed to Osprey's been on AEW TV. They've seen him have the match of the year potentially with Kenny Omega. And you, you know, maybe that wasn't emphasised enough by people because he came out here and it was like, yeah. You know, he got one of again one of the top three pops of the night. I would think it was like it was unbelievable, JP. It was just on a level where I expected him to be over, but to be this over. Oh. Dave was right. Maybe Joey Tribbiani is the biggest star in the country as well. Maybe uh, you know Matt LeBlanc should be on the next All In based on uh, on Dave's record. Yeah, Um he was right. The podcast I
1: was wrong, JP. He was, and obviously at Rev Pro the night before, we kind of thought, is that the limit of him? Everyone knew him because of being in Mm -hmm. Rev Pro, so he was got Mm -hmm. got a massive ovation there, but that wasn't a surprise. It was the amount of people, again, doing United Empire signs. You saw the amount of United Empire shirts around the place as well. Everyone singing along. He felt like a massive fucking star, and there was no – you couldn't get away from it. Regardless of thoughts on whatever people think of him as a person and everything else, you can't deny that he he is over, and he's over in a big way. Talent out. And it has,
0: I, we're back for better or worse, it has. Yeah. It has, and people recognize, especially the type of fan who's going to plug down two hundred quid to go see AW at Wembley Stadium. They know that he's fucking unbelievably good, and yeah, I suppose it's not as delicious. We thought did it surprise you, Matt, that he got that level of a uh, reaction? Yeah.
2: yeah, it did, and obviously I was with uh, Gary Cleary and Gareth, and they they were all the same. Could not believe the whole entire stadium. Went bananas, like JP mm. said. The night before, he got an unbelievable reception mm. all throughout yeah. his match and angle afterwards and stuff like. And we will that. get
0: to that in hour four. Don't yeah. worry, we are going to. Yeah, touch we that. will. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but once again, I, I genuinely couldn't believe it. I and it was fair play to him for getting that. And yeah,
0: yeah, amazing. Mm. Yeah, he looked a million duck books as well. And again, the reason. Is it's he's someone who's over on the strength of his in ring work, maybe not so much as promos, or maybe as promos. I don't know, I think the better than some people say, but I understand why the uh,
2: they'll land the in America movie? though. Because that was my big thing, but I was saying, even watching that contract signing, will he be able to do weekly television if he does sign in January? And as the guys were explaining it's been like to me, like, to that American audience as well, that's going to come across, isn't it? Like, he's the English fucking, you know, brother and all that kind of thing. So. I thought
0: that worked on Dynamite, I yeah, really did. Maybe it will, yeah, yeah. maybe it I will. Do. Yeah, yeah. The, the only odd thing was, I say how over he was, I mean, he was clearly the baby face. You know, and the, despite the
1: fact Don Callis... Don was Callis, was
2: going to save. literally, he <laughs> snuck out, didn't he? He snuck uh, out. <laughs> that's,
1: that's where the problems lay with me, and it's, it's very, very confused like in terms Mm. of the baby face heel dynamic, because they've been going for Jericho as a face in the build-up. He was booed out of the building on on Rev Pro when he came out there. And here, Mm. once Judas was over, he was very much the heel. Um, Mm. And I have to say, as a match, like, it was fine. It was Osprey. It wasn't quite Osprey trying to carry Vader by doing all of the match by himself, but we weren't... that far away from it, were we? It still feels like he was the one who's having to kind of like drag out these kind of performances out of him. It Mm -hmm. just feels like it's an inevitability that he signs as soon as his new Japan Mm -hmm. contract is up. And really at this stage of his career, that's what he should be doing. If he wants to Mm -hmm. think about it for the money and the long-term kind of benefits, it makes sense for him him to do that. So Mm -hmm. yeah. And, yeah, he went over the Sammy Guevara stuff afterwards. I, I
0: he he struggled. To, I think that Jericho definitely struggled to keep up. as the one thing I yeah. say with the match. Like he obviously was trying to uh, to have like the big New Japan main event type match and do the whole like. It felt a little bit half that, half like you know what would be a mid two thousands work rate match, like an Angle Benoit type thing where it was we're stealing each other's moves and we're you know we're doing all that and it, you know, when he tried to steal Osprey's moves, it didn't go very well. Uh, and was landed on his own head, didn't he? When he tried to do the, uh, the os cutter and was out of position a couple of times for some big stuff. But this was very much, pretty much, the match was mostly Jericho stationary and Osprey working circles around them, and, you know, some of it landed and some of it not but it was a good match. It did work out in the end again. Would, would I rather have seen Osprey or Omega? Yes, especially now known for certain, as Will said, maybe, you know, calling to question everything that we understood. Um, I would still argue strongly. I think the, the forbidden door and exposure on AW Telly was maybe something we weren't considering mm-hmm. um, with how big an Osprey was going to be in this set. And, but it did make me think, fuck, imagine we had Osprey Omega to, at the end of this show. It would have been even better than we uh, we thought it would be. And, Obviously, Jericho was going to be a notch below this as a match, but I did still think it was good. I go 3.75 on it. Don't know about you, Matt.
2: Yeah, I mean, because I... I was mostly last break. (laughs) I jinxed this match because for the first five or six minutes, I turned to the lads and went, you know what? everything has gone perfect so far. Everything's smooth. Mm-hmm. Jericho's no one has rolled. He's letting Osprey do. Even him busting out the other Rana, that's still something he can do that looks like he's tying in with like the high flying and the match they're going for. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I said that to the lads, you had them botches you were going on about them, uh, not in position and I jinxed it. Because I, I thought it was going really well and it still ended up a good match. And I'd probably go, yeah, 3.75. But... I'm holding myself responsible for that jinx there. Like, so uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, you've been up 33 oh, and a half for you, JP. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm- you know, like Ewan says here, if Ospreay isn't signing what AEW didn't put him in that position, I think the key is he is signing. He's got to be. He's got to be based on the dynamic He doesn't
2: program. want to live in America, does he? So if you're going to do a pack where he flies in every week, that's what
0: he says. he won't, That's why he won't sign for WWE, he said. He does want to live in America or no base there. He's doing a well, pack and then he sits, sits and cater him for weeks at a, at a time, doesn't he? So if they're, willing to, if they're willing to pay for that and for Kip Sabian to come back and forth, then... I mean, yeah. I, do, I, I don't buy that as a strong enough reason he doesn't sign with AEW. But, but you know,
2: that he's doing he's Bound for Glory. In October, I mm-hmm. okay, you know, heard
0: on the pre-show. Yeah, yeah. Random shouldn't so be random. Shouldn't no. be. Should be bigger than that. Should be protected. That shouldn't what be working progress. progress. He does that too, doesn't
2: he? He doesn't protect his star quality. Maybe even after this Wembley, he should realise that he's such a fucking big star. But he's the type of guy that will just go and keep wrestling no matter
0: the crowd, mm-hmm. doesn't he? So, mm-hmm. so we'll add off to in that regard like but definitely, he was the highlight of this. Um, so yeah, that was that. Um, we then had Nigel McGinnis here yeah, doing the announcement of the 85 81 03. Of course, it was mate. I was yeah. thinking, oh, I think of the YouTube videos I can make out of this. <laughs> apart from the Builders crap, um, numbers videos did really well for us in the, the build up to all in, and we were all very impressed. And yeah, I was surprised. Quick note on that. Um, I was surprised they went with the paid number, um, but I guess we don't know, you know, ushers and ticket takers and comps and all that, whatever the, the total in the building is. I guess we'll get that in the coming days. But I didn't realize at first, I was like, Oh, that's a bit lower than I thought. And then when it was clarified by Nigel and Ring, it was actually paid, that made more sense. It's 81,035 paid, so there'll be more than that in the days to come. I'm sure me and JP will cover it uh, on the weekend show as we, uh, we get more uh, more detail out of that. Um, and then yeah, we went into the batch. I'd, Completely forgotten was on the card. <laughs> <laughs> the entrances were made. Uh, House of Black again, big, uh, big entrances. Obviously having the uh, the tribute to uh, to Bray Wyatt, which was a which was a nice touch. Mm. I would have thought yeah. to go a bit further, maybe do the you know, play the whole world or whatever. It's not a uh, not copyright copywritten as it, but it was a nice little uh, subtle touch that I didn't catch in the building, but obviously rewatching on uh, on tape, you uh, you saw the lantern uh, clear there in uh, in HD, and then uh, not um, Daddy Ass Badass Billy going like, there's a fucking <laughs> difference. What <laughs> um, the <laughs> acclaimed that. that was as the hook for this match, that made no sense at all. But what made all the sense in the world was putting them in a position you couldn't have run this show at Wembley and not giving those eighty to ninety thousand people the chance to cheer for the acclaimed because they are that they are that DX equivalent attitude you're acting this company. Everyone goes mad for the rap. Everyone goes mad for the catchphrases. We all get to do, you know, the whole scissor thing at the end. that had strangers trying to scissor with me. Um,
2: I, oh, I was scissoring it. everyone around oh. me, but I did a couple in front, oh. I was
0: scissoring <laughs> <laughs> There was a lot of that. Uh, but they had to do that, they did, and it, you know, it was a good way to get to that point. You know, you, you just couldn't have had Wembley well, on it, so good for them.
1: Yeah, exactly. You couldn't have had that. You, I'm going to check you, what that bang was, I'll be back. Yeah, <laughs> Tell your Tell
0: exactly. your <laughs> <user>? <laughs> it was it was
1: Breaking be.
3: in again.
1: <laughs> it, it, it made complete... It, it, you had to have them on there and it's, it's about how over they are. And it, the clue was when going into the, into the stadium was the amount of Sisame t-shirts I saw and lulled, sort of and signs as well, which speaking about the signs, there were a couple of weird ones, just one of very, so I saw one that said for non, I don't know what that means. Something with non bread, I'm not quite sure. I did see bluey combat club, which then relates back to a lot of what I was talking about on all in it as well, where anything of the children show bluey that's there is, I'm fucking down for all of the way. This did, I thought it was a match, did exactly what it needed to do, which, if you're thinking it was the match, the buffer to the main event,
3: yeah.
2: the
1: crowd got to pop. It was less than 10 minutes. They went over. If you're having a trio belt around the place and you're not going to be pushing the acclaims as a tag team, fine. Because I think they have enough personality to do it. Whereas we talk about the Bucks, the Bucks can't do it. I think the trio's title like, actively kind of hurt them. Whereas I think for this, this just feels like if we are leading to, and you never know with AEW, so, oh, it leads to a Billy Gunn retirement and the rest of it where they lose those trio's belts. But have been saying about yeah. Sting for about the last 15 years, <laughs> he'd end up doing it. So I'm not entirely convinced. But it worked. It worked for what it was. Yeah. And like they won and they, you know, absolutely... Oh, four nines is a reference to peep show i don't know what that reference is i might or might well have just missed out on i'm trying to trying to think of how, what that was but it's a, it's a wacky one to go with and um, i
0: jp four nones, jeremy, do you not remember
1: that Wait, i feel like i haven't <laughs> slept for like 3 days so in <laughs> fairness like, i'm not going to pick up on all of the all, all of this You go to an I'm indian possibly.
0: and jeremy orders it orders 49s he's like 49s jerry that's mad <laughs>
1: How, that's, this is like when Alan Partridge signs turned up at wrestling, and somebody had like <laughs> Cook Pass Partridge being held amongst like thirty people. But with this, I thought it was when they got like we spoke about earlier on having the Bucks Bucks FDR match a bit too early. This was the perfect position for this one. Mm. Um, it's just afterwards, where do they go with House of Black? Hopefully not as a trios. Brody Malachi Black as a singles. And Brody King and and Buddy Murphy as a as a tag team would be is it, sort of the is sense. Of
0: you, if I tell you that I saw them, I saw them three knocking around Wembley Park as a stable, just walking around together. Did uh, yeah. Tommy Bellend? had the House of Black stickers on his backpack? Of course he did. Mate, to- <laughs>
1: keep up, Benno. Tommy bollocks. That's what <laughs> Tommy he is,
0: bollocks. Man. That's as name. No, yeah. Fucking hell. Um, but yeah, full match got the acclaimed on the card. Yeah. As but, as but the that- match.
2: They're one of the most organically over acts they've, they've done AEW for me. Like they always should be on every TV, they can't, every pay per view. The fans just love them, don't they? And a couple of notes on this one. JP, was you happy about Caster's rap getting uh, Prince Andrew in there?
1: Oh, mate, he completely killed the second line about Meghan Markle.
2: Yeah, no, no one, no one's gone on until I watch the entrance back. Cause I'll, everyone was still. I'll going never get the, the
1: hatred for her. I don't know what war crime yeah. Meghan Markle is guilty of, <laughs> but like, it seems to have passed me by. The Prince Andrew reference was good, and also the reference to uh, is it Harry Potter, Ron Weasley, and Hermione in there. Yeah, as well, like for House of Black, I thought that yeah. was. That was good fun. Do you
2: know what was weird though, boys? I don't know if it come across on telly because like all day, Crewey was slagging off the House of Black, obviously, and especially the gimmick and entrance. And then all of a sudden, our section before the match started, we got given like a banner you would at a football ground where like you pass it back like a mosaic in the crowd. Did that come across on telly? I
0: do remember seeing that at all. No? Crewey
2: was underneath holding it. Like it covered about like 400 people. It was that big. And we're thinking, oh, this is going to come across on telly. Well, I don't we'll see recall seeing it, like it when I watched it. Yeah, it was more no- pointless. It was, honestly, uh, about 400 people were under this, like, sheet, and we were passing it back, and that was dead weird. It was just I'll
0: that, I'll <laughs> get the claustrophobic, gotcha I'll cry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> of the three members of House of Black, or just Malachi Black, or...? Just a, big, just a big black banner, was it? We don't know exactly. what to said
2: because we're, we're underneath it. Because then um, I looked behind then and he was like, banners hanging over like... I
0: hope it was not problematic.
2: Like... <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> full on security, come in and give us it. Oh, it wasn't like a fan brought it in. The actual production team come by us and said, Old dish
0: up when they come out. So Anyone saw think. it? Let us know. Maybe it was something yeah. for Brian. Maybe I don't know because they yeah, didn't you know do did it, which was odd. But I mean, yeah. they had this, that nice little spot, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Oh, well, there we go. So, yeah, it was a perfect semi main event anyway. A good Kapala cleanse that allowed people to uh to nip the box and whatever they need to do to get ready for the main event. As so we uh, we circle back round um, oh, even says here it said house so of black and it looked like a bed sheet. There you go. That's yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> weird. <big> <laughs> <It's so weird. laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we circle back round to the uh, the main events as NJF uh, and, uh, and Adam Cole made their second uh, lot of events. Uh, I'm as, very uh,
2: intrigued here, Ben, to what we all think of night. this. I'm very intrigued.
0: Uh, I think I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't feel as You've got to say it worked for the crowd. It did. Like, it did. Like, this. You know, that's just the type... Of crowd, this was. I was in a section like say behind a gobshite with a view and another bloke who kept trying to uh, sing uh, the LA Night Yeah thing like over and over again. Like, there was a lot of that, a like, lot of that call and repeat. Yeah, and that, I think that type of fan <laughs> that I'm kind of painting a picture of is the type of fan who's gonna love this MJ and Cole lore. Like, yeah, the big entrances that was cool. We had MJF doing like the um, you know. <laughs> He got to do his NXT match that he's always wanted to do. Like, he could not come across more of a fanboy of the Adam Cole slash more Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, like, you know, melodramatic main event. It was one of those, weren't it? It was a match built around the fact that two lads didn't want to hurt each other is where the problem comes for me. But when you talk talk about what worked with it, it did work. Like, it did work as far as, like, people, you know invested in like those little spots or the spots with like the chair where neither of them you know they were both trying to do the Eddie thing or they didn't want to like you know tombstone each other through the table and then you know uh, ignore the uh, the believability of uh, Adam Cole wanting to count out victory let's just uh, pretend that didn't happen a lot of like little spots like that but there was a lot of those bloodline-esque stop the match and do mm-hmm. some drama spots in this one Um that is, you know obviously done gangbusters for WWE and is the hottest thing AEW have got on the company right now. It's just not for me. <laughs> like, I, like, I did feel yeah. underwhelmed by this being a lot. I think I'd have been more forgiven of this if there was, if this was the semi-main event and there was some, doesn't even have to be for the title, some blood feud on top, or some match that's been built up for six months that's being paid off Taz Sabu style. Or maybe it is the world there's, there is that is at, you know, MJF for whatever reason doesn't have the world title yet, and there is a, another one. That's when you can more get away with this um for me Uh, but was it two of the most over wrestlers on the card yes did it get some of the largest responses also yes um i pick holes in the logic but i can't be a neutral podcaster and i have my own opinions obviously but but pretend it didn't work i can't do that it did Mm -hmm. um and most of the people there jp and i'm guessing you might be with me um at the cracking time um I, I will say I enjoyed it more in the building than I did watching it back. Watching it back, it was pretty painful. I'd have been watching on TV. I'd have been tweeting up a storm fuming about it in the building. It was like, <laughs> oh, well, people are having a good time.
1: <laughs> and that's, and I'm with you 100% on that because I think I've always said since the beginning of this, I wasn't mad on this being, like, the main event of the biggest mm. paid, attended show in wrestling history. But it worked and the people around me fucking loved it. They bought absolutely into it. They love MJF. They absolutely fucking loved him. Like just yeah. even the singing along to his song. And you mentioned about the entrance as well. Like very Triple H at mania, wasn't it? Like oh I yeah, remember, he loved that. He loved that entrance. He, which was, I thought, at least that they because they'd had those kind of big entrances for both of them. At least made it feel different from the The tag team match I'd had earlier in there it's just the storyline stuff it got it felt so dragged out, didn't it and we' what also to be noticed there's no intermission during this, so we're just going from like match to match to match, we're not even having like extended kind of like promo segments and the rest of it, so probably at this stage, I started to personally feel I, I was quite knackered at mm. this stage, hey it's. Yeah, it's not for me, and there's stuff that I find weird that the Kingdom and Roderick Strong are involved in this. Well, there was no available. development
0: either, so, was there? It was like, no, I, yeah. I think they deserve credit for going with a hot hand and realising this was over, and if there was going to be a turn happening on the pre-show, not doing that, and if there was going to be a turn happening here, not doing that, because nothing actually happened in the end. <laughs> like We didn't um, get Cole joining up with the Kingdom, and that being the reason the Kingdom... The Kingdom, Matty. Matt Taven, MSG headliner, now see. Wembley headliner. It's good to see One that of a being honest
2: with you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but there still wasn't a payoff, was there? It was still well, it was still very early in the story, I suppose because it's story, capital letters, because it's working. Um, we didn't even get that development, did we? It was just, yeah, they are well, still friends at the end of it. Like, MJF won. Not that I think Cole should have won, you know, don't get me wrong, but like, I thought we'd get more development. I thought we'd get more of of something, but instead it was just, I mean, maybe this is good. Eighty thousand people having a good time. <laughs> MJF and Adam Cole among
2: them. Did I say though are we in the bottom of the third with this uh, with this story oh, going don't you, forward? Don't you do that. No, but I'm saying what what JP was saying earlier on. It's like I don't know if they've seen it working on WWE, but they've obviously leaned into like going with the full on story. And but well, I'm, I'm using that term not like the way we use it. That's what it is, isn't it? To telling that story. And yet you can put you can pick logic holes in in some of the spots in the match, but I thought some of the spots in the match were really good, though. You're saying that they didn't want to hurt each other. Adam Cole was the one. Like, that brain buster on the steps, I mean, we I was fucking insane. That, that spot was insane. Then he was the one who hit the tombstone on MJF. So, obviously, they were leaning into the fact of Adam Cole won't, would, do, would do anything to win this belt, but when it come to firing that last shot, JP, with the belt he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it, could he? So I, I, I did lap it up. Like the guys next to me weren't liking it at all. Really, creepy. at one point, Beno, when you were doing the toss of the chair spots each other, he's fucking screaming. Is this a fucking of Lardy sketch in a wrestling match? <laughs> 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 and I'm like, I'm having a great time though. And, I, it's one of the only stories I, I like in AEW. So you know, it is probably made for someone like me who loves all the, you know, the backstage stuff. Most
0: well, was of that the you fans. starting the year? Chance was it? and you it was. No, <laughs> even
2: I was like, no, it's not the right event for this lads walking down China. Mm-hmm. Well, trying to walk down Wembley Way, I didn't like all that. But like, it is made for a fan like me, and it's it's some of the backstage stuff. I, I don't, I think, is a bit too cheesy. With like what I seen last week was over the top. But as you say, though, you know, and I'm not even an AEW guy, like. The fans love this shit, Beno. they fucking like you can't underestimate that. You can't like really underestimate how much they're into this stuff. So obviously they're gonna lean into it. And you're saying that there's no end game there.
0: I'm sure there's an end game, but 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 on the night, I I thought you said on the night. Oh yeah, Yeah. there was no developments. as more what I said. It wasn't there. we didn't get to another stage of the story, did we? Really?
2: We <laughs> this is spinning. another podcast. I know
0: we're still spinning, and you're, you're defending it again. Here we are. I just don't feel as strongly
1: about this one. This <laughs> uh, feels unerringly familiar for me, sitting there. Well, it the
2: is, JP.
0: I've,
2: heard, I've seen it like you know, it's it's different strokes for different folks, it's, it's preference, it's, it's all that, isn't it? And like, as you say, for like maybe hardcore guys like yourselves and stuff like that, or old school fans, or whatever you want to paint it as. This new audience, Beno, and this fan base, they do it. You can't underestimate, though, I keep saying this, how much they're into this. It's its its mental.
0: Bizarre. And they're willing to forgive the stuff like Ewan and Liam are rightly putting on the chat that yeah. Cole asking for five more minutes when I'm gone. Like, he didn't ask. I mean, it gave MJF a line. MJF and, did cover like,
2: that, to be fair, because we were all, like, that even curious. Like, can't buy five more minutes. Why is he saying <laughs> it, you know? Like, it's, it's, it's,
0: not it's not has just, yeah,
1: yeah, it's... It's <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of Ring of Honor law here at the end, is what we have, don't we? Oh yeah, the lovely, ring, of yeah <laughs> <Not my laughs> ring
0: of Honor tag
1: Yeah, not my Ring of Honor.
0: Well, I mean, again, let's not fall down the trap of doing too much speculation for all. No, again. Yeah. People might have listened to this and might know the answer. Maybe they go into the match with the kingdom or whatever. But it was, it was just a strange visual to see. I mean, rather strong sprinting out did make me laugh. Um, yeah, <laughs> nice. really, uh, what he thought. Yeah, 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 but. Yeah, Taven and Bennett up on the stage. just Because I'd seen, that was another thing I'd seen knocking around Wembley Park. Like a bus arrived and I just saw like a, a Matt Taven shaped silhouette in there. And I, I questioned every life decision I'd gotten to that it made me recognise a Matt Taven silhouette <laughs> on the That'd back of bus. I, and you I knew they were in the country. <laughs> I knew they were there. But yeah, Stadium Wrestling, Ewan says there, yeah, telling the story so everyone in the building knows what's going on. It's kind of what it was. Um, and I, I bought the double pin absolutely. I I kinda of laughed out loud that oh my god is this I the did. finish of the biggest show of all time too so fairly genius. got me there. It was genius. Um, it was genius. um maybe it, I'd, I'd more go with it. it was so stupid it was believable, but um yeah, genius. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know. no, but, yeah, I don't know why I
0: would even
1: rate it. I would even I, rate
0: it.
2: Well
1: I'd go three point two five, like yeah, I would. Um, i would go um, four
2: on it, like definitely. I'd go three
1: the okay. simple reason of I actually loved the half an hour match they had before. I thought that was a really good TV match. And when they wanted not- to
0: win and hurt each other, remember that?
1: Yeah. Exactly. I don't
0: think it makes no sense. Like it's not amateur wrestling where, like, I could believe that in amateur wrestling, you want to pin the guy, but you don't actually want to hurt him. You know, when yeah. you're doing jujitsu, you don't necessarily want to break their arm. You just want to get them into a position where they'll tap. In wrestling, we hit each other with steel chairs and super kick each other in the head and pile drive each other like The game is to hurt someone. You rake their eyes. It doesn't make any sense. You finger pokes
1: to their eyes.
0: this would hurt them too much, no, you'd win the match. And with wrestling logic, he'd be fine in 10 minutes. They're always fine in 10 minutes. It doesn't matter if you tombstone them through a fucking table. Best
2: friends, though, Bella?
0: Uh, (laughs) NXT is what they are. Yeah, no. Black and gold. MJF getting to live his dream Of being a main eventer in that scene Can I mention one spot though Which I was
2: honestly I was crying It was so funny The uh, Panama sunrise To Brycey Oh, my God. Because yeah. silly, uh, everyone, like, they would even, like, the guy... Like John Pollock said, I've lost, yeah. the,
0: lost lost, track of the amount of times I've accidentally hit a Canadian destroyer <laughs> on someone. You know what I mean? You can, it can happen, can it? You're walking down the street, someone bends over... Oh, it was hilarious, the come Canadians on. It was funny <laughs> as fuck, that. Come on. Oh. oh, fucking hell. And that's how we ended the biggest wrestling show of all time, J.P. Um, yeah. I mean, what Two did we make of it overall? We Happy. did a lot of... We did a lot of talk going in. Yeah, we hated the build. Um, mm. We hated the selection of of, of what they were building, um, spe- specifically the multi bands We didn't think they did a great job of giving everything stakes. But as we always said, the lead up, were we going to have a good time, and the night be weird? Did we feel like we were part of something? We did, even more so than even I kind of predicted. Like it was special being there. Like special being there amongst that many people. Especially the idea that AEW could even do this, not be WWE and draw 80 to 90,000 people to, to a stadium. That, that does that many AEW fans in this country in general kind of makes my head spin, you know what I mean? Obviously, there has to be more based on the ITV numbers, but like just to see it in real life was kind of a, a pinch me moment. And I got to be there for a live stadium show. And I've been to a WrestleMania, but it was before they were doing stadiums, and I might never get to a stadium WrestleMania. I did, you know, for all the criticism we give the build that I think, you know, I think you said it, Matthew, does stand to to this day. What they did give us, what they did deliver, was a a big stadium show that like felt every bit of that, was produced very yeah. well. And yep. shock of shocks, as we always talk about when we are critical about AEW, JP, the best wrestlers in the world, went out there and for the most part had very good matches. Maybe there wasn't a, a standout five-star match there for, for my tastes, but there was lots of very good stuff up, up and down the card, and everyone delivered.
1: I think they did, and I think they were inspired to deliver by the crowd. I think it's that virtuous yep. circle effect.
0: It was a good show, made a great show,
1: I think. Yeah, it's it was. And and I would go with it. And I think you do you can detach the quality of the show and the wrestling for it. And obviously they made the announcement afterwards. They're coming back on Sunday, August 25th, 2024. The big thing I'd say is if they want to do these numbers again, you can't be fucking winging it two weeks in advance. You cannot. Cause there's a lot of people who have made like, because this is the first time it's special.
3: Yes. It's less special
1: <clears throat> second time around. So you're going to have to have actual stuff there for you to build for. And let's face it, none of us have a clue what this AEW what is even going to look like in a year's time. Because there's so many moving pieces and there's so much drama backstage that it's hard to tell what position they're going to be in as a company. But the one thing they can't do is you can't take this goodwill for granted. And I think that's what I hope is the thing that kind of came through is there are a lot of fans and it you mentioned like the UK, really Europe as well, because there were a lot of people Mm. from from in and around, like, continental Europe, Australia, even a few lads from the US, or RJ City speak to some people in the pre-show from Phoenix, for God's sakes, but they can't get away with it. The stuff they did well, in terms of the spectacle, in terms of making it feel like a big, proper event on that WWE level, without it looking exactly like WWE, they did that very, very well. But again, they you can't. They've um, got to have a plan in place for this, and I'm sure most people, most of the wrestlers who say weren't on the card, now Sammy's Guevara saying I want to be on this card next year. All of them should be busting a gut to be on there and right. to have almost forced the hand of Tony Khan saying, actually, we we need if we could deliver something properly spectacular and make sure it's seen by the most amount of people possible, not just fight yeah. TV. Like, mm. make sure it's seen on ITV. For get those. Yeah, it's going of to be a replay. There's isn't it on
0: Thursday. This now, I think we found that out. And in in would not live. Oh, obviously, okay. that's the that's the difference, isn't it? It is going to be on ITV. But yeah, I, d- I be don't be on know. Sports just, or TNT Sports at that time possibly even. could be. The world could be completely different in here. couldn't it? As you say, I mean, I, like I said, I had one of the the best weekends of my life because of this show. Yeah. Mike uh, absolutely the the case from our live show to reprobate chess. We're going to talk about in a minute to all of the other stuff all existed because this show existed. I think even the wrestlers backstage would probably tell you there's definitely some grumbling to be had about the way the card came together and some of the decisions that were made or not made that you could absolutely rectify next time. I think play devil's advocate. Like, you know, they, they delivered on the night. I think a good number of people in myself included, when they announced that date, we're like, maybe I'll have a little look on booking.com and see what the uh, the hotels are saying, you know, this time, this time next year. I love the fact that they want to make that a tradition. I think that's, you mm-hmm. know, we shouldn't take that for granted. As a British audience, we're going to have our own big AW show once a year now. That is actually going to be a thing. You know, it isn't going to be a case of like with WWE. You're probably only going to get to a WrestleMania if you go, you know, to America and you make that trip. We are nailed on now to get this every year. Now, can they treat it like a WrestleMania? Can subsequent ones feel like a WrestleMania like this one did through being the virtue of the first? That is a question. I think they'll probably I think, regardless of anything, they'll be diminishing returns. I think I would mm. guess and I'll you know, take this with it, but just also guess we're talking less, you know, we're probably talking, maybe we're talking 60 to 70,000 instead of 80 plus, or then again, when they announced this, I was the low man going, oh, I don't, don't know if they would be able to fill it to 80, 90, 90, 000. you know, to a extreme degree. I didn't think that was going to happen and it did. So I wouldn't doubt them either. I mean, what's your read on it, Matt? Like you as a non AEW fan, you know, spend 200 pounds on your ticket. Would you, would you come again? Would you come every year? You know, if they were doing this once a year, like they the, wwe have never done this. W might come back. Yeah. Probably will more likely than not come back now that AEW are clearly, as Tony Khan said in the press are trying to become the UK's number one company. In Tony Khan's words, they are the UK's number he one company. That, yeah. hard, hard to argue when they drew this many people. Um W are gonna have an answer to that, but yeah, does it does it draw somebody like you? You know, the idea of, of coming back and doing it all over again next year.
2: Yeah, but that's like someone said there in the chat, Human, is it? Like it's like the our version of Mania weekend. So obviously of all you guys and like Gareth and Gary and Cleo, are going, I'm, I'm, no pun intended, I'm all in for it. You know what I mean? I am. I'm like, I'm up it's for awesome It's
0: WrestleMania weekend. We have all it. Right is, there, that's yeah.
2: what it is. It that's is, what yeah. it is. So that's why I'd obviously go. And I agree what JP said. They'd have to announce a big main event weeks out, JP, and get a proper build next time, of course. But like you just said, again, they nailed the scope. Everyone come across like a star. I think most, of the, like 90% of the roster come across like a gigantic star because of this. And, yeah, I'd be all, all up for it. Definitely, better it, Definitely.
1: It's also going to be much bigger in scope because this time next year, they'll have they'll be running Dynamite and Collision and Rampage beforehand and Ring of Honor. I think we'll have a very different look to the weekend. I think we'll have, like, a whole series of shows. Do the tapings
2: we'll have... the week before and arenas yeah. and stuff. I yeah. think they
1: might be here for even a couple of weeks beforehand. And there's a danger in that of kind of overexposing it. Because they hadn't done any TV beforehand, this was the first time you got to see AEW in the UK. You had to be at Wembley in order to do it. It's whether or not... what Do they learn the proper lessons from this? And the problem with AEW is, and as we've spoken about quite a few times, is they don't often learn these lessons. Like And there's things where they rely on good wrestlers doing great wrestling in order to bail them out of it. And I think if they want to grow and they want to be a substantial presence in the UK and kind of enter into the, the popular kind of lexicon of, of, of British wrestling fans. So they speak about two companies and not just WWE and there's other indie stuff on the side. They're going to have to actually have their ducks in a row with it, which again, I'm. it's really, they're an impossible company to predict because there's so much going on there behind the scenes that you, it needs a level of organization next time round. And they've had the goodwill this time round. And they've generally delivered, I think, on a fun experience. But next time round, people might just be thinking, do you know what? I might just go on holiday.
2: Yeah, if someone, if that's a point. Bank holiday weekend as well every year. And,
0: it's, yeah, it's stuff sells a lot of money. I, it is. I, I, I think if you're going to play devil's advocate, though, like as much as we were critical, I, you know, if I titled this YouTube video, were we right uh, or were we wrong? I'm going to say no. <laughs> well, we were. I think we were right in every bit of criticism of the build. And anyone who saw, you know, where Omega and Moxley and that were on the card, I think would... You, you're just being stubborn if you don't don't agree. Um, maybe yeah. people think we're stubborn, um, but you know, like I say, we always went in saying we knew they were going to deliver as far as in ring, and we knew it was going to be a spectacle because we, unlike a lot of the people commenting on this, we knew what Wembley was, and we knew what it meant to people, and we knew what it was going to look like when it happened. And you know, they delivered on all those things. But you could play devil's advocate and say, as Will says here in the chat, you know, as much as we we think they dogged the bill to this one. The positive of that is, well, next time, next time, you know, you could save up Osprey Omega. You could save him for then. You could, you know, have your big, you know, whether, whether it's that or something else, your big Omega singles match. You could have your big Moxley singles match. You could have Dan, You could Danielson there. You could have Jamie Hayter there. You could have Hangman Page in a more prominent position. Like, you could get your ducks in a row and deliver. Now that they've come in and this show was going to be this show, regardless of anything, I doubt it was the logic. But you could make that work for you, couldn't it? This show was always going to, you know, it drew this number without the car being announced. You can't really credit Cole and MJF or whoever will get credited in future for it. AW drew this, drew this crowd, you know, 70,000 of the 80,000 tickets were already sold before we bloody knew any matches. We knew it was going to be a great atmosphere. We knew it was going to be a great night and a great monumental weekend. Those things were a given. You could make the pessimistic argument that, well, yeah, there you go. That was going to happen regardless. So now that they didn't put much effort in, they could put the effort in next time and they could still do comparable numbers. Like it would be a disaster to do 60,000, to do 70,000. It wouldn't be a disaster if they, if they don't break the record. Um, there's an argument to be made there, JP. That's got to be
2: the aim though, hasn't it? Sorry to butt in there. That's it got is. to be the aim, JP, to, to, break, to match it at
0: least, you know.
1: I think the other story that's really interesting is the way they kind of almost block booking Wembley. And mm. like kind of taking that away from WWE, yeah, which mm. will rankle them because there is no other stadiums, yeah, no. like we
2: were talking about that.
1: in the UK. They can't, there isn't. Mm. I mean, Jesus Christ, which how many other stadiums are bigger than that in Europe for football? Like,
2: there's New no way big, yeah, yeah,
1: mate. I, I have a policy, I don't give that club any money. If they're running <laughs> Tottenham, I ain't going. That club mm. doesn't get a penny of my money. <laughs> and it will
0: be that way until I die.
1: Fair play. Oh, well,
0: were, unfortunately for the wrestlers, yeah, they did end up getting uh, stuck in the country as well, didn't they? That was the other side note of this yeah. funny week. Have They got home yet. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> They'll be dreading next year if it uh, goes in it like this. A lot of the uh, lot of the Irish, unfortunately, got stuck as well, didn't they? The Heathrow yeah. and uh, at other airports with uh, everything getting grounded the day after. I think I think everyone's either on their way home now or, uh, or at least at home. So, let's hope that doesn't happen there uh, if it happens again next year but yeah one of the greatest uh, weekends of our lives and it wasn't just because of all in we've also got to mm-hmm. talk about uh the rev pro show um, from the uh, from the night before timestamps will be a friend there folks as we will be uh running a bit long tonight um how long we will see um but yeah we were also at a rev Pro's 11 year anniversary show there the night before um, which i would say from an in-ring point of view i think it had at least one, maybe two, of the better matches of the weekend, maybe the best match of the weekend from an in-ring point of view. But yeah, finally got to go to the Copper Box. Finally got to uh, a sat between you and uh, you and Rev Joe JP. So there you go. That was like uh, like being back in the uh, in the day in the uh, in the stands there, there to, uh, to watch uh, watch some of this one as well. But. Yeah, um, we talked about the weekend itself, and obviously, uh, what a great area it was. Uh, knocking, uh, knocking around there before the Copper Box show, but yeah, Copper Box itself. Everything you said, it was JP incredible venue. Um, walked in there, probably you had the same reaction as me, Matty. What a what a yeah. brilliant place to, uh, to stage, uh some wrestling.
2: Yeah, just mm. to be, use that great seats. Yeah, we were seat. we, are, we were just on the first row of the balcony there. Yeah, it was fucking just mm. amazing venue, really was.
0: Mm. You just were yeah. like above, like the entrance. weren't you behind it? Like Gareth had some great photos of like Shingo coming out and Ishii coming oh, out. Oh, he was like, made up with that picture. He, he was
2: all weekend. He was, he was, he was loving the fact he got that shot off his, a uh, of his iPhone. He was proper <laughs> proud of that.
0: We, and we could see
2: the wrestlers coming out where Who was coming out before? Like, yeah, uh, because we could see. Oh yeah, I saw
0: it. the picture like Shibata in the back. Yeah, and stuff, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Boss, great like, venue. It's
1: something. It's a thing that kind of almost makes me sad that we don't have enough venues like that up and down the land. Like, really, mm. these kind of three thing, venues that could do sort of, let's say, up to 6,000. I mean, I know Copper mm. Box is big and can do up to eight. But it's the thing that sightlines are really good there. There's space to move around. Yeah, and was- like And go to, like, merch and everything else like that. Even the beer line queues, they weren't that bad. They really mm. weren't. Like it, these are things that, are, and you're near lots and lots of local amenities as well. It's absolutely
0: hot dogs great. weren't great. Food wasn't as good as it uh, in Wembley, but you know, whatever. No. Um <laughs> food. <laughs> um, was you on <laughs> the, the there, A Beast. I was at the three points in there. Yeah. yeah, as I said earlier, met a little bit loads of our listeners, so that was
1: um, yeah, that, that was, was the best. Yeah,
2: seeing but... loads of uh, people mm-hmm. there as well. But yeah. It's yeah. a great venue. photo
1: to Neil as well, actually. Who, when I came in, I'd been stressed about getting Charlie in, and the buggy and stuff like that, and I'd already kicking on. And then I had someone asking me for a photo, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, go on." And I felt like an arsehole afterwards, but luckily, during <laughs> the live, I was like, "Mate, I'm sorry." It was just a fucking nightmare. Mate. um yeah,
0: yeah, they weren't great with you about that, but I love it as a venue. It was like. Cause there's that middle section is there way you can kind of wander around. And like, there's a lot of like breathing space. So, you know, if you want to like, catch up with anyone, or meet anyone type of thing, it was a great, great social venue as well as when you're in your seats, like a brilliant venue to, uh to watch the, uh, the wrestling from. But she talk the show itself. I think the, you know, the, if we do a top down style of two things. I think most people are going to be talking coming out of this. There's obviously the, uh, the Osprey Shingo match and the Jericho angle that, that bled into all in. And uh, if you're, if you're rev pro you don't say no to that um you know yeah. obviously that is great uh you know spectacle for them um and it definitely you know hit the hit the news everywhere and there was video and photo of uh of that everywhere but also i think the other match everyone came out of it talking about was was tomohiro Ishii versus luke jacob so yeah. i'd like to start there that was to shane garrett on his holidays we'll catch him when he gets back and get his uh oh. his thoughts on this because he was uh Furthered the out at the uh, the possibility of this one, and I think he was uh, loving it in person as much as he as he thought he would. this just felt perfect, like Luke Jacobs. If you'd given this match two years ago, you might have been tempted to do it, but it would have been too early. Even now, he's just crossing over into that. Oh, now he's a man. Oh, now he's got a little bit bigger. Now he knows who he is a bit more. There's the unfortunate stuff with, uh, you know, with Ethan Allen, which is a real shame. But the, you know, as far as the team kind of uh, going by the wayside with Ethan being injured again, but Jacobs as a standalone singles wrestler has really started to flourish this year and really started to slip into the role. And he did not walk one bit out of pace in there with with Tomohiro Ishii. It was the hard hitting match that you had once with you know suplexes and strikes and all of the fun stuff thrown. Ishii gave Luke loads, and you couldn't help but walk out of this thinking luke jacobs in new japan when jp i thought he was fantastic in this match only slight negative was i wish he'd taken a bit of a bow at the end like he kind of just sloped off and that was maybe his moments like he should he should be the person everyone's talking about coming out of this show and it would have been nice to kind of have that at the end of the match but outside of that like his work did the talking because like i didn't speak to a person who would either uh, if you weren't talking about the jericho thing the first thing they said about this match about the show sorry was luke jacobs
1: yeah i was taken back to a time of when Tom would be the regular kind of import into a big York Hall show. You put him in there and he'd have a fucking absolute belter of a match. The one disappointment being Walter. And Luke Jacobs had a much better match with Ishii than what Gunter did, I should say, rather than Walter. And it was like, he was with him all of the way. Didn't look out of place at all. And I was like you, I was like, I want to, s- this should be the point where, he has these kind of matches on the reg, which you always think of like new Japan testing ground matches. So if Shin goes over mm-hmm. again, you put him in there with Luke Jacobs. Like, and he might be eating some pinfalls for it, but everyone can see the path that he's on. And he's so suited to be in Japan mm-hmm. as well. And like I say, it's, it's still very, very early doors that we're talking about here, but he looks more ready than most. And he has that kind of size and the the kind of physique which works well for it, which isn't, like, overtly muscular, obviously. Mm. He's a big lad, but it works, because mm. that kind of... And it is the perfect opponent for it. It was the perfect kind of styles clash um, for them to have. And, yeah, I I thought this was fucking tremendous. I mean, this might well be my favourite match of the weekend. I'd go four and a half stars on it. On a
0: star rating point of view, it would be for me. I'd go four and a half, and I didn't go that high on anything on the AW show, including Punk and Joe. Close. Nope. But, yeah, I think this has a beat. Um, I thought Luke was uh, was absolutely brilliant. Ishii was brilliant. It was just... Is what you wanted out of it? Like, any thoughts on it, Matt? I know it's not normally your style, there's something else in this show I think you're probably gonna rave about that most other people wouldn't, but uh, maybe was it the company you were sat in? Did that air uh, sweep you up in this? Give us the uh, give us the take from in the building, sat between fucking grapple Gareth and uh, and crewy. Um, them two must have been in love with this.
2: No, to be fair, I like went the toilet at when I'd these come out and I come back in. <laughs> no, no, shit. no, wait, no, honestly, I can't, but like, this is honestly worth it. Like, come in about, like, a couple mm. of minutes, five minutes into the match. And I just cracked mm. the joke. I was cracked what for He Misty, a couple of chops, a couple of digs, and, like, just, like, oh, not for me. But by the end of this match, boys, I was hanging off every chop, every move, mm. every fucking kick out, the one-count kick out that got the pop of the night, probably. Just even I was wrapped up in this match, and it wasn't even due to the company I was with. Honestly, it, mm. it was amazing. But, yeah, Gareth and Cree and Gary... We're just all like as you say, foaming at the mouth to this one Othi, absolutely. Yeah. Gareth was on such a high saying. I told everyone last week on the this is gonna be the match of the weekend. Yeah, match he was right. Night. He was right. He was spot on. Yeah. And he absolutely loved it. Yeah, and it was it was very good. It was very good.
0: Jacob's in Japan when JP, that's all it is. Like they need <laughs> I hope. He does you know, Oku, we always just don't really understand why he never put, never gets put in those spots you know for whatever reason New Japan have never picked him up despite the rev pro relationship I hope Luke Jacobs is the opposite end of that I hope he gets the you know the call cuz he really deserves it
1: yeah absolutely does and whether it's New Japan whether it's Noah if you're Noah you think
0: yeah he'd be good enough
1: I I think mm. he, he could go into there it's, it's whether or not he'd be put in a prominent position but I also just think for training reasons if you put him in that mm. dojo system and you have him training with some of these guys he's going to get better mm. like just barring mm. injury like, like the trajectory is and the ceiling for him is very, very, very high.
0: Mm. Um, let's do a bit of Matty Corner elsewhere on the show. We also had the uh, subculture versus velocities, uh, which, uh, which screams you, Matty. Um,
2: you know what, though? Bit a left- so. bit of a uh, left on the tag match. It was, I would mm. expect them more. It was good
0: didn't get the just...
2: crowd like I thought they would. No. I really he didn't.
0: They did, um, did got the didn't. crowd better than they did. Something. It he felt like we were running rules. through the motions doing the spots, but it wasn't really, yeah, connecting in the way I thought. It was a disappointment for me. And to be fair, yeah, this K1, 2, 3, 4, five, So it was right before the sheet Luke match. Yeah, I can understand not doing an interval in a bigger venue. But, mm. Mm, maybe Everyone around
2: me was expecting one. And honestly, after every match, they were waiting for one after like the fourth I match. more
0: thought it was the main event of the first half. I thought that's what these lads would get. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it was all right, wasn't it? Um...
2: The shooting star DDT was amazing. Like There were some good spots in it that uh, mm. one of the uh, velocities hit. But overall, mm. I was slightly let down. I expect them a little bit more because they flew out and done the impact there. Pay per view, didn't they? Or yeah. the big show the next night, mm. so maybe they were saving. I don't know, I don't want to speculate mm. there, like, but was underwhelmed by it. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah, and kind of, it? it, it's not that it was bad, it was just it kind of seemed to go at like one pace, like, it mm. wasn't like I didn't think it was like there it didn't
2: was, burst into life, did it? As no, it didn't in really burst, burst into life, yeah. and
1: then it kind of just ended. And that's, mm. I mean, and that's not a slight on the guys in the ring, I just think. I couldn't help but feel, I thought after Zack Sabre Jr., Ricky Knight Jr., which had gone on before, I thought, oh, well, there's the break. And then I run yeah. to the toilet and the bar and it's like, they're doing another match. Fuck. And it was just like, okay, yeah. come back. And there was that part of me just thought, I actually kind of physically need a bit of a break here. Apart mm. from the fact it had been a stressful journey and all the rest of it. It was just like, actually <laughs> need that in there. So, yeah, that that's slightly, I mean, I'd probably go three and a half. Of yeah. That. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll do the top end and the matty corner of the card, Oku Trent. Um, <laughs> you know, Amazing. we talked a lot this weekend about matches that like, are for the <laughs> live crowd and aren't. It's like, actually, you know, the stuff earlier on the card, like Zack Sabre and Ricky Knight Jr., I don't have a lot to really say about. Like, I wasn't I don't know. I'm not saying they were bad, but it's hard to be grabbed by a match like that live. I think sometimes, sometimes a live. It's like what we talked about Wembley. There are certain matches that are built for a stadium show. I actually really liked the seven I know. over what mess that it was like, and it maybe went a bit too far. But this was an ECW main event for me, like right down to you know, Amira going through the table, A Lordy Fullington like, spot.
3: That, yeah, wasn't
0: it? it was you could argue they overdid it and I could see people absolutely hating this because anytime Red Pro done something like this people have hated it but I actually think this worked for the environment it really did but I think your thoughts are the one I most want Matty uh, open oh. Trend 7 it felt right up your street
2: oh mate I was loving every fucking second of this one like you know I, I get ripped for it like, but I am a, I've always liked Ten Seven 7 for some strange reason I've always thought he was alright and I just mm-hmm. thought with him, you know, having the story where he robbed the title, was it? And I've seen the videos online. I thought, it's obviously a, a big main event match in this show. They're not going to disappoint. And mm-hmm. the table spots, I mean, first time I've seen a mirror, is it? Um,
3: mm-hmm. Yeah. Valet.
2: Yeah, because Gareth was telling me about the Osprey match with Oku and where she's a part of that. She was the third person in that yeah, match. I need to go back and watch that because she was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. She looked amazing. She've done all of her... The spot's amazing. That power driver. I mean, I, I knew it was coming. I told the lads way before that is what's going to happen in that. Before he even set it up, I knew that was coming. It was amazing. But the, even there was the fisherman pushed to the outside. Where the, the table didn't break. That was scary. That was yeah, fucking scary. scary as well. And I even yeah. love the fact of playing into the story where oh, who's got the half crab on there? Trent for the end, and he's still reaching for the title to try. You know, he's still trying to cling on for that title. Give him a full circle on the story. It, it's a clap for me because I fucking dug every minute of this
1: match. I loved it. Loved it. I'm kind of with what Ewan said there. That a lot of this felt like a Jeff Jarrett match to me.
3: <laughs> <was> so much <laughs> stuff. Yeah, was like
1: incredibly overblown. I know. I know. It was, it was, it kind of. <laughs> went, Jeff Jarrett match with table bumps. <laughs> <went, laughs>
2: yeah. Jeff's not going through those tables, is he? No.
1: And, and then Spike
0: Trevay coming out at the end. Um, oh, I hated that. Like, I—I I mean, uh, we should probably know better with it being Rev Pro. But I honestly thought that was Marty coming out. Like, I think a lot of people thought that with the "Do You Remember Me" thing and the uh, and the, the bird's wings and all of that in the video. Um, and there's that's like, ah, only spectre thing. Um, I don't think that really I, excites me as uh, Oku's next uh, program. Feels very progress.
1: Well, if we're tying into the fact of um, progress and Enfield as heel aspects in Rev Pro, I'm kind of all for it. So <laughs> that's probably where I lie. I'm I'm just not convinced by Spike Trevay in the ring. That's no. that, And that's the thing. And, and this is going to be like your top line kind of like feud. Um, so, yeah, mm. it, it it just all felt like a bit of a mess. And I thought actually the better way to go would be to take, get Trent Seven to take the belt and kind of mm. have hold the company hostage. And mm. then avoku as the like baby face defending Rev Pro. But, not, it's not the route they've, they've gone down.
2: We mean Gareth, though, boys were saying put the belt on it, sent seven's bodyguard.
0: He looks amazing,
1: Leave him like,
2: yeah, yeah. That's you him. You'd <laughs> a
1: you would
0: be your belt champ.
2: Oh, Gareth was loving him as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, we went when we saw him at the 229, like that close up, we're like Fuck, can I lose this lads. I think mean, none of us really remembered he was in NXT he, UK, but uh, yeah, um, I get yeah, from the, the other match from the top end of the card, obviously Osprey Shingo. Um, Jericho moment was uh. Was well done, wasn't it? Um I think we kind of had, a, had an inkling it was uh, it was coming. Uh, but they left it late, they really did. Um they had a banger match, Shingo and Osprey, maybe I didn't feel like it was on the high I haven't had a chance to rewatch it. I didn't feel it was on the high end of Shingo Osprey matches, but it was very, very good. Um, mm. and it's you know, two of the best wrestlers in the world. Obviously, Osprey after the match, set up a-, a Zach match, which did hook Joe, um, of all things to go to the uh, the next copper box show. So, there you go. Um, sold one ticket <laughs> there with Osprey, uh, Zach, and all that history, um, happening at a-, at a copper box show. But yeah, good match, and then. Yeah, they did a like I say, it was a long stretch after the match with Osprey, cutting a promo and doing all of that stuff and setting up the Zach match with Zach coming out. openly for yeah, Jericho to maybe recreate uh, all in 2018 uh, a little bit and do the uh, the running and, uh, and eat up the match. I'm sure you were uh, you were loving that, match.
2: Oh, he got some nuclear heat, didn't he, Jericho? Like he was fucking like hated, but yeah, Osprey again as well. Loved mm. be loved, it, JP? It's like, first I've obviously the yeah. first time I've been to that are, uh, arena, but just seeing how mm. much the fans were like he was like a, a, a proper
1: hero, wasn't he? It was he was massively uh, over. I yeah. mean, this I thought this was a really good sprint, and mm. it kind of was what it was, like a 20-minute sprint, basically. And Chingo, he isn't what he was, like clearly the injuries and time and stuff. He's wearing him down. The
0: first time I've noticed a... that, I was like, he's still no. great. He's still got the mind, but maybe, you know, he might slow down soon. Um, yeah. But yeah. Oh, that was really good. I think I'd go like, I don't know what i go on it, maybe four. Um, four. See, yeah, it. four stars. in the sleep in it though, did mm-hmm. as you
2: said?
0: That's the thing, you know, isn't it? The yeah, standard yeah. is so high <laughs> that like, yeah, uh, you know, you almost expect five, but it, it was, it was very good. It was perfect main events. It was the one they absolutely should have gone with, so. Um, yeah, that was good. And like I say, Jericho thing was uh, was very memorable and, uh, and very well done and got a lot of heat, didn't it? Um, yeah. as, uh, yeah. as you kind of got chased out of the arena, and it'll put uh, yeah, um, so that was good. Um, I suppose the other thing from the top end of the show was uh, I don't even need to spend much time on this. Alex wins a high end and Mickey James, um,
1: ruined by fans.
0: Fans behind us are. Oh. I didn't. When that happened in Germany, I wasn't even. I wasn't mad about it. I thought it was kind of cool when it was the uh the guns Bobby Guns um versus it was it was against. I've forgotten now. Um, with the Duel and Chance, with somebody remind me in the chat. Um, when it was just endless Duel and Chance for the entire match. Ilia uh, dragon Maybe it was Ilya, Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like we've had several attempts of fans trying to recreate that with uh with endless Chance to the Chance to the match and, yeah. Parkour Country is a memorable song and, uh, you know, cool. But, like, it just killed the match, didn't it? And people wouldn't yeah. stop despite being told to stop. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't think the match had a very high ceiling as it was, but it, it
1: definitely didn't eclipse it, JP. No, no, it didn't at all. And, like, I don't know, it just got lost. It just got swamped up by that chant, and I think that was one of the bigger problems on there as well. And I, and I think it was just a bit of a shame. Really, because like I said, they'd done some work, they'd done some build into it, but it just didn't meet exactly what it, I was. I didn't have necessarily high expectations. I just hated the fact that the fans just kind of hijacked it, frankly.
0: Undercard, um, what stood out for you guys? I'll let you uh, like you lead Um JP.
1: Zack Sabre Jr. and Ricky Knight Jr. Uh, Ricky Knight Jr. was a good match. Battle of the Juniors. Mm. I thought that was like a a, a good match. I think mm-hmm. rather than anything else, it wasn't set up to be something spectacular, but I thought that was that was pretty pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um I enjoyed ELP Shibata and versus the um Bullet Club match just for the kind of simple oh, spectacle. It was sight. so cool to see Shibata. Like it
0: was so cool. Like it was just he like... got a
2: monster pop in the monster.
0: Oh, it's because you didn't think you'd ever see it again. It really felt like it was just something out of a bizarro universe seeing shibata come out on a rev pro show again like and that's someone who's got genuine star quality like yeah he can still keep up in the ring it's a different version of shibata than we've seen before but that made to be honest i think for a lot of people i spoke to a lot of people after that that said the same thing almost worth the price of a mission getting to see shibata in a big time setting as well like this yeah to see him get that reaction oh i love that
2: oh Yeah. yeah yeah. I like you know what I liked as well, though, boys. Uh, Leon Slater and Dan Maloney thought that I missed this. Was, I was really good,
0: air. yeah. Open air, it was Leon, got, Leon yeah. got way more offense than that. So, so, Leon Slater, like t- it felt like he took 70 80% of the match, like it yeah. really did, like it to the point where it was like, oh, they're giving him loads because Dan Maloney's gonna win at the end of it because obviously he's you know the new Japan guy who's got a belt. Leon Slater yeah. went over like yeah. after after all of that, you went over. Well, you're right. You now from the start, and doing the dive over the corner. Amazing! Man. Like yeah. from the entrances was brilliant. It was just a great flyer versus base match, like a solid. Yeah, you know, you probably might not go over three and a half on it as like it wasn't really. It was, it was the opener of the main show, but the yeah. perfect pace for an opener and the perfect slot make Leon Slater your first guy out on your on your main show, and you know make it memorable and use another name. People are going to be coming out of the show talking about. Definitely.
1: Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I, yeah. I didn't see that one, but I think the Leon Slater story is going to be a really interesting one. I think he again, it's it's time, like mm. in terms of he just needs this year to establish himself in Rev Pro, maybe a, mm. a feud with Connor Mills, mm. the cruiserweight championship. You could put that that on him there as well. I think that, that would be the way. But he's still very raw like, mm. but there's definitely something yeah. there.
0: I thought Con- Conor
1: Mills himself looked
0: good uh, with Carl yeah. Newman as well in the uh, in the, in the six-way. That's what, what it was. I think that was a, a good one at that point in the card to kind of get the crowd going. Um, I yeah. think it was uh, lively enough and kind of worked yeah. as a way to kind of get people off the feet. JJ G- G- Gale and Fujita, there there's not much to, uh, to say there. Um, I didn't yeah, need like to said, be there both. at all. No, no. It was a nice little match to kind of get them on the card. But yeah. Um, and yeah, Zach Sabre Jr. versus Ricky Knight Jr. I want to watch that back again on tape. Um, I felt... I kind of agree with the criticism a few people said about Ricky Knight Jr. Maybe, I don't know, he got a lot of his shit in, but did it make for <laughs> a better match? It felt more like a Ricky match than a Zach match. Um, Gareth was saying that. Building. didn't ben, feel like it lived up to its bill.
2: Gareth's a big Zach guy, and, he, and he, was say, he was basically saying Zach was getting squashed. That's what he kept saying. <laughs> said he said uh, he got in the... Uh, it was definitely a Ricky Knight match, <laughs> yeah, he was saying.
0: Definitely, definitely. Uh what else have we covered there? That's kind of it really isn't it? we didn't really didn't mention the uh, the uh obviously there's the pre-show uh, battle royal as well with uh the I women's understand. uh uh, stuff, yeah, sky blue coming out. Um, there you go. Bit of a fortunately, uh, the nobeds down the road were uh, were at uh, what they have QT Marshall and they were announcing uh Eddie Kingston, um, to the uh 300 odd people that they drew on it uh, on the UK's WrestleMania weekend. <laughs> but uh, Tony Khan threw a red pro bone and they got sky blue. She didn't do much, uh, and I can't imagine she'll be back, but it was a nice pop and people people went for it, didn't they? Before the, uh, the show starts on oh, it was a big pop,
2: very big pop because mm-hmm. that's when we were like literally walking in the concourse, getting a drink and going through. And that's when Sky Blue's mm-hmm. music hit. And I, I did, obviously don't know the music, but it got a big pop. So I thought it was this, ran out and I seen it was there. So yeah, 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 fair play.
0: But yeah, all in all, I thought a really strong show for Repro. Pro. I think they delivered mm-hmm. on the night. Well, the very was good. Good. Yeah, very good. Joey Quilden coming out and doing his little speech at the, at the top. That was a nice <laughs> yeah. touch. Uh, I believe for the people who watch the stream, like they, they did a good job of uh, of getting the stream up on it. at on demand.com. I didn't see one. Um, negative really uh, feedback on that that you normally get on those types of mm. types of live streams as well. Felt like with the yeah, with the with the bright light shined on them, JP, felt like they delivered this was yeah. every bit of RevPro Pro cards. And I think it showcased uh, the good of what RevPro Pro have.
1: I think it, I think they did. And I think it's it's like we've said many times, it's a reward for a lot of the hard work they put in over the pandemic. The thing I mm. wish they had was the faith of a TV channel or some sort of sports streaming service out behind them just to give it that kind of polish because I think Mm. there would be enough there if somebody was willing to kind of invest in them as a kind of, as a television product as well. Cause I think that would really help, but it's a reward Mm. of the scouting system and they make the best of what they have. Like Mm. it's not ever going to be like a perfect show and they're working with a load of really young talent, but Mm. at the same time they've made that slow, steady progress and Mm. it's reward. It's a reward for investing in, in, like lots and lots of young wrestlers and Mm. it's a, it's a reward in them telling like developing characters that people are going to, are going to find appealing. So I think they're going to do it next year. And if obviously you got all in there as well, it depends on the kind of day of the week, depending if there's going to be up against a load of TV tapings and stuff like that, that might be the thing that could hurt in terms of competition. But other than Mm. that, I just, it felt really good and it felt like Mm. a proper celebration. And 4,000 for British wrestling in 2023 is not something to be sniffed at because they haven't got, like, the remnants of a boom behind them to kind of go through. This is, like, they're doing that kind of... 4,000 in
0: 2023. It felt big time, like, just standing there and taking in that scale of crowd there for a Rev Pro show. And, yeah, like I say, we saw the best of Rev Pro was a like i say people are going to walk hard this weekend talking about luke jacobs which is a uh, you know mission accomplished uh, as far as the show goes and it just gave you some faith as quilden said at the top but like it is just the beginning they could absolutely come back next year when when we have the other big aw weekend there mm-hmm. and they could absolutely run the copper box potentially wembley arena or maybe somewhere a bit closer to wembley even next time and i'd have every confidence they could do this again they've got the new japan show you know in in six weeks, yeah. and i'm sure they'll they'll fill up for that as well um just good professional, res, uh done well, and this is what I can pay off for. You know what I mean? That like they say there's a whale difference between this and the, like I say, the three hundred odd that were that were a progress down the road. Shouldn't be sniffed at Four thousand people, and yeah, um, and if, it, if someone like you, Matty, had a, had a great time there as well, that says everything.
2: Yeah, it was, totally had an amazing time. for it It was a great show, and obviously mm. the uh, seven match in Oku, I honestly one of my favorite uh, live experiences. Did I say about our live show again? Like. I love that. Mm. Loved every second of it.
0: Definitely. Well, the weekend did have some negatives as well that we got to touch on. I think we'll, there's probably going to have to be a, a day in future where we spend, uh, you know, more time on particularly Terry Funk. Uh, and obviously the, the yeah. passing of Terry Funk. I think I think at the time that he you know he originally got sick, JP. Do you remember when there was rumors that he that he might be about to pass? We, you know, we kind of did a bit of a, a bit of a career risk retrospective there. So I imagine, you know, you've got a lot to say about Terry Funk and we should we should mention it in a minute. But it wasn't just that, obviously, yeah. Unbelievably on this big weekend with us all in town, I was sat in a in a pub with Davy and Braden and Shoreditch on on a what night would it have been Friday night, Thursday night. Um it was Thursday night. When the news came in about Bray Wyatt, um just unbelievable, isn't it? Um, you know, 36, no age with with four kids as well. Yeah. Uh, your mind immediately assumes the worst when you hear, you know, a wrestler death. And you know, absolutely no no cold comfort either to find out. I think the news came out today, didn't it? That it wasn't wearing as a defibrillator. Um it was part of the uh, part of the uh, the issue uh, with Bray Wyatt, and that he'd been dealing with a sickness that was COVID related um, earlier in the year, and we'd all heard it. But as Chris says, he in the chat, Matt, it was such a ah. such a gut punch on such a weekend where there's so much. We've just spent three hours, you know, celebrating over the weekends. Like this was a constant thing in the in the back of everyone's mind. There, I'm glad. You know, uh, AEW did the the at least the little tributes that they did. Yeah. Um, obviously, SmackDown was dedicated to it on Friday as well. Mm-hmm. But that is my bad memories, just being sat there with Davy Braden, you know, and uh, and Stefan just being like, "Yeah, what? Like, how do you even react to this?" Right. It was just we were all kind of stood there for like fifteen minutes, just trying to comprehend the idea that like that that it was true
2: it was one that, that hit me quite hard, if I'm honest, on, on Thursday night, because I was just going to bed and just scrolling, you know, just doing your nightly scrolling through Twitter before you put the phone down and actually go to sleep. And honestly, I just caught, like, Triple H's tweet, and it said, like, unfortunately, he's passed away. I'm like, what? So I had to open it up properly and look at it. And I was like, honestly, me, my so, stomach just sank. It was just fucking horrendous news. Just, as you say, 36 mm-hmm. is no age, a year younger than myself. And it just makes you think of everything, doesn't it? When like and the four yeah. kids as well, just mm-hmm. tragic story. And you know, people can say what they want about him, like it didn't enjoy his work and stuff like that. But you know, it was just, it's just, it's a current like wrestler and just in going through um, being off ill and stuff like that. It's just, it's just horrible, horrible.
0: I wasn't yeah. sort of to think when when those stories first came th- coming through, JP. I was like, I just assumed, I don't know. I think I, maybe I thought it was like a mental health thing or something like that. And the Bohum was very very stop stop start with it, but obviously, yeah, we've had you know more detail come out on it, and just
1: yeah, um, obviously it is a you know a health issue, physical uh, health I, issue. Yeah, exactly, and I think that's the thing about this it. is this is we are used to wrestler deaths, aren't we? And mm. we tend not to be used to them because of natural causes. To be honest. Mm. it's The kind of bleakness of the wrestling industry, but this is mm. I say, absolutely horrible. And regardless of whatever we think of Bray yeah. Wyatt's character, well, yeah. like, no, like- we
0: shouldn't lie either as well. Like you know, we had criticism of him. Like we mm. we also have positives to say about him. Like I I or when he came back this this run, yeah. you know, you know, I'm on record saying like, him and Braun Strowman with the two where yeah. when you know Vince was losing his fucking marbles and. Cut two of the biggest merch sellers in his company. You were clearly over with that audience, like despite not liking the creative side of it, which I think you're about to say, JP, and not you know yeah. not necessarily you know the fiend is is, is not something I think uh, hmm. on this podcast we were a fan of. Um, the, the elements of it we were interested in when we went back and looked at the you know the Wyatt Shield stuff. Everyone was says that yeah. original Bray Wyatt Cape Fear character we were all into and we raved about that on on the mixtape and stuff, but we would. And you should give credit where it's due in that, like when he came back, like that massive poppy got must have been a massive reward for him to realize, as he said in his promo, that yeah. people, you know, did remember him and there was a hardcore base in WWE who loved him. Numbers were up when he came back, you know, initially. They fortunately didn't hit, hit the lander on it, whether it was, you know, his health issues or creative issues or whatever it was. But in a time where there weren't difference makers in WWE JP, he was one. And, yeah, you know, yeah. we can recognise that without... We don't have to sit here and lie and pretend we loved every bit of the creative. We didn't. But we did respect the fact that he was, you know, he was clearly over to that element of, of an audience, that he was clearly creative in ways that maybe, you know, didn't always appeal to us, but, like, was somebody who, you know, got himself to that position and and had earned that spot, you
1: know, on WWE cards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree with a lot of that. And spoke about, like, you know, like, say, when we mentioned we did, like, the the shield mixtape and the stuff with the wires, but it's, it's just, it's 36, 40 yeah, horrible no age whatsoever. And it's, it's horrific. And yeah, your heart completely goes out to his family and mm. in particular his wife and his kids. It's mm. it, his fiance, I should say like it, yeah. horrible, horrible yeah. story.
0: It was it was kind of I, I saw a lot like people were literally on when I was leaving Wembley, people were singing the whole world and stuff like that, and mm. it was like wow. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, it affected a, a lot of people, a lot of ways. But we'll know more as as more comes out in the story. It won't be the the last time we speak about it, but you know, genuinely, genuinely, a really, really sad one. And yeah, heart goes out to his uh, to his family. And yeah, just quickly, JP. You know, obviously, in Terry Funk. There'll be a time that we'll have to do some yeah. kind of deep cut. Mixtape, something on even the parts of Terry Funk's career. You know, we're all familiar with the you know the ECW run we did a Terry Funk at ECW mix. I'd even forgotten we did that a deep cut with a uh, with Carl. Um, we have covered kind of that period of his career. We're all familiar with the the later run and change of Charlie into like. Maybe they're not so good to be still even in the 2000s. And even, you know, you go to the 80s, NWA, flair flair and funk stuff is absolutely something we should revisit. But there's parts of his career even before that, JP, that, you know, uh, a career before a career, I think I saw Alan Farrell say that you could, you know, do an entire deep cut on a mixtape and spend, you know, an hour talking about three hours talking about, 12 hours talking about.
1: That was my thought, is immediately I thought I'd love to do like a a deep cut or a mixtape of some of his career, including some of his early stuff in Japan and that retirement speech. He gives the forever speech as well. I mean, you know, the word icon and things are banded around, but he felt like he was someone because he had that added danger to him and he moved in a way that no one else did when he was kind of in the ring and he was, he could go from heel to face in a heartbeat. And it was fine. And, <laughs> and it was and entertaining it was, us both, obviously. Yeah, and it'd be entertaining us both, isn't it? I mean, there's stuff like when he came back and he was turning heel on Tommy Dreamer and stuff like that in ECW, which again mm. seems rather silly, but he could always carry it off. Like he is yeah. like genuinely one of the all-time greats. It just feels to me there's probably for me on as a fan, I'd like to see more <laughs> of his stuff and kind of in the in the into the seventies and stuff like that. Like that I'd be yeah. fascinated to kind of see that and and like leading up to that first retirement, like the kind of first mm-hmm. many. And I always think because of Beyond the Mat as well, can't underestimate like the amount of sympathy that kind of that opened eyes up for people who didn't know anything about Terry Funk. And mm-hmm. it kind of felt like, no, actually, this is this is a guy who is, you know, massively important within wrestling, who was beloved by fans of all the major promotions. It wasn't anywhere he mm-hmm. went where people didn't like him and in mm. terms of respect and other things like that. And this is even, you know, a guy who reinvented himself so many times as well. We speak about the likes of Chris Jericho doing it. Funk did it mm. and managed to get himself like over absolutely everywhere. Like he is a legend. And like, I think the thing with him is, is like, there is this career and there is this big body of work behind him that feels like that is something that a lot of fans need to go back and explore. And probably a lot of wrestlers need to learn from. As well. mm. Definitely,
0: big big funk guy, Matt. Someone like in your in your tape trading in uh, days of uh, have, yeah. have you got the comps?
2: like uh? Yeah, it's, it's the Memphis. I my mind goes straight to that empty arena with Jerry Lawler. My eye, mm. my eye, and stuff. That that's where I go with Terry Funk straight away. And I need to do mm-hmm. more of his old stuff, obviously familiar, like you say, the uh, recent stuff. But he's always a guy who's in the top five list. Every message board, every forum, you see, mm-hmm. he's always in that top five. So he was very highly. Regarded and he's one of the, the fans' favourites for sure.
0: Mm, definitely. Yeah. I said then in the chat, Fungfi Flared 89's iconic, Everyone remembers the uh the spot on the table yeah. and all that. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Incredible. Incredible. We haven't actually done a roundhouse review before now. Uh, mm. at some point. Over the
2: top as well with so Stallone, the like arm this. wrestling one. He's mm. in that as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but another kind of, there's absolutely, there's, a, there's so much we could mine there, isn't there? We will, we'll absolutely, uh try and uh, do justice at, uh, at some point. But yeah, really was a, like a bit of a down note on the entire Gosh. weekend. But it was good to see, say, the Bray tributes uh, on, on the pay-per-view. And also, like say, the Terry Funk spots. I think a lot of the, uh, we didn't really talk about it, stadium stampedes, but, you know, Moxley was going out of his way to uh, to pay homage. and you know, King as well. And, but, but obviously, yeah, yeah, King yeah um so oh, that was uh, that was good to see and i'm sure there'll be uh, more where that come from but yeah we've had a monster show lads a lot to cover um and yeah more to cover we're gonna say as if next week's gonna be a, a quiet week, fucking all out and the WWE pay per views next weekend. JP, I don't know if you realize that paybacks on Saturday, all out on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so, we couldn't even punt any of this to next week, hence the uh, the bumper runtime. As I look at three hours, 22 minutes on the uh, yep. on the clock for the main show, it's uh, as we all feel that three hours, 22 minutes after a long week, but yeah, not getting short next week, JP. But hey, the biggest show in uh, in Britain, British and world wrestling history, uh, it deserves the time.
1: It did. It did. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, this is like a throwback to the much longer episodes that we were saying to ourselves we were going to be and Joe
0: at the weekend, mate. Oh, that's all it was. Yeah, he,
1: uh, he had an influence it over us in ways. It was an amazing weekend. It's a weekend I'm not forgetting any anytime soon. And just a shout out again for all of the people who came along to the live show, everyone who came up and, and, and spoke to us as well. It means so much. So thank you so, so much.
0: Definitely. Much appreciated, folks. Thank you, uh, everybody I interacted with, anyone who came along to the show, even the people that didn't make it. Just it was great to uh, to hear uh, everyone having a having a great weekend. It was you don't get many of those, um, and it was brilliant to follow on the Discord. Everyone, you know, putting photos into the seats and stuff like that. That palpable, you know, excitement throughout it. And uh, luckily, CM Punk's given us uh, some palpable excitement (laughs) to uh, enjoy as well. Post it with him and uh, him and Jack Perry Perry. So nice, nice for us to uh, to have all that. But yeah, on that note, I think uh, yeah, with the uh, with a big weekend behind us, like I said, we will be back next week. We'll be dragging Matty back as it is at a WWE review weekend, all out as well. We got Dealer's Choice Month uh, coming up in September as well for our uh, for patrons to look forward to. But yeah, on that note, it's been a long night. Sure, we all need to get to bed. So thank you, patrons, for tuning in. Thank you, uh, audio listeners, for listening, and everyone on the YouTube replay. But yeah, we're off. Thanks again. We'll see you again soon.
1: Bye. Ta-da.
3: On the phone Girl I refuse You must have me confused with some other guy Bridges go burn Now it's your turn to cry